warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 244. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture push over pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three, two, two, two one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. I love our little like three musketeers, uh, you know, all, all for one, one for all bullshit at the beginning, right, Jake? Yeah, we really get along during that. Yeah, we it's do. Great. I know. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, we hit, what was it? Uh, somebody, somebody on Instagram left a comment. I, I saw it. Uh, I, I usually don't see the Instagram comments. Somebody left an Instagram basically saying, Jake, that you're my yes man. I know. Hawks View runs our Instagram yeah. and he, he showed that to me too. I was like, don't send me this shit. I don't need, I don't want to see any more of this garbage. <laughs> you know, I can't see what you say back to people. I yeah. can see what people say to you. Yeah. And I knew from Hawks View's second response that your response was, don't show me this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love John. John's a great guy. John went to uh, Gen Con this weekend, sent me some really cool pics and stuff. But, uh, I, you know, send me, the, send me pictures of Gen Con. I don't want to see, like, what's going on with, like, some of our uh, listeners that are pissing and moaning about certain things. Just, I don't know. And this guy just seemed, like, just exasperated. Just like, why do I listen to this anymore? Don't put yourself through it, buddy. Just stop. You don't have to. Nobody's making – nobody's holding you at gunpoint. Like, if you don't he, – he had a big problem with uh, our uh, – what was it? The, the Venom trailer. Just the Venom trailer description. That we went over, Jake. We didn't even see the trailer, the extended trailer at San Diego Comic Con. It didn't sound exciting to me, and so he was he was pissing and moaning about that. But then he also had to throw in there that we, me and you, had hard ons uh, for the uh, the Batwoman uh, announcement. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet he still listens. Was how he ended it. Like I it was, know. We're, and, we're and, fucking holding him down. I know. <laughs> he he let out this big sigh at the end. And yet I still listen. Oh God. Oh, first world problem. Problems. Hashtag white tears. Wah, wah. Get over it. Don't listen. Oh, Jesus man. Christ. That's just stupid. 
Well, <laughs> oh yeah, we do. <laughs> we have the our guest is the Bushes baked beans dog this week. <laughs> She's still going, but I'm muted. She's not telling anybody the secret ingredients. Don't worry, people. Uh, we're not going to get it out of her on this podcast. But uh, yeah, we've uh, it's been a long time. It's been over a year, year and a half, maybe even two years since we've had Aaron Claude Miller from uh, the former Nerd Porn Podcast, now Nerds Podcast. Welcome, yeah. Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, uh, the last call I had from you was uh, July 31st, 2016. Holy shit, a lot has changed since then, my man. Yeah, <laughs> I have gray in my beard. That's what fucking changed. I, uh, well, and yeah, we rebooted the podcast. I, I like that you called us out on rebooting after our first one-star review. <laughs> it, no, it, it, it never even was, it was a joke because it was like, no, no, of course. oh, I know, I know you, you didn't take offense to it. It was just one of those jokes where, yeah, they finally got their first one-star review after like four or five years of doing this podcast and then they reboot and I'm just like, yeah, they're just going to reboot every time they get a one star. You know, anytime Fish with Chris, that was the reviewer <laughs> that left you guys the review that wasn't a big fan of the show and left it. Man, it's just like down to the wire that fucker got in there, right? Yeah, the, it was like two episodes before the end. He had to get the one star in. He didn't like um, our Infinity War review. Yeah, yeah, I it think was, it was. Yeah, it was a little lack, little lackluster for Fish with Chris. So. Well, you know, we, we know like a lot of our fans have crossover with you guys and sure. you guys do a nice in-depth review usually and we, uh, we don't want to like be redundant. You know what I mean? So we kind of go a little, we go a little more overview than like, you know, going scene by scene or whatever. And he was not okay with it. And he did not like Keith's, um, opinions on the movie, like the things he had problems with. But I think Keith Moore uh, wanted to reboot after I told that guy to get dick cancer, and when he gets dick <laughs> cancer, he's going to go to hell and get raped by demons, and he's also going to have to listen to our Infinity War episode forever. <laughs> I think I went a little too dark, and Keith uh, got scared. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like uh, they they listen, and you, you don't know if they're going to listen again, but like part of you hopes that they do. You know, so like it's kind of like it's it's cathartic to get it off your chest, you know. I wonder if like TJ Lamb has ever listened again <laughs> with the fucking, uh, you know, him being in. Well, I, I assume it's a him being in, you know, the drop before your your reviews. I, I, he, I song. He, he claims that he doesn't. There, there was a time where uh, I would get so upset with the with the one star. We're gonna get to the content, people. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> uh, Incoming one stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. Like, there's a whole fucking like warning at the beginning of the podcast. So if you don't like it, just turn it off. It's fine. Um, and that goes for you too, Venom lover or whatever. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ, that guy, unbelievable. <laughs> like, 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 oh, like, like, like Jake. Like, we're gonna fucking hear this guy like pissing and moaning and be like, ah, he's right. We've done this for five years. We've been doing it all wrong. And this, yeah, like, I know exactly. Anyway, well, it's uh, one of those things where like, who, who do you think you are, really? Like, I mean, I get it. You know, I've left, I've left one star reviews twice on podcasts, and it's because. One was like this. I was trying a new horror podcast. I listened to um, the No Sleep podcast, and they read like fully produced horror stories, and I really enjoy it. So when I ran out of those, I was like, all right, I'm going to find another one. And they recommended this podcast, and it was so bad. Like the voice acting was so bad, and they made this horrible song in one of the episodes, and I couldn't. Like it was so cheesy, I couldn't fucking do it. I had to leave them a one-star review. 
they <laughs> the, the episode was about like a little kid getting killed and they fucking wrote like a cheesy song about this little kid that's like a fake kid in a story you know yeah and i i was like i can't do it gotta give him a one star and i think the other was uh i can't even maybe it was a true crime one that just i didn't like but i didn't write like they're too vulgar for me or whatever like that kind of go fuck yourself if you don't like it <laughs> right. how do you feel the need to like the, the show's not made for one person. No, you know I, I, mean? I, I honestly, I wish, I wish there was a way that you could just put more than explicit because sometimes like explicit just isn't enough, right? Like yeah. the, the big ready, like people see that and they're like, oh, they might drop, you know, like an F word here. They might drop, you know, it, it's a lot more than that. There really needs to be yeah. like levels, different stages. Like we have, they have a whole five star review system. They should really have like a basically like a five level vulgarity system to where you can you know what I mean like yeah. fuck I mean hell uh, hot sauces have their own rating system for crying out loud at most you know some some Mexican restaurants right? you know <laughs> they should do that here with with, uh, with the podcast so we can let people know that like, yeah it's not just explicit like it gets pretty vulgar at times right you you never know what we're gonna talk about but T J Lamb this guy <laughs> what happened is like back in the day. I would get so like burnt out of shape with like the one star reviews because you really can't attack them. They've attacked you and you can't really retaliate. You just got to take it. You got to take one on the fucking chin, right? And so I was like, okay, let, 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 here's his handle here. I wonder if he uses the same handle on Twitter. Alas, he did. And so um, our listeners like basically just went on a tear and attacked this guy on Twitter one day. <laughs> and uh, he updated his iTunes review. Like, he had the original one. Uh, he changed – he's a horrible speller. And so he changed some of, like, the spelling corrections that I fucking, you know, gave him on the episode. Changed those. But then he misspelled a bunch of other shit. And then he, like, called us out. Like, apparently they didn't like my review so much that they sent some of their <laughs> listeners after me. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to change it to a one-star review. I'm going to keep it at a three. Yeah, it was a three-star review. We we were pissing and moaning about a three-star review, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back to me, man. <laughs> uh, we're such fucking elitist. Yeah, we well, are. I I feel like we should be able to respond to them, like on Yelp. You know, when you write a shitty Google or Yelp review, you can be like, yeah. it'll say like, from the establishment, and it'll be like, I'm sorry you had this experience or whatever. Mine would be, get dick cancer and die. I have some anger issues. No, no, it's fine. It's it's cathartic. It's good to get it out. You know, if you, you know, some some people are like ah, take the high road. Now, fuck you, fuck that guy that said that too. I got I got issue. I got beef with that motherfucker too. <laughs> when I get done with you, I'm gonna take something up with that motherfucker that said to take the high road because, you know, every once every once in a while, people need to be knocked down a few pegs. Even me, even me, and it's fine. But <laughs> as long as I get to retaliate, it's all good. Um, my thing with the high road, and I'll end it on this. I know we're going on a while now. Uh, my thing with the high road is if everyone takes the high road, then this dumb asshole who's doing whatever the thing is that you're about to freak out on them for is going to think it's okay. Yeah. Like someone has to go crazy, and I'll be that person. I will bear that cross. You sound like the fucking Unabomber right now, Aaron, and it scared me a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm more the guy who called an old lady a cunt for trying yeah. to skip – Keith and Lion at breakfast. <laughs> so that's that's what I mean. I go 
fully to 100 right away. Don't worry, everybody. Aaron does not work for the postal office, so don't worry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everybody's going to be safe. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Aaron from Nerds Podcast. So just look up Nerds and, and, and the logo right now. Is it the Nerd Porn logo with the Game Boy now, or is it still like the He-Man figures? So I think on Google Play, it won't let us change it. Um, and I think iTunes still shows the um, – we updated it on our SoundCloud, which, again, is not the best service for podcasts, but it's the cheapest. Is SoundCloud um, is SoundCloud still charging 15 bucks a month? It's 15 but you get unlimited, uh, you know, gigabytes or whatever oh, okay. of uploads. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. You, you host your RSS feed through them? Yeah. Wow, yeah. holy shit. I did not know that. Wow, these are yeah, things they, I did not know. They started a uh, – it was SoundCloud for podcasting. It was, a, mm. you know, five years ago, four years yeah. ago. Before you had to, like, apply for it to even get it, like it was something cool. It's it's Spoilers, it's not. But <laughs> you had – it was like – you remember when uh, – what was Google Plus? Do you remember when Google Plus was, like, making their little uh, fucking social media thing and you had to, like, get invited to it? Or, like, the oh, the circles. Days? Yes, yes. It's like that. But now I think they went full. It was just a beta program, so they didn't want to open it fully yet, I guess, to not fuck with their bandwidth. But Welcome to Podcasting Corner. You know, anyway. Uh, no, it, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we got our uh, Nerd Porn Game Boy logo updated just to say nerds because we really loved it. Yeah. And we didn't even change the music. I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. I was like, uh, you guys were talking about rebooting all these changes, and I was just like, ah, it's, it's just the same show, different name. <laughs> different name, and we... We lost the dicks, which I was kind of sad about. I wanted to keep the dicks, but Keith was like, you know, we got to change something. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, cut our dicks off. We had a ritualistic uh, dick dick letting or blood letting. I don't know. Whatever. You went, uh, wow, did you do like a live stream of that or what? There was just a live stream of blood coming out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome no, to yeah, the... We, you know, we well, changed up a little bit. We're, we, yeah. we went potentially bi-weekly and then it's... It's more that we were like recording shows with not uh, that like potentially didn't have content. You know what I mean? And we were getting annoyed of like having to record, and not really annoyed, but it felt like we don't want to make a show where we're clearly just kind of phoning it in. So right, right now we're doing biweekly if there's nothing to talk about. But Keith's like super excited because we're getting a lot of emails and stuff more than we used to because I guess people didn't want to write into anything porn. Uh, oh yeah! Oh God! Yeah, that would show up forever in your sent history. My coworker listened to an episode, and her boss came by because we had um, we were allowed to use Stitcher at work, and they saw the screen and were like, "Uh," <laughs> but then they sent them to me, and then I got the talking to you know. Let's see here. Are we? Get, I let you want to move into iTunes reviews. Oh, yeah, we've definitely warmed that up, huh? I can't wait now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. People are actually, what's ironic is that people are actually typing them up now as we speak, Jake. <laughs> All right, time, for, oh, time for iTunes reviews. It's one star I think we got uh, four of them this week. Uh, first one comes here from Skin Steve, 62179, and it's titled Weekly Awesomeness. 
It's a five star. Uh, so I discovered the show over a year ago, and I have to say that they have never missed a beat, even though every episode is self-proclaimed as the worst ever done. The humor and dialogue between Brian, Jake, and the plethora of guest hosts is always entertaining. Keep the great, keep the great work and thank you. He doesn't say keep up the great work. He says keep the great work. Keep it to yourself. Own it. <laughs> Don't share it with anybody. Keep it. Yeah. Don't share it. This is for you. Own it. Hey. Um, Happy belated birthday to that guy, uh, 621.79 is probably his birthday, so we're just two, uh, almost two months out from uh, their birthday. You gave this guy a lot more thought than I ever will, Aaron. <laughs> like, You're they, seriously, like, gift. once I finished that last sentence, this, this listener was dead to me, and you're, like, wishing him a happy birthday. <laughs> you know what's funny, too, is this guy's like, I've been listening for a year, but it took him all that time to write you guys a review. The one thing... Oh can really do free to help the podcast and they they take forever right no it's it you know i don't care some of them i don't want to hear from you know <laughs> i don't know it's fine i mean whatever like I, I we've had people that have been listening since like uh you know the iron man episode and haven't haven't uh felt compelled to uh write an itunes review and i'm fine with that you know think life happens you know it's like i, I don't know I, what happens in your life to where you're like ah you know what i'm gonna sit down today take some time out and write an itunes review life is precious you know what i mean there's only so <laughs> yeah, much of it you know and, you know what, if it's you, between the yeah. podcast or the itunes review then as long as you download the podcast that's good enough for me too. that's fine i don't care do what you want um this one this next one is from Thor the Hammered, and uh, I like the name. Clever. I like the name. It's a five star, and uh, Thor the Hammer. Uh, you must have hammers for fucking fingers because you spelled Tupperware wrong. <laughs> you spelled it Tupper Tupperware with beast. Do not change it. I hate it when people go back and they change it. Just keep it the way it is. You fucked up. Deal with it. All right. It's out there. Okay. Wait, fucking- so you wrote it as. Tubberware? Tubberware. T U B B. It's, you fucked up. It's out there in the world. Roseanne can't take back her alcohol ambient induced racist tweets. You can't take back Tubberware. All right. So let's just deal with it and move on. All right. I got a little angry there for no reason at this person. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it's a high Tubberware party. So, uh, <laughs> This is the best pop culture podcast, period. Brian and Jake are very knowledgeable and will have you laughing and giving more in, uh, and giving more in depth reviews than any other pop culture podcast. I've been listening since the Iron Man 3 episode. Boom! Nailed it! Yeah. <laughs> I will never forget Brian's rant on, uh, of disappointment of that film, but seriously, this is not only a podcast, but a whole community of people that have been brought together over common interests. This is the only podcast you will listen to that the hosts and listeners actually care about each other. Even, uh, even having listeners frequently on the podcast itself. After listening for many years, I'm still blown away by this podcast. It seems to have evolved into something so much more. I am sometimes ashamed I have not interacted more with the great people I have heard on this podcast, both hosts and listeners. So keep the episodes long. Don't rush the advertised content. Keep up the arguments and keep making a great podcast. P.S. I do miss the comic book talk. So that comes from Thor the Hammered. And, uh, you know, I do another podcast, Thor the Hammered. It's called Number One Comic Books, and that's all we talk about is uh, comic books. 
So listen to that one. There's only, you know, Jesus Christ, Jake, the episodes are fucking five hours, you know? I mean, uh, if we talked about comic books, we'd be, it's it's like a podcast marathon. We'd be like waking up the next, we'd be hearing fucking roosters crowing the next morning and shit. Yeah, it comes in and out too. I mean, we had Joe Stark on recently. Yeah. He definitely brought up some comic Absolutely. books. Absolutely. It's it's something that we don't do every week, but it's definitely something that still comes up here and there. And I and your other podcast is a great like appendix to that. If that's what you're wanting to listen to. Yeah, yeah. So, you um, know, it is interesting as a person who met you guys through listening to this podcast that you know it, it is rare. I mean, you know, I, I try to do the same thing, you know, to respond to every message and you know to actually have conversations with people. But it is it it is weird. Uh, and and not in a good way, you know what I mean. That you guys are so communicative and so involved with your your fans, which is good. And I mean, even using the word fans is kind of weird, but you know what I mean. Because like you'll yeah. listen to other shows and they'll have these. Like I listen to my favorite murder, which is humongous, and they swear they love their fans, but you don't hear them really talking to them. Yeah, and you have to pay to meet them. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, what was it? Uh, I listened to another podcast, and they said, you know that they wouldn't have their listeners on the podcast because, you know, they were worried about that. And that's, for me, I think me and Jake, we, uh, we enjoy talking to new people. It's, it's every week we got, try to get somebody new on the show or, or, you know, past guests and things like that. Cause I think it kind of like, uh, I think the listeners kind of like, uh, reinject us with a little bit of life every week. Cause we don't know what we're going to get. If I talked to if it was just me and Jake every fucking week, it'd be like that marriage. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, you need a menage a trois. You got to bring something else into the marriage, right? You know? Yeah. So exactly. I, our exactly. listeners are our sex toys. Our listeners <laughs> are that third partner, that that third or fourth hole that we need uh, to stick our dicks into to keep this podcast going, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that metaphor. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, and we're not scared either. I think deep down, we both. Enjoy a good train wreck every now and again. Oh too. God, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Listeners en- enjoy a good train being run on us. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, like after a while, if it was just me and Jake, you know, I'm going to be spitting on my cock a lot, and you know, <laughs> you know, so you know, we got to. Have- well, this is dirty. That's why they need those levels of vulgarity. For these podcasts, I'm how telling many of, you. How many of the five E's do you think we'd get on a regular basis? I oh, like man. Four E podcast. I would say, I would say, uh, three to four, depending on the episode, right? Yeah, right around there. I never th- lower than three. Though. Never lower than three. And we, I don't think we'd ever hit a five. I don't think we could, I don't know who can hit a five, right? I could probably figure it out. Oh, you would hit a five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, so, oh. Is it, Aaron, are you like reined in on the old nerds podcast now that the porn has dropped? Like, is is does Keith uh, have the harness on you? Or are you not allowed to be his? No, you know what's funny is we uh, we did our last episode was you know Monday last week or whatever we put it out. I think Monday night actually. Um, but we talked about James Gunn and I one hundred percent backed him. And I was like, later I was like, this could be one star review city if enough parents listen because you know that's where. Yeah, it gets it gets dicey with comedy. Yeah, yeah. The views of uh, Nerds Podcast are not that of Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> I want to make. Well, I was just. I do not back the jokes at all. I just sure. back free speech. I back comedy being yeah. uh, involved with free or you know being covered by free speech. I think if you make it, try to make a joke, even if it sucks, like 
you know, whatever. We shouldn't be crucifying the guy. He, he deserves yeah. to get fired. God, I make inappropriate jokes. You know, I mean, we all do. You know, sometimes they sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, the, the, the the funniest laugh is when you can get somebody to laugh about something very uncomfortable. You know, yes. sometimes that's a, and uh, you know, and so you know, you just gotta. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta know who your audience is, right? I don't know, I guess. I, I failed on that at work on Friday. I made a joke about, uh, the Vegas shooting and it was too soon, apparently. So, <laughs> it fell real hard. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna put my headphones back in and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Fuck, Jake. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. I think the only podcast getting one star reviews now is Nerds, and he's not even he's not even doing his fucking podcast, which is bizarre. I know. Well, that's why I was asking about Keith. I was like, oh man, if Aaron's been reined in over there, that's why he's just gonna let it all loose over here now. This is like, come on, PCL, so I can just fucking, fucking say cunt eight hundred times. <laughs> Uh, talk about dick cancer everywhere it's a great <laughs> word it's a great word the c word is uh one of my favorites because it's so like it's so low in in people's eyes like it's the worst thing you can say and it's like why it's so stupid i can think of a hundred other worst things anyways let's read some more reviews all right <laughs> oh, this- just in two more one stars <laughs> All right. This next review comes from uh, Cunt99. And (laughs) no, it comes from it comes from Joey underscore Shapiro one, the number one. And uh, it's a five star. And it says, uh, you guys, you guys are you only podcast that I listen to dot, 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 micro penis. And that's that's the entire Joey Shapiro. Must did you did you did, I don't know did you did you have like a convulsion did you like I don't know you have a stroke or something in the middle of this one like what's going on here Joey you all right buddy Jesus Christ I like how he, I, I I do get the micro penis reference Jake that was uh, weeks I, ago I do not remember weeks ago we were, the one guy compared us to uh, having big trucks and uh, you know our the way we are on the podcast. Uh, oh, the iTunes review. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so this guy's com- he does throw out micro penis at the end here because we had a one we had one reviewer saying, you know, we're, we're we're like those guys that have big trucks because we have small dicks. And so mm. he I think that's it. yeah, Jake, let me tell you this, man. I'll tell you two words I've never heard a woman say in my entire life. I'm coming. I've never heard those two words come out of a woman. <laughs> In my presence, I have never made a female climax in the bedroom. It's just never happened for me. It's a, it's a lot of like after it's done, a lot of like uh, consoling and me asking, you know, how, how was, are you sure it was okay? And uh, you know, her putting her arm around me and telling me, you know, you know, I remember reading that story, the little engine that could, when I was a kid, and I, if they told me that that story applied for everything, I would have believed them at that time until I tried to give a woman an orgasm, and then I'm, then I just, then I just want to destroy thomas the train i just want to fucking take thomas the train and just destroy him because i have never made a woman climax in the bedroom jake well i mean let's let's be fair that's because the female orgasm is a lie i mean obviously have you done no research and dude? i just the, three more one stars <laughs> oh, for the <laughs> podcast <laughs> 
if it makes you feel any better, Brian, you finished me off during every iTunes review segment we do. Oh, good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I I guess I can put my big truck up for sale. Okay. Yay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Whatever. All right. Big trucks. The other day I was in traffic and, you know, I live in South Florida, which by the way is hell on earth. Um, and there was a car like this, well, it was a raised truck, a giant, like probably like a late nineties F-150. Like, why would you invest that much money in that car? Anyways, it it was like swerving in and out of traffic, like insane. And I noticed it had a uh, Florida native sticker on it, and I was like, bruh, we knew that without the sticker, man. Like, the way you're driving and the truck you're driving, we get it, dude. Like, And the guy, man, guy looked like fucking Joe Dirt <laughs> driving I around. I pulled up next to him, and he had a camo hat on and, like, one of those long goatees. And I was like, mm. yes, sir. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's uh – He's he's racing to get back to his Confederate flag shop that he runs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's driving in Florida sucks. Never come here, by the way. Let's see here. I I want I got a correction. Last week I I thanked the wrong person for our website and I apologize. Uh we have two listeners from Tokyo and I said John and I apologize. It's Anthony. Anthony's the guy that works on our website and I apologize Anthony. I know that. I just confused you. <laughs> And I apologize. Some brain, brain fart moment there. It totally was. And then he kind of like called. He didn't. He didn't, he wasn't mean. He just like, hey, dude, my my name's Anthony. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, I felt like shit. I was like, oh my god, ah, you know, I'm pain. I like threw my phone across the room, like ah. But uh, sorry, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. Anthony does a great job with our website. He's going to be adding more stuff here in uh, you know the coming months and things like that. We do have a uh, comic book shop locator there, and it also shows you like different comic books that you can get and stuff like that. And then also on the website, there's an Amazon link. So if you buy anything from Amazon, buy it from our site because it helps the show. We'll get like I think we get like eighteen bucks or something like that. <laughs> yeah, a little kickback. <laughs> I know. it's crazy jake is like there's some podcasts out there that have like they they quit their jobs because their listeners doing their their the amazon links that's i can't like (laughs) if it was us we would (laughs) well a lot of those podcasts also do like 20 minutes of fucking ads in the beginning like nothing irks me more than that Oh, Rogan. I listen to Rogan and Rogan. Uh, you can count on Rogan doing anywhere from five to seven minutes of ads at the beginning. And so I'm just hitting uh, that 15 second boom, 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 until I hear that music. And then I'm like, all right, here we go. Dude, your mom's house, the podcast, they do literal 15 minutes of uh, ads before every episode. And that's like it really stops me, even though I can you know, go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm at my desk, I'm literally not allowed to touch my phone. Like, you know, I work at a law firm. It, there's client information that can be stolen. So we're not even allowed to have our phones out. So unless I figure out in my pocket exactly where to tap, like it, it's it's really annoying. I have to just sit there and cross my eyes and cry. Got a question. I hate ads for other podcasts too, more than anything. Oh yeah, Earwolf is like known for that. It wasn't mm-hmm. any of theirs. It's like forty ads for you know different uh, improv uh, podcasts with uh, what's that guy's name from? Uh, oh my god. Anyways, I'll, I'll figure it out later. 
Oh, please, please update us, like, in the middle of Good Pop, Bad Pop with that. <laughs> Just blurt it out. Just blurt it out. We'll be like, okay, Aaron. All right. It's called improv, bitches. Look it up. <laughs> I got a question for you. Uh, bestiality, it's wrong, correct? Like, that's not a good thing, right? We can all agree no. it's bestiality is a bad thing? Yes. All right. Yes. Is it something like, because I don't know this. Like, I look, you know, when I, when I do my porn searches... You know, it's it, it was either nerd porn, you know, because I was looking for Aaron's <laughs> podcast, or I'm, you know, I'm looking, you know, maybe I'm in the mood for something. You know, it depends on what I'm. I've never been in the mood <laughs> to watch, uh, you know, uh, a woman and a horse or a mule or whatever like that. Is that something? Is it? Is it? Is it? Because I don't know, guys. I really don't know. Is that like illegal to have those videos? I believe it is. Yes. I think I it is. It I think is it's like. <laughs> I think it yeah, is. I don't know about the legality issues of those, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I've never had the desire to seek those out. All right, so we can all agree that it's wrong, but and I'm not. I did talk to a friend last night, and uh-huh. we were discussing porn, and I, he was like, "What's the weirdest thing you ever watched?" And I was like, "Well, do you mean jack off to or watch? Because you're just down a spot, you know, down the downward spiral of just clicking links." And he was like, no, no, jack off to. And I was like, well, probably a pregnant lady shaving her head. After I watched that, I definitely took a break. And then he was like, I was like, well, what do you got? And he was like, definitely watched a dog and a lady. And I was like, and wait a minute, and what? <laughs> and I was like, why, why would you do that? Like, I'm a degenerate, but that's, yeah. uh, that's another level. Oh, my God. When I'm alone and I'm, like, looking for porn, it's like I turn into the waiter showing you the wine list. You know what I mean? And it's like, are you in the mood for this? This has this. This has that. Here's two girls. This is, you know, whatever. And I mean, that's basically what it comes down to until I finally land on that perfect selection. You know what I mean? And so it's it's almost like a wine tasting where I'm swishing it around and spitting it out before I finally get to the one that I am actually going to land on for the evening. So And much like the, you know, the, what do they call the wine guys? Much like the waiter, you bring your dick out with like a little towel over your forearm and just lay it on it. Sommelier. Boom. Got okay. It. I got a name. I'm not saying it's right, but I thought of the if, – if you could have a bestiality website, I thought of the perfect name. I want to get your thoughts on this one. I'm not saying I condone bestiality websites. I don't even know where they are. Maybe, you're on, maybe they're on the dark web. Somebody out there is probably saying, oh, I'm sure you don't know where they are, Brian. That's why you're bringing it up. No, I'm not sitting around fucking my cats all day, so chill the fuck out, <laughs> all right? Anyway, I thought like if you could have like your own website domain and you had a bestiality website, let's say you're in a third world country where they don't give a fuck about that. They probably eat them and fuck them on the same day, I think a good name for a bestiality website would be Fantastic Beasts and Where to Grind Them. <laughs> Dot com. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Fuck Them. No, grind. It, it totally rhymes. Grind True. them, right? I would, I would call mine the Good Boys and Girls Club of America. You know what I mean? No? <laughs> See, so not all the jokes hit. Not all, not any of the jokes hit. It's okay. See, that, you don't try to one up the perfect joke, right? You know what I mean? You're, it, 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 it's, <laughs> Listen, it's because they call dogs good boys and girls all the time on the internet, man. Come on, it's a meme. It's a oh meme, man. man, you're like the local comic following Robin Williams or Doug Stanhope or somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
you know, it's it, it, all that matters is that in that uh, analogy, you still opened for me. So that's all that matters, bitch. I still have a green room and you do not. All right. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Aaron's the big winner today, everybody. <laughs> he wins at having the worst joke. I just heard, I just heard two more one-star reviews being typed up for nerds. Oh, yeah. The, the, the leftover army is attacking my iTunes right now. Uh, let's Worst see. episode no. ever. Fuck you. You ruined the show. Whatever. They, they would not do that. All right, guys. It is now time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and our weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, first thing I want to talk about here real quick. This is real quick. I finished all 11 seasons of Cheers this week. Not, Holy shit. I didn't watch all 11 oh, this wow. week, but I finally, I finally, after I started, um, I, t- uh, actually this morning was the day that I finished my, uh, Cheers watch, um, from beginning to end. And that also includes the, uh, Super Bowl ad that they did during the Super Bowl. And that also includes the savings bond commercial that they did, uh, in, in between the first three seasons. So I watched literally every piece of cheers that I could. And, um, this show is, now those, just, go ahead, Jake. Those are not Netflix, right? Where, where did you find those like on YouTube? I found, I, I forget what service, possibly Vimeo, um, for the, uh, are you talking about just for like those the, like the, the Super Bowl clip? Yeah, uh, the Super Bowl clip. I found that within a link on a um, on a website. They just had it on their website, and then the savings bond commercial was like on a Vimeo or something like that. One of those type of services. It was not on YouTube though. So um, now the question is: to finish the the universe, yeah. are you going to watch all of Frasier? Oh, I've. Seen, I know you have seen it all. Yes. But are you going to do like another watch through just to absolutely to get it all done? Absolutely. I'm going to go through and watch Frasier now because, like, I you know it's been it's been a while since I've watched like a whole series. When I watched Frasier, I probably watched a lot of them out of order too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when I went through my, oh my God, eh, I'm going to get personal here. When I went through my divorce, literally Frasier was one of the things that like helped me through my divorce. I was like drinking, I was, yeah, we were talking about wine earlier. My, my, throughout my divorce, I was drinking wine and watching Frasier. And like that's really, it kind of helped me get through. Cause like I, I'm not dependent upon alcohol when I'm going through a rough time, but like this was so bad. And Frasier was one of those bright spots that kind of got me laughing again. So, I love that show and I can't go, I can't wait to go through a Frasier rewatch. And, um, I know a lot of those characters come back. There's episodes where, you know, Cliff and Norm show up and Woody shows up and, um, and, uh, you know, Sam and I, I, even Diane shows up, uh, on that series and Lilith, um, she shows up, but man, I, Cheers is one of the things about like watching it as a kid from like week to week, you don't, um, 
you, you don't see the complete picture of like how good the writers were. You know, Burroughs and Les Charles and all these guys when they when they were you know writing the show. You don't see how how cohesive everything really was, and it, and it really was. They they're uh, in the ninth season. They introduce uh, a character, John Hill, who takes over Melville's seafood restaurant upstairs. And uh, he finds out through the plans in the building that he owns part of Cheers, which is like the back pool room and then the restrooms. And so he kind of like uses it to blackmail to get Sam to get his way and stuff like that. One of the things that he wants to use is a just a just an area rug in front of the stairs going up to Melville's. And he wants he wants that rug there. And Sam's at first like, no. And then then he says, well, I own part of Cheers. Here's the plans. And so Sam gives in. But every episode after that, when you are introduced to John Hill and he comes down to the bar, before he walks up the stairs, he always wipes his feet on that rug. And I was just like, that's so cool. Just those little tiny things that they do in the show. And well, it's really ahead of its time for that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of shows that do that now with, like, running jokes yes. and callbacks to, like, five seasons ago. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Cheers started in, what, 82? 82. I was going to say, the year before I was born, so... That's yeah, sitcom continuity was definitely not a regular thing mm-hmm. back then. Well, Hell no. there were some uh, things that they... It, what, what, what's interesting is Pat Mahoney, the guy who played uh, Frasier's father on Frasier, showed up in an episode of Cheers as a different character. Cy, oh, shit. Cy, Cy Flembeck. And then uh, the woman that plays Roz showed up on the show as well as a different character altogether when Woody was running for um, city council. And, uh, it, but, uh, you know, and then Frasier said that both of his parents died on Cheers. <laughs> but by the time you get to Frasier, there's uh, one of the characters from the bar said, you said that your dad died. And I guess like he explains on Frasier that he lied about it, you know? So I just want to say Cheers is fantastic. I loved it. I, I it was such a, an amazing journey going through all 11 seasons, um, going through the first five with, uh, well, the first three with coach and then, um, the first five with Diane. And honestly, the fourth and fifth season, I think she kind of pulled the show down. It was pretty awesome that Shelley Long left the show. And then we got, um, uh, the character of Rebecca Howe with uh, Kirstie Alley, and she was great. I don't think they knew what to do with her the last two seasons, though. Her character was kind of all over the place, but uh, I loved it. It was it, It's all on Netflix, so definitely check it out. The second thing I want to talk about here real quick is I... And this is going to be weird because, like, people are, like... People are, aren't not... They're not watching this. This is a... Uh, it's a show on Facebook Watch... So, like, we've got all these different streaming services, you know, Amazon, YouTube Red, Netflix, Hulu, you know, and we're getting, like, the DC Universe, and we're going to get the Disney streaming. We already have one in Facebook Watch, and nobody's watching it. And so uh, I saw an ad for it. I'm like, fuck it, you know, I'm going to – let's see what this is all about. It's a show called Sacred Lies, and uh, here's a synopsis. After a cult in Montana mysteriously burns to the ground, a girl named Minnow Bly emerges from the woods – a violent encounter results in her being sent to juvenile detention 
uh, where her only hope for release comes from a forensic psychologist who offers freedom in exchange for her secrets. Uh, there's some things that really made me want to watch this. The first thing is Jason Blum from Blumhouse Studios is a producer on this show. So I wanted to see it partly because his name was attached. And um, the show, it deals with this girl who is a member of a cult. She's 17 years old when we meet her in the show. And the series is actually based off of a book called uh, The Sacred Lies of Minnow Bly. And it's by Stephanie Oaks. And uh, this was enough to get the showrunner, uh, Rayel Tucker, on board for the series. What I found out what was fucking crazy about this is the showrunner, Rayel Tucker, her family was part of the Rajneesh movement during the 1970s and 80s. It's the same cult that's depicted in Netflix's uh, Emmy-nominated uh, docuseries Wild Wild Country, if you've seen that documentary. I have not. Joe Rogan, I was listening to him today and he was actually talking about it. It was like a... It was a it's a six-part docu-series, which is it's about a commune that was using uh, sex. It's a sex cult, and then also a, and also criminal means to take over an entire town in Oregon. It was crazy. They were basically um, what they were doing is they were uh, they moved into this town, and then they kind of presented like what they were doing, like with the cult, I guess. But then they started buying up homes. And then the people would move out, and then they would move homeless people into the homes. And then they they took over the police force, and they called them the Peace Force. And basically this whole town was being run in Oregon. This whole town in the 80s was being run by this cult. And the showrunner's family was a part of that cult. This this all had me kind of fascinated. Well, to, Yeah, I that is fascinating. The, I saw part of the first episode because my girlfriend started watching it. It's by the Duplass brothers, um, uh-huh. they which did, is pretty cool. They did uh, Evil Genius, the four-part docuseries about the guy that goes into the bank and has the bomb strapped to mm-hmm. his chest. But yeah. yeah, but they did uh, Wild Wild Country 2, and it's – I mean, I think they did. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's them. Um, it's, it is gorgeous. Like, as a person uh, who uh, appreciates, like, cinematography, it's shot beautifully. Like, even the interviews are, like – really nice on the eyes um and obviously it's super interesting because it's like how the fuck did this happen you know in the not so distant past right yeah rogan was talking about like how 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 he'd never heard of this like yeah until he started watching the documentary like how did he never hear about this and i so i'm definitely this is something that i'm gonna start watching i'm gonna watch this wild wild country it sounds amazing and like What's crazy is the connection to the showrunner here. Her family was uh, was a part of this cult, and now she's doing this show about cults. And um, so I saw that it was on Facebook Watch, and you can watch it for free. Uh, they've got three episodes out right now, so I thought I'd give it a shot. It stars uh, Alina Kimpouris. Uh, she's from Before I Fall. Kevin Carroll from The Leftovers, Jake, is in this. He played the uh, – he's um, – I think he jumped in on the third season of that show. Um he was, uh, I'm trying to think, he was, I can't remember, he was the black guy in that show, and he was basically the guy who was kind of like in charge of that whole town. What was the name of that town? Uh, John, was that who he was? I think so. And he kind of like was at odds with Kevin for a while, and then they kind of became friends, and then he ended up marrying Kevin's ex-wife. 
Yes, that is that was the character's name, John. Yeah, okay, John uh, uh, from uh, The Leftovers. Kevin Carroll's the actor's name. He's in this series, and then it also stars uh, Toby Huss from AMC's *Halt and Catch Fire*. And the show starts off, you see Minnow Bly, this young girl. She's standing over this guy. He's bloody. He's dying, and uh, she's the one who did this to this guy. She just basically just beat the shit out of this guy, and we really don't know why. We don't know a lot about her. We find out like she she came out of the woods and she's one of the only survivors from this cult that was in this in the woods like a hundred people t- a decade before went into the woods started this cult and uh like they that's where they lived and um what happened is uh the um she's the only person who might know who killed the cult leader and um she's wearing this coat and then they got her at the police station she She's wearing this coat. She's got her hands in this coat, literally, because she pulls her hands out of the coat, and we see that her hands are missing. Her hands are gone. And and uh, the policemen then check her pockets, and in her pockets are her actual hands. Oh, jeez. And they look like they have, like, black smoke on them from the fire. Um, so then, because she attacked this guy, they find her after she attacked this guy, they send her to a juvenile home where she meets her roommate, who, this girl is a great actress. I really like the girl that plays her roommate, Angel. Her name is uh, Kiana Madeira, and um, she's really good. And then uh, Kevin Carroll's great, as always. He was fantastic in The Leftovers. He plays the psychologist in this series who's trying to get answers about, like, what happened in the woods with this cult and who killed this prophet. And um, it's crazy because the prophet's name is Kevin, which is weird because the actor was in The Leftovers and the character of Kevin in that show was once thought of uh, thought of as a prophet as well. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Um, also in this show, you get these clips of uh, Minnow in the juvenile home. So it's it's like a young girl's prison and there's fights and there's different groups of girls and she's she gets bullied for not having hands and being in the cult and uh, a lot of people ask her like how did you lose your hands and then they also give us these past clips from a decade before about like this cult and how it started and how this guy basically his the guy uh is basically he says he's speaking to what is known as God and God revealed himself as this guy named Charlie and uh and uh, he's the guy who runs this whole cult it's this show's really well done i've watched the first 3 episodes the third episode at the end of it the the episode's titled steel slippers and something so shocking like something that you would see out of game of thrones happens in in this fucking story, I kind of want to spoil it in a way. It is just. Uh, I miss it. This I miss is this on, on Facebook, Facebook Watch. Watch. This yeah. is yeah. This is on Facebook Watch. I am guys. I'm blown away. I, I don't give a shit that it's on Facebook Watch. Um, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I am sucked in. I don't care that it's a. It's kind of. I guess it's kind of like a YA book. But my God, there's some adult themes going on here. The story is compelling. The showrunner knows what she's doing. Um, Kevin uh, 
Um, Kevin Carroll is fantastic. The girl that plays uh, Minnow is fantastic. The girl that plays her roommate Angel is great. And then just some horrific shit happens in this. At the end of the third episode, something straight out of like fucking Game of Thrones, you see it. It's like a torture thing. And you, it is absolutely insane. Uh, How do you even get on Facebook Watch, though? All I did was, you know, the search bar on Facebook? All I did mm-hmm. was search Sacred Lies, and it takes you to Sacred Lies Season 1. You click on that, and it'll show you the first three episodes, and you can watch them. Um, and I just watched them right there on my iPad. Yeah, they just made it easier this week, Aaron. If you just hit the little, like, Facebook menu bar, there's actually, like, just a watch button. Now. Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't even know that, so... I tried to watch oh, it yeah, on my. I see it. <laughs> I tried to watch it on my PS4, and uh, it's not supported. So I've been I've been uh, having to watch this on my iPad, but it's called Sacred Lies, and no one is talking about this show. Literally, nobody is talking about the show, except probably except for like book readers and people that maybe just stumbled upon it. But man, I'm telling you, I'm really impressed with this show, and. Um, I'm, I'm gonna you know con- what it looks like is in it too is actually um, I'm just like the I, I click Facebook Watch and it's the first thing that shows up and it's just playing like a little preview and I'm it looks like the um, the lady who was um, the um, Taskmaster Master's uh, like second in command who had the melt stick if if it's not her it's really, it looks exactly like her it's like one second in this thing it looks like she might be in it. Hmm. But it looks like it's really, really well done. Like it's not some low budget thing. Yeah, it's if for Facebook Watch. Uh, this being one of their first things that I've. Well, this is the first thing I've ever been introduced to with this service. I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed, and I hope the series. I mean, it's like with the prison stuff. It's almost like they've taken like elements of like Orange Is the New Black, and they've mixed it in with like elements from the past with this cult. And uh, it's kind of crazy to see this girl that's been in a cult been. She she doesn't know how to read. She, she's, they never taught her to read. Like reading and books were uh, not – Charlie didn't want you to read. He didn't want you to read anything from the outside world. And it's just amazing to see this girl interacting with other girls in this juvenile home um, and uh, being introduced to this whole new world. And she's got – guys, I'm telling you, she has no hands. No hands. Yeah, I saw that too. She's like – there's a little shot of her raising them, and they look gross. Like yeah. it's not, sure. it's not like smooth, you know. Like no, no. Like, um, and I'll t- real quick, uh, the Duplass brothers um, executive produced uh, Wild Wild Country and actually Evil Genius, and they just produced both. Yeah, yeah. They 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 got their hands in a lot of stuff. They they're doing the Room 104 on HBO, which is uh, either you're going to get a great episode or you're going to get something that you absolutely hate. But like those guys are <laughs> those guys are. Pretty fucking brilliant. I I love the Duplass brothers for the most part. Like they haven't let yeah. me down on a lot of stuff. I so. mean, Mark Duplass is like a big name in like the mumblecore genre of like uh, filmmaking, and I, I'm a big fan of a lot of those movies. But mm-hmm. um, I've not watched Creep Two. I watched Creep when it came out, which is like the movie he was in. Um, he he wrote and starred in it. Oh God, have you seen Have you seen uh, Sneaky Pete season two? 
I haven't seen any of it. Okay, you, I just got an Amazon login like that someone lent me so I can watch their stuff. Yeah, uh, Sneaky Pete season two, Mark Duplass's character is one of the most bizarre characters I've ever seen in pop culture. And I am not just saying that. He is so, f- there are some fucked up scenes in Sneaky Pete season two. It is absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, he it, is a really good actor though, like yeah. just in general and obviously a good writer. So, oh yeah. I think he stretches himself too thin sometimes. He's got his hands yeah. in too many things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, hey, Brian, I'm sorry. Can we take a quick break? Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right. Hey, we are back. Everything is fine. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so definitely check out Sacred Lies on uh, Facebook Watch. It's As far as I know, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. So um, I think... It new- looks like the episodes are 30 minutes as well, which it, is nice. Yeah, it's fantastic that they're 30 minutes. Uh, speaking of sex cults, uh, Allison Mack, did you guys see that uh, uh, Michael Rosenbaum finally spoke out about it? No. no, I did not. What did he say? Uh, he was on Theo Vaughn's podcast. Uh, Theo Vaughn, I think, started like a podcast. They also have a uh, live stream or something like that. I actually watched the live stream of them talking. He said he did not see any signs of it. Like, and and they weren't really that close. Like, they would just, you know, talk. I guess when they were, you know, doing Smallville together and things like that. And and um, you know, he never saw any signs of. Uh, Theo kept pressuring him, and and I understand why. You want to get the dirt. You want to get the juicy stuff, you know, and he's got a new podcast that he's doing. But it didn't really sound like Michael Rosenbaum saw, Michael Rosenbaum saw any signs of Allison Mack and, and, this, and this whole thing going on and how she could be like that. So it's sad. I, this is definitely going to be like, you know, it'll either be a documentary or a Lifetime movie or some bullshit, this fucking Allison Mack sex cult thing. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, between the umpteen seasons of Smallville, though, like Lex and Chloe really didn't share all that much screen time, exactly. too. So yeah. they probably really weren't the closest of buddies, even on set, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. So. I um, I would sign up for that cult if it was not only <clears throat> trafficking women. Because Allison Mack was my crush when I was in high school. Oh, you and everyone else. Yeah, like, Lana... Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. Lana was super hot, but... Chloe was my shit. Uh, yeah, it, uh, now we the the show has devolved into which sex cults we would join. Like, is there um, <laughs> like, like John like, from Friday Night Fandom and I both uh, in our we were, you know we have a little Snapchat group and when that story came out we both said sign me up so figured I'd say it on a podcast you know what I mean and I you do know she sure. brands her initials on you oh god a small price. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Is it, hey, listen, is there free room and board? I mean, if it's free room and board, <laughs> I don't have to pay my rent, which is great. Oh, man. No, I can't. Let's, can we talk about bestiality websites again, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic beast and where to grind them. <laughs> Dot com, guys. So, yes. yeah, somebody. Uh, Anthony worked on that as well. And thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's also supplied some videos. Thank you, Anthony. I feel sorry for that. <laughs> that hedgehog. It did not look comfortable. Um, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure he's really glad you're getting his name right now. <laughs> um, let's see here. I, uh, I've got some other things that I wanted to talk about, but I'm going to pass it on to Jake. Jake, did you have anything that you wanted to go over this week? Uh, me and Michelle went and saw uh, Christopher Robin opening night this this week. Did hey, you guys see that? No, but I have an excellent name for Christopher Robin if his <laughs> life if his life took him down the road of doing pornography. 
his porn name would be Christopher Throbbin. Oh, I was thinking you were going to be Christopher Bobbin. No, no. Christopher Slobbin. (laughs) Oh! Christopher Slobbin the Knobbin? Yes. Uh, That's when he needs real good money, you know what I mean? That's when his rent's really late. Oh, man, I think the one-star reviews are coming to our podcast now. (laughs) I got to tell you, if those were all porn links, I would click on the one that said Slobbin. (laughs) So Jake, what is, so you watch Ewan McGregor and you watch the the Winnie the Pooh. It's uh, Christopher Robin all grown up. Yeah, I'm um, directed by Mark Forrester, uh, starring Ewan McGregor, Haley Atwell, and it's you know it's the hook version of Winnie the Pooh, basically. You know, um, you know what uh, yeah. you know what uh, Haley Atwell's porn name would be? <laughs> Haley Haley Shatwell, and she shits on your chest. Or Scatwell. What is I don't know even know that terminology. Well, scat is also poop in porn. Oh, I did not know that. And the more you know of Star just went up on the podcast. All right, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> what a perfect time to talk about fucking uh, pornography during the uh, Christopher Robin review, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, James Gunn taught us anything. <laughs> Disney and, and porn go really well together. Right? Oh, man, that, that scene. That... Like Disney taught us that like, <laughs> way before James Gunn. You Teenagers, know, take off your clothes. When when uh, when Haley Shatwell did that scene with Pooh, it took on a whole new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you didn't know what Two Girls, One Cup was about. I'll tell you, no, hold on. I'll tell you one thing. He, 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 that, that little bear didn't get his head stuck in a fucking honey jar. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> God, God, I don't know. So we, no, this is disgusting. Did you say cunny? Is that where you yeah, tried to go that, with that? Yeah, that is a, a Dark Tower reference. Thank you very much. <laughs> tell us, right. tell us about the movie, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang this call up. Goodbye forever. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, sir. I'll talk to you again in two years. Good day, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, um, this movie definitely had some faults. It was, it was, you know quite predictable at parts and you kind of saw where everything was going but i couldn't help but just absolutely love this movie for me personally it's a tupperware um i could get why people would want to poke holes in me calling it a tupperware and why other people wouldn't think it was one but i mean ugh, i just have such such nostalgia for these characters these are characters i grew up with as a kid i mean my mom like re- read the a mill books to me and everything and i just couldn't help but be just like touch the, the the simple hook story of it all worked for me and seeing you know you and mcgregor kind of grow up and forget the fantasy just man it really pulled at my heartstrings and this movie got a lot darker than i expected it to get too honestly um there was some like a couple little war scenes in there that i was surprised to see in a christopher robin movie and like they kind of show you how christopher robin becomes like the kid with all the imagination into the adult with no imagination Mm. and the very you know serious person that's sad the journey yeah the journey into seeing him become that serious person is very sad and very depressing and He's basically a dick to Pooh for like the first half of the movie too, which is like if you're a huge fan of Winnie the Pooh, it like it's almost uncomfortable to see him like he's slightly a dick to him for a really long time, and then he's just a full on dick at one point. And the movie is filmed really well at this point too. Like the cinematography knows that you want to pull the camera back from Pooh a little bit, not have it completely on focus, you know, have it a little bit tilted, make Pooh a little bit distant from uh, you and McGregor and. Boy, it really pulls at your heartstrings to see uh, 
these beloved characters kind of treated with disdain by uh, an older Christopher Robin during the first half of this movie. So it makes the payoff at the end when the obvious, you know, what's going to happen happens and everything becomes a little bit more happier and lighter. But yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, I, I'll probably even check it out again in the theater before it goes away. It's an absolutely gorgeous movie too. I mean, just like the way the hundred acre woods looked with, you know, him walking around and all the characters. I thought it was just fantastic. Like just beautiful colors and, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. That's good. That's good to hear. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's got like a 60 some percent. And, uh, yeah, it's at 68%. It is, uh, yeah. no, I guess it just has a tomato right now. It's not certified. They were originally tracking it to possibly beat Mission Impossible Fallout, but Mission Impossible Fallout against all odds fucking beat Christopher Robin. So, the yeah, story that prediction kinda- always, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, the story reminds me of Hook almost, like the, the what you described. Oh, yeah. It's very much Hook with, like, a fresh paint job. But, I mean, you can't fault it for that. Even, like, this is the same director of Finding Neverland, too, which is also yeah. kind of, like, more of the same formula. It seems like this guy just wants to do the same formula over and over again. I'm trying God. to think of what the next nostalgic-like kid thing he can uh, show to the uh, angry adult would be. Like maybe, I cried like, so hard at Finding Neverland, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that movie's probably a bit... That movie's probably a bit better than this when it comes to, like, actual, like, pulling at your heartstrings and everything. But just the nostalgia level for these characters brought this above that for me personally. And like I said, I can get why people would have faults with this movie and not like it as much as I did. But I just kind of ignored all the fucking paint by number shit and was like, I fucking love this. That's good. So, yeah. A little bit like, I feel like your attitude with like Jurassic park, Brian, like the modern Jurassic park, sure. you know, it's like you fucking want this shit. You don't care that all this predictable trite shit is happening all over the place. Like they're giving you what you want. What more can you ask for? Yeah, that was a little bit of a slam on me within. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay. Well, you know, you know what the, the I, res- um, I respect it. The respect. <laughs> the, uh, the hey, Brian, you, you, I, know, you know how you're ignorant when it comes to Jurassic Park? That's kind of like what I. <laughs> that was my experience watching this. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you know how you turn your brain off, you fucking brainless moron, when you watch the new Jurassic Park movies. Idiot. That's yeah, yeah. You know how you you know how you mouth drool when you watch yeah. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> you know how your fucking face is foaming at the mouth when you. Watch Watching Jurassic Park, you fucking brainless idiot. Yeah, so I'm sorry, Aaron, I, I cut you, you off. You want to know how dumb I am? I never realized that uh, all of the characters were stuffed animals until I saw this trailer. And I was like, why do they all look like stuffed animals? And someone was like, uh, because they are. And I was like, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he brought them to life with his imagination. Like, he created the Hundred Acre Wood, like in the original stories. Yeah. Well, it's a very Calvin and Hobbes type of setup, which obviously probably aped this in some way. You know, probably got inspiration from Winnie the Pooh and turned it into what is our beloved comic strip. Yeah, I would say very much so. So how is that? Maybe Calvin and Hobbes. There we go for the next Mark Forrester movie. It won't happen. I was just going to say. It it won't happen. Uh, Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I love Waterson for that, though. Yeah. Yeah, Waterson's not letting it happen. Never let the animated stuff happen. So what what do you think? What do you think? Like, uh, you know, like uh, when the family has control of it, do you think they'll sell out? I would watch a live action Calvin and Hobbes movie for sure. You know, I'm just saying, like, when the control goes to the family, do you think uh, you think the family will sell out, you know? 
Oh yeah, They'll I think they money. will. <laughs> yeah, they will. Yeah. They'll see that money, and it will be all over. So, Jake, how is the uh, how is the voice acting in this? It was good. Um, you know, you can't go wrong with you know Jim Cummings doing Pooh. Like nothing's changed there, you know. But like uh, Eeyore is my favorite character, and Brad Gareth does his voice, and he does a comparable job. But it's still Brad Gareth, and every, there's times where you just know that's who it is, and mm-hmm. it kind of for me kicks me out a little bit of the fiction knowing that it's basically an Eeyore impersonation and not Eeyore. So right. that was probably my biggest disappointment of the movie was the voice acting for that character. But I mean, other than that, most of the other characters are like their original voices still. So it's just perfectly fine. And I'm um, Cummings was amazing as Pooh. I think this is probably some of the most like dramatic voice acting work he's ever got to do with Pooh. You know, it's not really this type of situation when you're dealing with the animated fair that he's normally uh, doing the voice work for. So I think he definitely stepped up his game like in doing that stuff. I I don't think a lot of the stuff works as well without the emotional drive he was putting behind his vocal performances. Is this a must see in the theater? Um, I would say no. I would say I know I Tupperware it, and it kind of goes against me Tupperwareing it. But if you're a huge fan of Pooh, then yes. Like if watching the trailer is enough to make you get all teared up and mm. weepy eyed, then go see this in the theater. If mm. you see the trailer and you go, I don't understand why anyone cares, then wait to watch this on on demand. Okay. All right. Cool. No, it's great. It's great. Um, do you have anything else for Good Pop Bad Pop? Oh, no, that's all I have this week. That's all okay. I saw. I, uh, I Real quick, I wanted to talk. I uh, started Casual Season 4 on Hulu. It's the final I, season. Uh, I saw the ad for that, and it was advertised as the final season. Uh-huh. So, I, you know what? I'm happy that Hulu gave it a final season. It's not like other seasons in the past. Other seasons in the past either had any, anywhere between 10 to 13 episodes. I believe this season only has eight, but at least we're getting a conclusion. And what's also different about this season is that they did the Netflix model where they dropped all the episodes at one time. Hulu doesn't do this with all of their series. Sometimes they will drop all the episodes. Most of the time they will release maybe two or three, and then after that it's week to week to week. Um, but... Uh, this season, they do a little bit of a time jump, and I am in love with it. Unlike another show, which I'm going to bring up, New Girl, in their final seventh season, did a time jump. And the time jump was so drastic, and the characters seemed so different. I watched the first episode of season seven of New Girl, and I was fucking out. I had stuck with that show for six seasons and loved it. Because I love Jake Johnson, and I love yeah, the, the guy who yeah. plays Schmidt, and uh, even Zoe Deschanel. She's uh, just so eccentric and charming in that show, in that role, that I had stuck with it for six seasons. Um, and I, oh, what's the other guy that I love? Uh, Lamorne Morris. I think he's mm-hmm. hilarious. I love Lamorne Morris. And so, you know, I, but that seventh, I'm sorry, I don't think that, I don't know if I'll ever get back around to finishing New Girl after that first episode of season seven but how this, far of a jump did they do because like i i fell off <sighs> right at the beginning of season yeah. three yeah i want to say that they actually jumped ahead um to where uh schmidt is married to what's her face and uh they've got a child so i want to oh. say that they jumped that far ahead nick is actually still with megan fox's character and uh so i, I you know I don't know. It just it just didn't feel like New Girl to me. It didn't. This series does a time jump, and they do it so well. I 
it's it's fantastic. It's it's not too far in the future, but it's far enough in the future where they're like introducing technology that we're kind of like in beta testing for right now. And so like Tommy Dewey's character is doing like this online dating in the future, but it's this virtual dating. So like what he does is he puts on uh, virtual glasses and then he's in a he's in a virtual bar and then he approaches a woman and uh, it shows, you know, like what their compatible percentage is and then a couple of facts about her. So he starts to like engage her and talk to her. And then all of a sudden she goes invisible like she wasn't interested, like she blocked him. And then and uh, I thought that I thought that, that was really cool, like the way they're doing this. It kind of felt like a Black Mirror episode within a, a casual, which is a show that I absolutely love. And then um, there's self-driving cars in this season. But anyway, like he meets another woman and then she starts to like at the beginning when she starts talking to him, she starts trying to sell him like a supplement. She's like an ad. So he thinks she, Weird. he thinks she's a bot. And apparently like your avatar, which is you, when it first starts talking to someone, they see you try to sell something as well. So like after the ad is done, you start talking to the real person. So it's, oh god, that is such like a, a, a <laughs> real thing yes, that's going to happen. It is totally going to happen, Aaron. Absolutely, this is going to happen. Um, they they also now they're starting to go on these virtual dates, and uh, later on we see them kind of like in a they're in a limousine in the back of a limousine, and they're talking about meeting in the real world, and uh, he wants to meet her, and uh, she's like, I don't know, I, I'm not I'm not good with that, but you know maybe we can start here and have sex you know in the virtual world first and um you know so as as soon as they start talking about that you see like these letters jump up on the screen and he asks what it is and she says that it's a consent form so he signs huh. he signs his name she signs her name and then like you know it's later revealed that like she has asked him all these questions she's really trying to get to know him you know she asks questions like you know uh, you know, what was your first car? What, you know, where'd you go to school? And come to find out, she was getting his info so she could steal his credit cards. Like, yeah, I was just going to say that's yeah. identity theft. So, like, it, it, that kind of blew me away at how, like, they are showing us, like, the future of online dating in the virtual world and how it can come back and bite you in the ass. And um, the whole show's not like that. They're not doing that. The uh, uh, characters have like uh, changed. You know, you've got the Tommy's Tommy Dewey's sister. She's uh, you know thinking about closing her th- uh, therapy practice and uh, starting a, a, a wine store and stuff like that. But I I love this season. I think it's acts. I think it's um, amazing. Um, it's it's a great. Uh, as far as doing a time jump, they've done it well, and they've done it very well. And and you're, it seems like they went pretty far ahead. Yeah, they did, they did. You know, like the daughter who was like in high school before, she's like got her own job now. So like, I don't know if we're quite a decade into the future, but uh, I definitely say they haven't really given the date yet. But I definitely say five or years, five years or more okay. in the future. Um, I don't know. Uh, one of the I. Like three, four years ago, when I was doing like the online dating, um, I would every once in a while, Aaron, you might know this, Jake, you might know this, but like every once in a while you will get hit by a bot and like they're from another country. Mm-hmm. And so like what I would do, <laughs> what I would do, cause I, I know this, I know this, like I would try to like, you know, 
reach out to people that were local and stuff like that when I was doing the online dating. But every once in a while, you'd have somebody from like Argentina or, you know, like a European country or something like that, like reach out to you. And they, 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 they and I knew what was, what was happening here, but I would have so much fun with it because they would be like, you know, I really want to meet you, but I need, um, I need, you know, $450 to apply for a visa and blah, 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 blah. And so I would play along and I would say, absolutely. I really, I really enjoy connecting with you too. I want to meet you. I am going to get the funds together and I will get those sent out to you within the next week. And then when they responded to me, what I would do, cause they're fucking with me, right? It's probably, a, oh, yeah. it's a guy, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a guy in another country using the picture of a girl that he found on her Facebook page and he's fucking used, trying to use you and they use so many people and a lot of people fall for this that are fucking lonely. And so like what I would do is I would tell that person when they read, when they, Hey, did you get the money for the visa? I would say, listen, I've met someone else that needs a visa. And I sent them, I sent them the money. I sent them. So I would basically, I would break up with them, but lie to them and tell them that I sent another person that was trying to rip me off for a visa for these, this so-called visa money. And I would actually, sometimes I would up it and say, I sent them double what they originally wanted. Uh, make them feel real dumb. Yes. And I would say, I would say stuff like, you know, like, yeah, I sent them extra money for, you know, uh, when they get here and spending money and, and cab fare or whatever. And I would just, I would really turn it into a thing. Like I've kind of like rejected them. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was fun. If they're going to fuck with me, I'm going to fuck with them right back. I was on <laughs> Tinder for a little bit and I got a lot of robots more than anything. Like they just constantly say, Come to my webcam oh, show, yeah. and I'd be like, "God damn it!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that. <laughs> I've had that too. But I've actually had the ones where you know you're talking to some fucking like forty year old in his basement in another fucking country trying to get like you know you to send him like uh, money. They, they 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 like the uh, what do they like? They like the uh, they don't like it doing the credit cards. They like the the money orders and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You can't get the money orders back, right? So. No. Yeah. Once you spend that money order, it's it's done for. Yeah. So I would tell them that I met someone else from another country and that I sent them a shit ton of money to come and visit <laughs> me and that things are over between me and them. And so I would kind of like, yeah, that was a lot of fun anyway. <laughs> that, that sounds fun. I love yeah. that kind of stuff. I, yeah, I would do it too when like the prince from fucking Nigeria would send me emails. I'd fuck with them too. So... <sighs> You know the sad thing about that is they're mostly scamming elderly people who don't understand the internet as well. Trust me, I know. I worked at a bank and I had elderly people that would come in and some of them are suffering from dementia and they were basically sending off money um, that could go to like their sons and daughters and stuff like that. But they're literally just sending money because they're lonely and this person talks to them on the phone. So it's fucked up, man. I've, I've dealt with that stuff and it breaks your fucking heart. And you can't, sometimes you can't stop them. You can, you can tell them as much as you want to, to don't do this. Their family can tell them not to do it, but they still end up doing it. And it's sad. Elder abuse is just sickening. So. It is sad. All right. Uh, but yeah, Tupperware the fuck out of casual season four. I'm four episodes in. It's going to be kind of sad to, to watch the series end, but I'm glad that Hulu kept it going for as long as they did. It's such a great show. And, um, I love the actors, all all the actors and everybody involved 
in that show. Um, the uh, director of that show does some movies as well, and he's fantastic. But anyway, um, Aaron, what do you got, man? Well, I saw Eighth Grade yesterday, and I know we—I uh, know you saw it as well. So I did. I'd like to talk about it. Yeah, let me see here. Eight, uh, eighth Grade—it's—it's it's the new A24 film that's out now in theaters. It's about an introverted teenage girl tries to survive the last week of her disastrous eighth grade year before leaving to start high school. Uh, it's written and directed by Bo Burnham. Uh, he's a comedian, and he was most recently. In the Big Sick, the uh, Kumail Nanjiani film, which is, uh, if you haven't seen that movie, uh, it was an Amazon Studios movie. So, like, as soon as it's out of the theaters, like, literally three, four months later, you can watch these Amazon Studios movies on Amazon Prime. And I highly recommend watching it because it's an absolute Tupperware. I love that movie. But um, Bo Burnham was recently on the A24 podcast, and he was talking to uh, Gerard Carmichael. And I also highly recommend that. So, um I love uh, A24. Like, they're putting out yeah. so many good movies. They are. And the podcast is great, too. It's a great companion. Because, like, the first episode of the podcast, the A24 podcast, uh, was Greta Gerwig, who's the director oh, of shit. Lady Bird. And she's talking to Barry Jenkins, the director from Moonlight. And so... I mean, you know, just two great people, two different approaches as far as their film style, and they—you just listen to two of these people, two, two of these great directors talking to each other, and it's really fucking cool. So I highly recommend the A24 podcast. But uh, Eighth Grade stars Elsie Fisher and uh, Josh Hamilton. And um, what did you think, Aaron? I I really enjoyed it. Um, there was a couple of parts that threw me off a little bit, like where it got a little too movie for me but overall i think um the the main actress elsie um what's her last name elsie fisher uh, fisher <clears throat> she was great like for being her age you know like she's probably the real age of an eighth grader uh she was incredible like she pulled off uh the anxiety like the social anxiety aspect of it really really well oh yeah um and i really loved like bo burnham's directing was fantastic as well like the the way that that they would focus the shots like a lot of shit would be going on off screen or you know not really like yeah right off screen um and you would just hear it but since we're really following this girl kayla like we're only watching her as she reacts to what's around her it's 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 a it's a great movie It, it definitely is great i just had like two little problems with it but i would give it probably a high taste it yeah, it's a it's it's a kind of a, it's just a slice of life film that shows this girl Kayla, and it's basically it's uh, a week before she graduates the eighth grade, and she's she's got a voice, but she's really scared to be herself and to get to know people. So you really see two Kaylas. You see the Kayla that does like the vlogging, and then you see the Kayla that's actually like in her environment around people, and they're two completely different people, it feels like. And she gets really nervous and awkward around people, and um it's it's sad because you like I think a lot of kids are gonna be able to relate to this. And a lot of people are gonna be able to relate to this because like sometimes when people are nice and nervous and awkward, like other people see that as like weakness and they try to take advantage of that or they just ignore them altogether and like discount them as a person. Um but then also in this movie at like the center of it, you have this single dad played by Josh Hamilton that absolutely loves her, adores her, and then she pushes him away, you know, like like a lot of teenagers do, 
at that age. And then another thing I really loved about this movie is how it uses technology to show how different adolescence is for kids these days. It's Oh yeah. It wasn't like this when I was a kid. Kids are Snapchatting, kids are Instagramming, and that's that's also another social it's kind of like a, a popularity contest or whatever. So, you know, she's doing these vlogs, these vlogs and, um, where she talks, but she's also very nervous at school. And I, the, the theme of this movie I thought was fantastic and, uh, very, gonna be very helpful for kids watching this kind of a movie. Um, I, you know, I really enjoyed, um, sort of the arc of her, video you know her her vlogs or whatever yeah. like i like that they gave us a scene where she gets really honest because you know all of her all of her vlogs are like sure. these uh fake not fake but they're motivational little videos but she can't live what she's actually she's trying I mean, to, she, she's she trying, tried she well yeah. what she's doing is she's trying in the videos to be the person that she wants to be yes. in the in real life so she's trying to basically take on this persona in the videos that this is who she wants to be. But we, we know as the viewer, like that's not how she acts when she's around other people. And she, she tries to accommodate for popularity. She tries to do all these things. And it's like, you know, this movie shows us that like, even if you're quiet, even if you're awkward, like you're still fucking important and your feelings matter. It doesn't matter if like, like we all can't, we all communicate differently, but everybody's important. Everybody has an important voice. Um, and um, I loved her dad too. I loved lot. her dad. Absolutely yeah. loved her dad. There's a scene in this that is so uncomfortable to watch, and it, you just you're you're begging for it to end. And I, yes. Aaron, I wanted to jump into the movie and just fuck. I wanted to beat the shit out of that guy. You know? Yeah. But yeah. it, see, Aaron, what, what's necessary about that scene, though, is the fact that it really drives home why her father is so loving and protective yeah. of her. And it pays off at the end of the movie. And um, I love the I love the geeky kid, Gabe. I yeah, loved I liked him. him a lot. Their their little scene at the end. Oh my was god, so good. The Rick and Morty stuff, just the nuggets and the sauces. It all had well, me just. He dying. pulled her move where he left out his archery thing. I love yes. that little. Oh, scene. that was so hilarious. Um, this this movie just takes you kind of through like her daily life in this one week, and it, it gets you crying, and then like and and then when you least expect it, you're laughing out loud, and it's it's it, a, a kind of laugh that. It's it's a it's a good laugh because like I I felt it in my theater like we all went through like that same scene that really rough scene yeah and then by the end of the movie when um when it gets funny here like we all we all wanted to laugh and it felt good to laugh and uh, I loved this movie I give it a Tupperware I'm gonna own this movie when it comes out um, the actress Elsie Fisher she was fantastic she actually admitted that her role as Kayla. Uh, an awkward, shy girl is ironic because it, she's a very social person in real life. She just really? plays this introverted <laughs> girl so well. This is this is a great movie. I think it could help out a lot of kids that feel like Kayla. And there's a scene in this where she's creeping on her crush on an, on his Instagram page, and like he's the cool, popular kid, and his name is. Uh, What's his name? What was the cool? Oh God! Kid? It's like um, 
Oh my god! The best is that he he won best eyes. Yeah, and like they constantly show his squinty eyes. Like every time they uh, show him, they play like this. They play like this. Like they have him in slow motion, and they play this music, and it's you know, it's like kind of like she's like, oh my god, she like reveres this kid. She's like in love with them, but his real name, the actor's real name, is Jake Ryan. Which is ironic because, like, Jake Ryan was the name of the cool guy in the John Hughes movie, 16 Candles. With, uh. Well, Jake Ryan was, uh, Gabe. Jake Ryan Luke was Gabe. Frail is, uh, Aiden. Oh, that's it. His name was Aiden. I confused him there. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Because, right. uh, if you look at the cast, Jake Ryan gets a higher billing than Aiden. So that's probably why you thought that's who it was gotcha anyway there's a scene with her creeping on his instagram (laughs) and her dad walks in and she's embarrassed and she throws her iphone so on and the screen breaks on mark maron's uh podcast bo burnham said that apple was willing to provide laptops and phones for the film for free but they were unhappy with the scene where the iPhone broke. <laughs> so, yeah, because it happens to fucking everyone. You drop it two exa- centimeters yeah. and it just breaks. So all the laptops that were shown in the film were those that belonged to the crew, and they kept the broken iPhone scene. So I thought that oh, that was I thought that that that's was awesome, really fucking cool. Because yeah, it, that's really cool. That's like shows integrity. Yeah, because those fucking screens do break. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, they can talk about oh, it uses this Gorilla Glass that's this level or whatever. They fucking break. Like, screens on phones fucking break. Well, and she threw it across the room. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's not even yeah. that bad. But uh, that, yeah, that scene was so good. And especially because she's, like, all mad. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you could knock. And he's like, no, no, I, yeah, definitely. And he's like, but I did, though. <laughs> Dude. Like, the dad is just, there's, yeah. the, they play so well together because you can yeah. see that a lot of her personality comes from him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, they share a lot of similarities. God, I, I, I really... This movie is, like, rough to watch in parts. Um, and at the beginning, I was kind of just like, oh, I'm going to give this a high taste it. But, like, the movie at the end, it just got me emotionally. It really got yeah, me you emotionally. Know, I... I do want to switch my rating. It's a Tupperware because my my nitpicks are so little. I like by the end of it, I was very happy, and mm-hmm. they give you such a good catharsis at the end. You know, yeah. like you see, you have hope, yeah. and she has hope, and we we see a real journey for that character, which it's, is crazy. It's the fucking really, message too, and really that um that moment, that super awkward moment, mm-hmm. is what pushes her to be herself the most. You know what I mean? It's yeah. really what changes her. Yeah. Oh God, you just like. It's like during that scene, like you just want her father to show up. You're just like praying, like something, something's got to change here. Something, oh god, yeah. it's it's so uncomfortable. But it, it's it's one of those scenes like you have to have that to get to the end of the movie, where like you're crying with the character, and it, it's yeah, god damn it, you really do. You have to go through this whole journey with her, and yeah, there's parts that are clunky, man. But like you have to go through those parts in order to get the payoff at the very end. And like it, yeah. I think that's the only way to fucking really give the message of this movie. And I think that there's going to be a lot of boys and girls that are going to be able to relate to this fucking story. I know some fucking incredible people that are very introverted. I know some. Yeah. You've got to you got to spend time with them and you got to talk to them. And sometimes we do, we got to be reminded 
that, uh, you know, even though they're quiet, everybody's got their own fucking personal story. I, there was a time in my life was I, when I was very introverted, where I didn't talk. I lived in a home where my mom felt like kids were better seen and not heard. So I was very introspective as a child. Like, there was a lot of times where I wouldn't talk out loud. And so I, kept, I held it all in. And then by the time I got older and shit, like, I found my voice. And, like, here I am talking on a goddamn podcast that thousands of fucking people listen to. So everybody, you've got your own voice. You just got to find it, and you got to find a, you got to find a way to be yourself. And even if you're not the most talkative and outgoing person ever, you still, you're still fucking important. And that's what this movie kind of like got across to me that everybody's fucking important. So don't like, don't get on Instagram and make a fucking dick comment. Be nice, <laughs> right? Like, because I'm gonna retaliate. This is who I am. But like, you know, just you know, be fucking nice. Just be a fucking nice person. Jesus Christ. You know- you know the thing too that uh well the, the one thing i was like i'm not in middle school or high school obviously i'm almost 20 years out of high school sure uh but like i was like do they really do these fucking drills where a guy with a yes they do rifle they do when, when really? yeah yeah they do i've i've heard about this back back in the day it was fucking fire drills and tornado drills for us now yeah. these kids are going to school and they've got these drills where like they'll have somebody come in and uh with a with a with what looks like a fucking like uh rifle a semi-automatic rifle and act like they're shooting kids so they'll go through a fucking drill it's like you know cuz like that that's what's happening these school shootings it's fucking crazy like i don't know if it happens around the midwest but i i've heard about this this is a legit thing Hmm. That was one thing I was like, I yeah. don't know that they would do this, but I mean, yeah, we we would. My school would get bomb threats all the time because kids wanted to get out of school, so they'd call them in. That yeah. was what happened like all the time at my middle school. I went to middle school in in like the super hood, so uh, we would get like a lot of bomb threats and then just go stand in the baseball field. So it was like really hot and really lame, but I guess kids didn't want to do classwork, you know. Do you think the sequel of this movie is going to be called Ninth Grade? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's her. Like one we, one week later, literally just we just pick up there. Yeah, first week. God, I love that geeky kid, Gabe. That kid cracked yeah. my shit up. I fucking loved him. And you know what I really loved about that is like they they matched in their awkwardness. Yes, but in a, in a good way, like in a fun way. And yeah. then you see her in the car afterwards, and it's the first time we see her genuinely smile. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And her dad looks at her. You can tell, like, it's it's a nice, it's a really nice moment. Well, I was the first person to talk to her that didn't, like, want to use her and one, and really cared about her opinion, you know? Yeah. Like, either people are just like, this girl's fucking quiet, she doesn't fit in, fuck her. Or they're just like, I just want to use her. Or you had this kid who had a genuine interest, and um, that was a beautiful scene. I was like, finally, I needed that yeah. fucking scene. I really needed that scene after watching this girl just... Driver I love, crazy this I love Gabe from minute one. Like when he shows up and like <laughs> we've all been at a pool party and there's that fucking kid like yeah. holding his breath, trying to swim across the pool. Like we've all been there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Trying yeah. to do the handstand and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And he kept saying, Oh, the water's too rough. I can't, I can't. So, yeah. it's so good. If you can find eighth, if you can find eighth grade playing somewhere, I highly recommend it. Uh final thing that I want to talk about. Uh, Aaron, did you have anything else? Uh, other than that, I watched uh, the first three episodes of Castle Rock, but I haven't seen the, the this week's or okay. the, you know, the last week's. Yeah. Uh, but I really like it so far. And Jake, I don't know if you've been watching it, but it is made for Stephen King fans, obviously. But there's a lot of references. 
Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing just kind of bothers me, right? It's like when someone that's not Stephen King is doing this expanded universe, all kinds of nods to Stephen King things, it feels a little bit like, is this canon in the Stephen King universe? Like, it's a little bit confusing to my brain. Well, they came out uh, this last week and said uh, the... I think the producers or somebody came out and said that every season of Castle Rock will be a different story. That's true. So it's going to be sort of an anthology series, which I like. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I get like a lot of it. Sometimes you're like, okay, I get it. You know, like it's we all love Stephen King. But I think some of the nods are just kind of fun. Like when they're when they're more like Easter eggy, I, I enjoy them. And I will say, uh, fake David Carradine is not my Pangborn, because uh, Alan Pangborn's like my favorite recurring character from Stephen King, obviously other than any of the Dark Tower characters, but for mm-hmm. just a, a non-connected you know, set of books, Alan Pangborn was like my favorite character, and then in this, he's just like old and shitty, and I, I don't like it. Man, fucking yeah. uh, David Carradine, man, died, he died with the autoerotic asphyxiation, right? Yeah, yeah, just just like the NXS guy. Ah, oh, it's terrible. Jesus, what what a way to be found, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, or and like, yeah. how do you, how do you? So the thing is, what I wonder is, how do you die? Like, you're just using a belt. Like, you should be able to stand up, right? I or, don't know, or man. Like, your legs no, underneath? it's it's one of those. Yeah, hold on, listen to me, listen to me, guys. This is the thing. He, he no, did, I get it. He, he's done it so many times, right? He's done it so many times, and he was very careful at first, right? He was very careful. You know, you strap the belt around the neck, and you're you're jerking off or whatever, and like uh, you know, you're you're about to pass out, and and uh, I guess it gives you a great orgasm, you know. So yeah, uh, I mean, being careful isn't what makes you fucking get off. Well, see, I guess you're right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like this. It's like so you're doing this and for years you've done it correctly. Like you've been very careful um, and, and, you know, as careful as you can be in that situation. But it almost becomes like one of those situations where like a lot of the car accidents happen like within a mile of your home because you're so comfortable driving around in those areas that you kind of like, you know – don't pay attention and you miss that one stop sign that you always think you, that you're always going to hit because you're texting or whatever the fuck. That's what happened here. David Carradine, he just, he'd done, this is old hat to him. This is the way he's jerked off. This is the way he got himself off. He got a little too comfortable. Next thing you know, he's hanging there from this fucking belt and he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Someone had to find him. Can you imagine being like the person that has to walk in on that one? Oh, what was that movie? Uh, uh, the the the, the uh, fucking uh, Robin Williams movie, like World's oh, Greatest Dad uh, or whatever. World's Greatest Dad. Didn't he walk? Didn't he walk in on his son? Yeah, Who'd, same thing. Right? Oh no, his son just hung himself in that movie. But yeah, okay. I thought he was. I think I thought he was jerking off. You might be right. Yeah. Uh, you know, was he jerking off while he hung himself? I. I think so, yes. Uh, have you ever been with, hold on, have you ever, and it was crazy to me how comfortable she was doing this. I think it was maybe our third time having sex. This girl, uh, she started to choke me out of nowhere. Have you ever been with somebody that was into choking? Uh, I've been with someone who wanted to be choked and like really choked, not like a little bit, like to where I wouldn't do it because it was yeah. 
too much. Like I was like, you're going to die, and then I'm going to go to jail. No, I could tell you. I that. could tell you a story about somebody that wanted something that I I, I can't even say on the fucking podcast because we're not a five star vulgarity podcast. <laughs> but anyway, five E's. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, but yeah, I was, uh, I was with this girl. I think it was maybe our, uh, second or third time of like going to the sack together. It was a pretty new relationship. D- don't worry, micro penis guy. I didn't have her come. Don't worry about that because that's never happened. <laughs> but anyway. Made sure that didn't happen. Out of nowhere, she starts choking me. I was like, holy shit, what the, what have I gotten myself into here? <laughs> you know, that's the thing now, like. How do you do? Like, how do you, how do you broach that moment? Like in your head, well, you know, you're in the middle of sex with no no, preamble, no, 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 like, hey man, I'm sort of into choking dudes while I fuck them. Like, you just start. I rolled with it. I rolled with it. I did. I rolled with it. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm a man. I've got a dick. My dick's already hard. I know I'm getting it. Here we (laughs) go. I think we hit that fifth star vulgarity. But anyway, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to like puss out in that moment. And I was young. I was probably 21, 22 at the time. And I'm just like, hey, let's do this. Yeah, come on, choke it. I'd let someone choke me. I mean, I'm, I'm, don't think I'm into it, but whatever. If you're into it, fuck mm-hmm. it, let's go. But uh, <laughs> I would want to at least have a conversation first. It was like, a game. It basically, it was that's a, only fair. It was a yeah. game of chicken. I was seeing how far she would take it before she backed off. She eventually backed off. She stopped. You scared her too much. I <laughs> think like, so. This dude's crazy. <laughs> I think so. Uh, uh, follow up, yeah, you were right. In World's Greatest Dad, he does uh, die of autoerotic asphyxiation. That's what I thought. I thought that's what I thought it was. You know, when I was a kid, you know what I thought autoerotic asphyxiation was? I thought it was when you fucked the uh, the. Uh, yeah, I thought it was when you fucked the car, like when you like the gas tank, like when you opened it up. I thought that that's that's exactly what I thought it was. I thought it was like you fucking a car. I had no idea. We didn't that's have hilarious. We didn't have Google back then, and it had the word auto in it. So I was like, oh my gosh, it's like okay, that's like me putting my dick in Herbie the Love Bug, giving that whole movie a new meaning, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who would think that's hot? <laughs> you hear Jake writing a note. I'll look mm. that up later. <laughs> yeah. Who would think that's hot? <laughs> mm. Yeah, Herbie porn. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh yeah, Castle Rock. I, I did watch the fourth episode. It was probably my least favorite episode of the series. Really? But um yeah, I I think I need to watch it again. Um but um How many episodes is that thing running? Uh ten I believe. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a slow burn for sure. There's some interesting stuff, but I don't think it's a horror show and there the advertising is uh is a little bit wrong there, but I, w- um, I will say the end of the fourth episode is very shocking. It really is. Okay. So I'll give it that much. Like the end is like, holy shit. Like if you're going to say anything about the fourth episode, it's like it all happens at the end of that episode. It's like, wow, oh, my God, that happened. That's a thing. Because it, it, it well, is kind of a shocking moment. Episode three had a, a big revelation in it, too. I yeah. mean, where we see that uh, psychic girl killed Homeboy's dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big reveal. I mean, spoilers, so. but. <laughs> I like Aaron, Aaron with the spoilers. It always happens after he gives the spoiler. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work that way, you know. <laughs> that's like that's like uh, oh man, I don't know. That's like stick it. That's like choking somebody after they had their orgasm. 
right? Yeah, that's the best way. Okay, now you had your or now we're doing this. <laughs> like now you now you have a nap. Nice. It's, it's more like choking someone after they've died from auto asphyxiation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. Uh, I last thing I want to talk. Aaron, did you have anything else? No, no, no. That's it for me. All right, uh, Jake. I did see the spy who dumped me today. Oh, nice. How was it? Yeah, uh, this is the uh, new uh, Mila Kunis, Kate McKinnon movie about two 30-year-old best friends in Los Angeles are thrust unexpectedly into an international conspiracy when Audrey's ex-boyfriend shows up at their apartment with a team of deadly assassins on his trail. Surprising even themselves, the duo jump into action on the run throughout Europe from assassins and suspicious but charming British agents. As they hatch a plan to save the world, uh, Justin Thoreau from The Leftovers is also in this one. Um, you know what? I'll be. Let me be honest with you. I'm going to give this one a taste. It. I'm not going to talk about this one too much. Uh, the beginning of the movie starts off. I don't know. Not as funny. The middle of the movie. There's some fucking hilarity there. Kate McKinnon and Myla Kunis. The car chase scene is absolutely just hysterical. Uh, and then the movie, as it continues, it's a comedy, so it continues to ramp everything up. There's a crazy kind of Cirque du Soleil scene with the uh, trapeze, which it'll make sense when you watch the movie with Kate McKinnon, but uh, it gets a little crazy um, towards the end of this movie. I'm going to give it a taste. I really enjoyed the middle part of this movie, the beginning and the ending. I was just kind of like, whatever, but there were some laugh-out-loud moments there in the middle, but... Um, I don't know. It's a. Uh, I love Kate McKinnon. I think she is absolutely just tremendous and so talented and so funny on SNL. But I feel like once I get a whole movie of her, sometimes a little Kate, a lot of Kate McKinnon is just too much for me. And that's just my personal opinion. I well, think for some people, yeah. like the more the better. The more Kate McKinnon, the better. But for me, I like her in small doses. And that's just my personal opinion. Um, but. <laughs> Maybe she she just hasn't had that breakout amazing comedy movie yet That's, either. Yeah. Right? She needs her Kristen Wiig uh, bridesmaids. Her bridesmaids. She does. Yeah, yeah. She needs her bridesmaids, and she needs to get her girls together. Like she needs to get some of the SNL alumni, uh, and she needs to get together with them on something a, a special script. I mean, bridesmaids for me, in my opinion, was funnier than The Hangover. I I love bridesmaids. I think it's one of the funniest comedies in the last decade. And, oh yeah, it um, shits on the hangover. Kate McKinnon, she's got it in her. She's she's fucking fantastic and hilarious. I love her on SNL. It's just I haven't seen that movie from her yet, and I I worry about that that she's gonna go down like a like a like a slew of these like movies that just aren't fantastic, and then she's gonna be relegated to some bullshit fucking like ABC comedy or some shit. Right. Yeah, she'll be hosting game shows and shit the rest of her life. Fuck that, man. She's way too talented for that. So I hope that she finds like something that works for her, and not necessarily another comedy that like warrants a fucking sequel. Hangover should have stopped at Hangover. It should be yeah. just oh, Absolutely. definitely. You know, but the, the dollar bill signs, right? Dollar bill signs. It's that's what it was. Hangover is like the biggest fucking comedy. It was huge. So they're like, and when you make money with comedy, you make so much money too. Because yeah, unlike yeah, any other movie, awesome. you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to have the big action set pieces. Yes. You don't have to have all the CGI. You can, it's, oh, it's, can I tell you this much? This movie, The Spy Who Dumped Me, there are some great action scenes. Fantastic action scenes. Like there's, uh, they did a really good job with the the spy. 
um, like the CIA versus, you know, whatever, you know, like CIA versus MI6 and all this shit. Like these guys are, these spies going after each other is absolutely fantastic. Justin Thoreau's great in this. He's really good. It feels like, you know, when he's going around shooting people, it's almost like watching John Wick. So they did a fantastic job there. But like, oh, wow. it's one of those, yeah, they really did. I'm not going to lie. Like at the beginning of this movie, there's some fantastic action. It's just one of those things where, Towards the end of the movie, I'm just like, this can end, this can end, this can end. No, don't try to tease a sequel. Just end it. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was it's a tasted. I, I love Myla Kunis. I think she's got really good comedic timing. I think that her and Kate McKinnon like really work well off one another. And if they're ever involved in a future project, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give it a shot because I really, really like them. I think they're both very fucking talented. But uh, this movie just was kind of like a middle of the road for me. So well, I th- what I'll say about Kate McKinnon is I think she gets misused. Like I think they rely too heavily on how good she is at being weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I think it's yeah. a lot like Melissa McCarthy, um who I'm a big fan of as well. I think she's really funny, but I think she gets a lot of stinkers, you know, like a lot of like uh yeah. shitty roles she does. and well, she- uh, I think she get t- misused. Melissa McCarthy takes on every role that she's pretty much offered. She's even said yeah. in interviews that, like, I'm ready for this. I I know this is going to end because I, I I I I do a lot of stuff, and she collaborates with her husband a lot. You know, like her husband's a- also in comedy, so like she'll take on like you know roles that he's written for her in these movies and stuff like that. She's just that's why I think like this new movie that she's got coming out where she plays like this author who's forging you know really famous authors names and selling them to you know museums or whatever or collectors and stuff like that that it looks like a serious kind of role for her and i hope it 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 looks fantastic so you know um her husband by the way melissa mccarthy's was the actual guy that was the tsa agent in uh bridesmaids yeah she ends up doing the sandwich scene with yeah i think that's so awesome yeah but yeah, I, I I will definitely watch uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me on TV. Like it's one of those ones I don't feel like I need to go see it in the theater. Yeah, if it was you know if there was a director that I really loved or someone I wanted to support, I would definitely go see it in the theater. But I'll definitely pick it up on TV. The porno version yeah. of this is called The Spy Who Dumped on Me. Just so oh. you guys know, <laughs> with uh, oh my god, who was the Haley Shatwell? Shatwell, yeah, <laughs> Haley Shatwell, starring Haley Shatwell, yeah, with a uh, cameo appearance by Pooh. So <laughs> basically, a diuretic the stuffed animal version. A diuretic stuffed animal shows up mid scene. Head stuffed up somebody's asshole, right? That's just that <sighs> the, the way that works. Haley, oh, I can't believe that we're talking about Haley Atwell shitting on people's chests. This is terrible. <laughs> She's a wonder- no. We're not talking about Haley Atwell shitting on people's chests. We're talking about Haley Shatwell. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Haley <laughs> Shatwell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I was totally going to go see this movie Saturday night, and then my uh, old roommate sent me a link to Lollapalooza that was in full HD, and ended up staying home and watching The Weekend and Vampire Weekend and Dua Lipa instead. I couldn't, I couldn't walk away. I didn't even know they still did Lollapaloozas. Like, I thought those were just a '90s thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice, man. There was, it was like so good. There was no reason to go. I mean, it was like legit filmed stuff and the sound quality was perfect and it wouldn't let you rewind or fast forward or pause it was a live stream only so i was like well fuck it this is like one of my favorite bands of all time i'm i'm staying and watching this <laughs> hmm. 
Well, I would still recommend possibly going to see this, Jake. This might be a high taste it for you. I don't know if it'll hit Tupperware territory, but there are some great Kate McKinnon scenes. Like there are, there really are, and it's it's definitely worth watching. I thought the car chase scene in the middle with the uh, there was a. <laughs> There was a, they had kind of like a Lyft driver or an Uber driver, um, and he was at one of the best parts of the movie. It was, it was so funny. So, yeah, I, yeah, this is a good one to watch when it hits like HBO or Cinemax or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm motherfucking a list now, so we'll probably still check it out sometime next. <laughs> yeah, week. listen to you, listen to you, fucking a listers, you fucking snobs, <laughs> you fucking snobs, you fucking a list snobs. <laughs> You sons of bitches. I, yeah, I bought my ticket, and you know, unlike Movie Pass, I got my ticket from home, and then I got other plans, <laughs> so I just clicked the button and canceled it. I didn't have to show a photo of my ticket hey, or you, bullshit. You pompous son of a bitch. You, you, you A-lister. <laughs> you fucking A-list people. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Friday night rolls around. People wanting to take advantage of the A-list. You know what happens? The app's down. You got to go to an e-ticketing fucking theater to, to, to see your movie pass movie. They, uh, what, what happened with the movie pass? Um, they, they, yeah, they raised the price to 15 bucks now. So when I get billed again, I think I'm going to cancel. I think I'm going to go A-list. But they, 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 they raised the price to 15 bucks. So why do I not pay $5 more to go to A-list, even though I ha- I'm forced to go to a fucking AMC theater at this point? Yeah, that's I'm, the only disadvantage of I'm going to miss going to Goodrich. I'm going to miss going to fucking Warrenburg. Those are better theaters. So, like, now I'm forced to go to fucking... And I can't go to the art theater if I want to watch an indie flick now. Because, like, before, I could go to the fucking art theater and use my movie pass. Mm-hmm. And I could watch these indie movies that they're not playing anywhere else. You know, I'm talking about, like, Damsel. Like, Rebecca talked about Damsel. They're playing that right now at the fucking art theater. So, like, if I want to watch that, i got to go watch it now before the end of the month. But, like, in the future, if they're playing, like, something at the art theater, and those tickets aren't fucking cheap. It's a co-op theater, so it's, like, it's like 12 bucks a fucking ticket. Yeah. So, fuck you, Movie Pass, for instituting all these goddamn new rules, you sons of bitches. I was happy paying the 30 bucks a month fucking years ago and just being able to see a movie without all these fucking uh, 995 motherfuckers jumping on the service and then fucking shit up. I feel like yeah. every couple of days there's a new story about how much more movie pass sucks like every week. It's like, that is true. It's like every yeah. day. Yeah. Seriously, we're going to see an article titled movie passed on is what it's going to be. Cause they're <laughs> going to, they're killing themselves. People are dropping off the, like they're, they're bragging about their 3 million subscribers. I guarantee you they've lost hundreds of thousands of subscribers at this point. If you do a hashtag movie pass on Twitter, when the service goes down, oh my god, people are just talking and talking and talking about how Movie Pass is just fucking them. Like, it's crazy. And you can cancel your service right there from the app, people. I want people to know that. You can. You could just click on account and then go, uh, and then go to billing and then you can click cancel. You can cancel right there from the app if you really want to. But if you cancel from the app, th- see, this is the thing that they do. This is the thing that they do. If you cancel there from the app, they warn you, you cannot re-sign up for the service for nine months. Basically, an, yeah. an entire have pregnancy. And then you can come back. Yeah, have your fucking kid, your pregnancy, and then you can come back and, uh, and, and do this. Fuck this. That's I, so shitty, too. It it's is. Like, it's just so unfriendly to consumers. 
Yeah, what they should say is, hey, it, we're sorry you're leaving. Stay for one more month for 50% off. Yeah. Honestly, I wish I was grandfathered into the original plan. Like, even though they were, like, letting me do it for nine ninety five, they should be like, oh, this motherfucker's been with us for five years. Like, let's not fuck this guy out of, like, watching a movie. But they screw me. They screw me. Yeah. They're, they're throwing a belt around my neck and David Carradineing my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if they had a movie pass for porno theaters, it would be movie ass, right? Yeah, exactly, Jay. <laughs> I'm getting it. <laughs> uh, for people who don't know who David Carradine is, he was Bill and Kill Bill. There you go. All right? The more you know, you fucking foam mouth stupid idiots. All right, you got- saved us a couple <laughs> tweets there. Nice one. <laughs> I love it. I know what, you know what, Jake? I'm going to say this. Our listeners are the, the listeners that love this show are the best podcast listeners out there in the fucking planet, and I, I I mean that, and I and I say that with all my heart. Oh, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Exactly. They would not choke me during a lovemaking session. I'll tell you that much. Not without your consent. Not without, not my without consent. your consent. They would tell you about it before. Exactly. Hey, Brian, this is the deal. This is what's going to go down if you're okay with it, right? They would have me sign a consent form, yeah. and then proceed with the choking. And then they would choke the living daylights out of you. Exactly. <laughs> you could develop a you could develop a safe word that way. Uh, yeah, it's hard to get the safe word out though when you're being choked, right? No, you safe gotta hand symbols or safe blink. You gotta do like a like two left blinks, oh, one fuck. right, and God. you know doing Morse, Morse co- code, Morse code during <laughs> sex. Jesus Christ, this is this is kind of, sex is just well. What, what happened to just penis entering vagina, people? Like really boring. I Get know. out of here, loser! I know. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I yeah, seriously. I I went out with uh, I went out with this one girl, and it was all it was the same. It was a routine. It was routine. It was almost like she almost looked at sex as like brushing your teeth. Like she enjoyed <laughs> sex, but the thing is, like it was the same fucking thing. You know, like you know, we, like brush your teeth and you go in the circular motion and shit. You know, oh, I'm gonna start with the upper, go to the lower. I'm gonna brush the gums, then the tongue. It was the same thing with her every fucking time. It started off with like missionary, then it went to uh yeah, it was it was missionary, and then it went to. And it always ended with doggy style, but it never, but there was never any fun stuff in between. We never did any 69. We never did any, you know, never did any butt stuff. It was all just like <laughs> missionary to 69 and we're done. Maybe I get to throw the legs over the shoulder. Um, that's about it. And you know what see, I mean? What you should have done is thrown your own legs over your shoulders and seen how that went. Oh my! Well, hold on. I'm Whoa. not. I'm not. I'm, you, act, you act like I'm like a. It's like Cirque du Soleil all exactly, of a sudden. You act like I'm a fucking human pretzel over here and shit. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Yeah, she was boring as fuck. God, I feel sorry for the guy that's with her now. It's just routine, like brushing your goddamn teeth. I. <laughs> It's not. It's. It is not easy to be boring sexually as a, a lady. And this is not. I don't mean this in any way shitty. But like you know, you just bring. You bring. You be present in the moment, and right. you're, you're going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, but, here's my. Uh, here's my boobs and my vagina. Yeah. And as a guy, you're like, you're the best at sex. Yes. You're the best there's ever been. But I have. I've had sex with one person who was terrible. Like so bad that I stopped in the middle of it and said, I am bored and I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. Yeah. That had to be a crusher. 
she i mean she knew she knew what she was doing she like because i we had talked about it and then eventually i was just like i can't do this anymore i gotta stop this <laughs> is way too boring aaron did like the uh the mma arm bar tap out during that one <laughs> he's just like all right i'm out this is it i'm done you win even worse the last time so that was like the second to last time and then i gave it one more shot because we were like you know seeing each other or whatever and then the last time we had sex I will uh, – I'll tell you the last thing I said to her, and this is the last time we spoke. I said, we can never do this again, and then I kicked her out of my house, and I never spoke to her again. And uh, Wow. An- an- That's hard. <laughs> another, yeah. one, another one-star review. <laughs> she, got, she, she got me back in her own way, so it's okay. <laughs> you can leave me hanging like that? She uh, she gave me a curable STD. If you need to know, <laughs> she she gave me the clapback. She was like, "Oh, oh, you think we're done here? No, bitch, you got to go show your dick to someone <laughs> and get." Medicine. I like the irony. She also gave you the most boring STD. Yeah, the curable. Yeah. I don't remember her forever, but you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how this episode's gonna go over, Jake. <laughs> you say, literally every time I'm on, you say that. By the way. <laughs> I, I think I've decided this episode that Aaron's one of my favorite guests. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love Aaron. That's the thing. I love Aaron. Aaron is, uh, Aaron, Aaron, you, you definitely are, you and me, I think, are definitely an acquired taste. It takes, you know what I mean? It takes a little bit of time. But oh, like, yeah, for sure. But like, you know, like, you know, like the first six months of drinking beer, you're just like, ah, this is, this tastes like garbage. But then after that, like, and I know you're straight edge, but other people will get the uh, <laughs> no. But I've I've had beer exactly. But like after that, you can go like you can stop drinking after the six months, and then you can go another six months and not drink, and then come back to a beer, and you're totally fine with it. You know what I mean? It's just an acquired taste. No, you I know think- what it is. You and I are similar in this. We're very honest, like uh-huh. to the point where it's uncomfortable. You totally. know what I mean? Like totally. no one <laughs> that story I just no, told. But- no, yeah. I want to get real with people. I want to give people like a look behind the fucking curtain. I don't want to be fucking the, the Wizard of Oz where I'm like all trying to hide shit. No, like I'm a real guy. Like, And other people, they, 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 you act like you don't have a fucked up shit in your life. You act like – and then when I say it, you're all fucking awkward. And you're all quiet and shit. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that he revealed that. How do I react to that? What do I say? Shut the fuck up. If I knew every fucking thing that you did behind closed doors, I'd be scared. We'd all be scared if we knew everything that we did behind closed doors. Right? It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys are the mild ones compared to the people that are afraid to speak out. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's why they're afraid. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, at work the other day, I, this is like, it's so boring to talk about work, but I'm there 80 hours a week, but... I was telling someone's asking me something and, and uh like about about how often I wash my work clothes or something like that and I was like, Man, I don't have a washer dryer, so I'm wearing these pants like four or five times before I wash them. Oh no. They're asking me about cologne and I was like if you smell me wearing cologne, it's because I haven't washed my shirt in like two months. <laughs> so I have to like hide it. And some guy on the other side of like a cubicle was just like, Why are you saying this out loud? And I was like, Who cares? I'm not embarrassed by it, like <laughs> Sometimes you don't wash your clothes enough. Who cares? <laughs> Fuck that guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah, as, as long as people aren't like commenting about you smelling like shit, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. I just think people aren't honest. Like, because then I was like, man, I barely wash my jeans. Like jeans, you don't ever have to wash. And yeah, they, they were a little grossed out. And I was like, okay, I was just kidding, guys. Anyways, <laughs> I wash my jeans every day. In the yeah, sink. I wash them every time I wear them. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> sometimes twice a day. Yeah, fucking Aaron's got dreadlocks and fucking <laughs> reeks of patchouli oil. So whatever. I'm like, hey man, it's better for the environment. But secretly, I'm just cheap and I don't like to sit at the laundromat. Oh, I, I, you know what I saw today at a gas station of one of those fucking uh, those little smart cars. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, remember yeah. those things about cars. those? Little They're fucking... not good on gas. Really? Yeah, they do like uh, 32 miles to the gallon, which you can get in like a Civic. You know what I mean? You can like get a regular car that has actual power and get yeah, the same the amount of gas. What the fuck are you doing driving around a goddamn clown car for? You look ridiculous. <laughs> you it's look ridiculous. Insanity. Like it makes no sense. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Auto erotic asphyxiation. I'm going to go fuck your little. I like, I like little. <laughs> I like, I, I got a thing for petite cars. I'm going to fuck your smart car. Anyway, guys. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and come back and do uh, do the uh, Pop Culture Leftovers news. I'm going to learn how to talk. And we're going to come I thought back. you said we were going to just do the whole thing over for a second. We're, yeah. We're gonna I don't st- blame you. We're going to start over. This is yeah, – this, I'm not putting this out to uh, – No guests this week. So weird. I know. <laughs> I, man, editing out everything Aaron says is going to be such a chore this week, Jake. Yeah. Man, it's been three years since Aaron's been on. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you're one of my favorite fucking people. I don't even give I a shit. It. You're one of my favorite fucking. You're one of the funniest fucking guys I know too. So it's, you know what? The thing with me is, I also throw out a lot of jokes that uh, don't really land. Oh, I know. I you are definitely shot. not the solely of jokes. Like I'm telling you <laughs> that much. Like <laughs> that guy could land anything, but you on the flip side, like <laughs> you are you you are fucking crash and burn. But you keep oh, trying. Yeah. Yeah. You keep trying. It's so it's so admirable. <laughs> I just keep I keep flying upside sometimes down, I, killing everyone in the plane. Exactly, persistence, Some, man. I respect it. Sometimes I just laugh because I feel bad for you. You know, <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll throw you a bone. <laughs> there you go, buddy. How'd that feel? Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna take a, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. back yeah i think uh what, what, what do you think people are thinking about this episode jake huh uh i think they are liking it <laughs> <laughs> i think if they're yeah I, I think anyone that didn't like it i think they were very cued on early that they wouldn't like it and just got out of here after at least 15 minutes <laughs> i mean we definitely talked about bestiality pretty early on and that's like a good way to get rid of some uh people who have sensitivity that was yeah. yeah that was part of my master plan aaron i was like let's you know what let's just come out with guns blazing 
Let's talk about some bestiality. Let's get the show going. You wanted going. to preempt me being me. I enjoy that. I Thank know. You. I know. It was like, <laughs> God, I got to prep these people for Aaron being Aaron. We got to talk about some bestiality. <laughs> you know? so. Yeah, got rid of all the squares right away. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's move into the pop culture leftovers news. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. All right. Uh, you heard me review this movie back in January when it hit theaters, but uh, I just want to let everybody know you can watch Mary and the Witch's Flower on Netflix now. It is available. This is a fantastic anime. Uh, definitely give it the thumbs up on Netflix uh, and watch this one. It is fantastic uh one of the guys from uh pre he had previously been with studio ghibli um is highly involved in this one so i i recommend uh you know while it's on netflix watch mary and the witch's flower it's a tupperware for me so definitely check it out but that's i was literally just gonna say is it a ghibli film like because the art style is very reminiscent yeah, of it but i thought mm -hmm. i'm definitely gonna watch it yeah it's it feels very ghibli i mean it really does and uh I, I I have no beef with that. I mean, no. I want more of it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna hop on that train before it leaves Netflix. Usually, you have like a good like five six months for these new releases on Netflix before yeah. they're gone. Uh, another quick story uh, that I wanted to go over: Edward James Almos. He uh, was cast in the upcoming Predator film, The Predator, and uh, he's totally been cut out of the movie for uh, for time. They totally that sucks. So wow. Edward James almost almost made it into the film. <laughs> almost in the new one, yeah. yeah. Almost. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. I was a, I loved the remake of Battlestar Galactica. Yes, yes. Met him in cons a few times and he's always a very nice guy even if you don't give him 5 bucks, he'll talk to you and I always appreciate that. So, yeah. It's too bad. I feel bad for the guy. He You know what? He still got paid at the end of the day. So, yeah, you so know, fuck him. And and, and the thing was, he was very kind of r nice when the news came out. Like, it didn't bother him. He, you know, we, we had, uh, what was it, uh, the third Lord of the Rings film, uh, Return of the King, where, uh, oh, Christopher Lee made yes, a big stinko. Christopher Lee boycott the film, did not go to the premiere because he was actually cut out of that film. I will say this though, Jake, uh, you know, he was respected actor and, at the end of his career, tail end of his career here, you know, he was in his 80s at the time when he was doing this stuff. And um, they should have kept this shit in because it was really good. Yeah. And, you know, to give Lee credit, it wasn't his Muka wasn't so much about him being cut out of the film as much as it was. He's a giant Tolkien freak and he was on record. He would read the books every year. And he felt it more of a disservice to the story mm. that you wouldn't wrap up Soromon's story, which, yeah. which does make sense. Like you yeah. just leave him on top of the, the tower and then yeah. you never go back to that and wrap that up at all. It did kind of seem very silly. I don't know. Storytelling. I believe his ending in the book is not great though. Doesn't Wormtail just like kill him? Uh, that, yeah, that happens like in the epilogue or some garbage. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Wormtail goes to the Shire, I think, or something. I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Like, Anyways. Those books are uh, completely different than the movies anyway. Like, the Shire's destroyed by the end of the book. Yeah, so. they have to win it back. Yeah. 
it's like a whole other book. It's like a whole other Hobbit book, basically. And it's like it's, it's kind of strange that he would, do, you know, like end their story that way. But it's cool. Yeah, but then they like restored the stuff right in the expanded editions, and it was a pretty cool scene. They did, yeah. they did, but for the initial release of the movie, like he boycotted the film, didn't show up to the premiere, and all that stuff. But yeah, Edward James almost is just like he's cool with it, so he still got paid at the end of the day. He don't give a fuck, and he's like yeah. a you know he, he's like a a Hollywood pro. He knows that shit happens, and well, you get paid yeah. anyways. You know, like yeah. if I got my money, I'm good. You know, we'll as get long as the. We'll get the benefits the movie. We'll get the Edward James almost cut. It'll happen. Yeah. You know? So uh they're gonna wanna especially when the movie doesn't <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna perform well, who knows? Oh no. But uh you know, it's one of those things that they'll come out with his cut and we'll be able to see that. People will be able to buy that, you know, six months to a year later on digital or Blu-ray or whatever the fuck. Uh, Transformers, the animated movie from 1986, is uh, coming to theaters for one night and one night only. It's going to be a Fathom event, so you'll need to go to fathomevents.com and see if there is a participating theater near you. It'll be in that, theaters on September 27th. That goddamn movie. It's like, I think the first time, because I was maybe seven when it came out, uh, first time I ever cried, like openly in a movie theater i wept my child eyes out oh god uh, uh you can how hear, can you not you can hear children crying all over the world at one time when that happened when optimus dies in that movie and they fucked us over just for toys like give fuck yourself no i honestly <laughs> honestly i'm gonna be honest with you aaron i'm glad that they did it i'm glad because it was it, it, it's so fucked up because you can look at it that way at the time, kids were it was it, it, it broke their hearts and everything, but that movie is not what it is without Optimus dying. True, I just I hated Rodimus. Like I wasn't a big Hot oh, Rod fan, Rodimus. and then for him to become fucking Rodimus. Oh ugh. fuck Rodimus! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodimus Prime is uh, like, it, me and uh, Hepner were doing our Transformers podcast, and like even in like. You know, you could watch those old Generation One episodes with Rodimus, and he's always kind of like little backhand comments about how he's not the leader that Optimus was. And it's basically like the people that were involved in the show and writing the show responding to the criticism of them killing Optimus Prime in the first place. So, yeah. Uh, the film, though, uh, when we get it in theaters for September 27th, it's been remastered and restored from the original film elements and transferred in HD. Uh, this has been a, uh, it's a collaboration between Fathom Events, Hasbro Studios, and Shout Factory. And, uh, they're even going to provide fans with a sneak peek behind the making of Bumble, of the Bumblebee film and a brand new interview with singer-songwriter Stan Bush. I was nice. say, yes, they it, should remaster it with the Mark Wahlberg version of that song from Boogie Nights. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, that always cracked me up. They're gonna include uh, an interview with uh, Stan Bush, including recent performances of the theme songs "The Touch" and "Dare." So, yeah, I mean, yes. "Touch" is a goddamn masterpiece. Fucking a, it is. Absolutely, it's like an Eye of the Tiger that never took off. It should have been bigger than it was. I assume this is going to be the same remaster that they just put out last year on on Blu-ray, and if that's the case, it's going to be absolutely gorgeous on the big screen. Because they this this is this is a movie that was really long overdue for a remaster. Like they put it out on DVD like mm-hmm. a dozen times before they actually took the time to fucking scrub it out and make it look good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I have the DVD, and then I also have the the new Blu-ray, which uh, Daniel Hepner gave to me. He sent that to me in the mail, and so I thank him for that because it is it is incredible. Um, I, need to, I need to get my mitts on that. Castlevania season two is premiering on Netflix on October twenty sixth. So my body is ready. Yeah. I am so ready for this. Uh, returning to Netflix for a second season, Castlevania, inspired by the classic video game series, is a dark medieval fantasy following the last surviving member of the disgraced Belmont clan trying to save Eastern Europe from extinction at the hand of Vlad Dracula uh, himself. Trevor Belmont, last survivor of his house, is no longer alone, and he and his misfit comrades race to find a way to save humanity from extinction at the hands of the grief maddened Dracula and his sinister vampire war council. Uh, Adi Shankar, a producer on the series, he was also a producer on the Dread movie, and he's got his whole bootleg universe where he did the Power Rangers movie, the Punisher uh, short film, and then the Venom short film. Um, Power Rangers, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I said that. <clears throat> I said Power Rangers. I think it was called Power or something like with like a dash in them. I don't remember, but it was great. And the Dirty Laundry is a great Punisher uh, yeah. sequence. You know? Yeah, and then the Venom, uh, Truth and Journalism, the Ryan Quantin short, pretty good too. Um, but anyway, uh, the he confirmed that we're getting Hector from the game series in the second season. Hector, the protagonist of Castlevania Curse of Darkness, is a former general of Dracula who decided he had enough of killing and fled a woman uh, Hector had later found contentment with, was killed by his old comrade Isaac, and he enters Dracula's domain in the game with the intent of avenging himself upon Isaac. So, uh, yeah, October 26th, the second season of Castlevania. Hopefully this is an extended season because I think we only got like four episodes in that That's first season. This time. Oh, fuck yeah, man. That first mm-hmm. season was amazing. It was absolutely amazing, and I fucking loved it. So I cannot and wait to see And the goddamn reveal of Alucard is like the end of the, the first season. It's Because Alucard was the main character in Symphony of the Night, which yeah. is you know, basically the best of the Castlevania series. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, Dracula's son. So um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Deadline had news this week. 20th Century Fox is in early development on a prequel to the 1993 cult classic The Sandlot with, uh, kill me. <laughs> David Mickey <laughs> Evans, the original writer and director, is also, uh, involved, attached to co-write the script with Austin Reynolds. So details on the film's plot are under wraps, but I hear it involves the legend of the beast from the first iteration. Uh, we got uh, this movie spawned two direct-to-video sequels, 2005's The Sandlot 2, which featured an entirely new group of boys, and 2007's The Sandlot Heading Home, starring Luke Perry. So, <laughs> I did not know these things existed. I did not either. I knew Sandlot 2 existed, uh, and I purposely skipped it, I remember seeing the Sandlot in the theater as a kid and knowing instantly, like, oh, this is a classic. Like, I'm going to watch this forever. Yeah, it did have that kind of feel to it. But I don't think we need an origin of the dog from the movie. (laughs) Wow, that's the worst plot idea they could have came up with for this. I don't know. I don't know. See, the thing is, it's like, okay, we've got the Sandlot. 
Jake, me and you were 40 fucking years old. I think it's just like, we should just like chalk this one up to like, it's for the kids who gives a shit now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, sure. If it still holds meaning to them and it'll give them smiles, then I guess I'm fine with it. I don't know. I think it's a cash grab. It's, it's a way to get the adults to bring their kids into this movie and, and it's the 25th anniversary of the Sandlot. And so I don't know. I think it's a stupid fucking idea. I don't give a shit. Does that name still hold power? Like does a, like a young 20 something know what the Sandlot is? I don't know, man. Yeah. I have no fucking I don't clue. I have no fucking uh, Well, my niece is a nephew. My niece is 18. She's about to go to college and she, she saw it. Well, her mom, you know, is my sister and she's two years older than me. So she is literally in the generation that saw this and it's our classic. So I guess that makes sense. Never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> like, of course she knows what it is. You know, her mom would make her watch it. Yeah. Nice try though. Yeah. I tried. I tried and I failed again. I don't know. It's just, I, it, it just seems like a cash grab. I don't know. It's uh, this seems like it should be another direct-to-video fucking movie. I, it's yes, yeah. I'd rather they remake the fucking movie than have a prequel about how the dog got to be. Yeah, like maybe do a similar, like do another story and call it the Sandlot, you know, reborn or something stupid like that, and do a new generation, do it in a new time frame, does, uh, the, new characters. Does the movie exactly. start? Does the movie start with two dogs humping each other in the Sandlot? Like really? Like what are we? <laughs> the birth of the beast. I, like, re- <laughs> we see the mom dog die while she's giving birth to the son, and then you know the beast comes out. He's crying. Everyone's crying, and then he raises his head to the sky and howls and you know the evil is born oh they can they can do it like uh look who's talking now where the animals talk so we can have like the beast point of view in this one right and you just feel like i don't fuck this kid running away from me ridiculous. <laughs> i'm just trying to give me damn shoes back bro uh, <laughs> get bruce willis right to do the doc oh god samuel yeah. l jackson has to be the beast oh there you go Mother. <laughs> it's like somehow rated our sandlot. Yeah, another fucking baseball. <laughs> somebody get these mother. Somebody get these motherfucking snakes out of the motherfucking sandlot. <laughs> get these motherfucking kids out my motherfucking yard. <laughs> we got news. Are you, are you selling me on this now? Uh, <laughs> I still. I mean, pass. Brian and I, uh, we didn't announce this, but we are writing actually this um, sequel. Oh shit! Now I feel bad. It's called Kids in the Yard. Yeah, and sounds great. The Beast. Uh, Aaron's making everything up right now. I am. Not, I'm not attached to this pile of shit. Well, I hadn't told you, but I pitched the idea you and I were texting about, you know, last week, and uh, we we got a new job. So you're welcome. They're paying us $28 each to write this, so it's going to be great. Let's talk about the ALF reboot that's in development. This news came from Variety, and Warner Brothers is developing an ALF reboot. Uh, There's no writer attached to the project, which would, again, explore the misadventures of the titular cat-eating ALF, which stands for Alien Life Form. 
in the original series Alf of the planet Melmac crash lands in the suburbs and takes up residence with the middle class Tanner family. The show aired from 1986 to 1990 for four seasons and over 100 episodes on NBC. The series has remained a part of the pop culture landscape long after it ended and is frequently referenced in other shows and films. What's crazy is there is actually in the uh the spy who dumped me someone was actually watching alf in uh in the movie which is kind of fucking wow. crazy today that is, watching that, that is fucked up uh one idea that has reportedly been discussed for the reboot would involve alf emerging from area 51 where he has been held captive since the original series finale and observing how much the world has changed since that time so i was going to say the <clears throat> series ended in like really dark oh yeah the last episode was really dark i remember that i don't remember the last episode what happened i think he goes to alien jail yeah he gets captured by the gut the government takes him in and shit oh wow holy shit he does not not go back to melmac it's not a happy quantum leap ending wow yeah i watched alf as a kid i remember like this is a big deal like i remember watching alf when it premiered and it was like the big talk of the playground the next day you know, kids were talking. Yeah. Oh, did you watch Alf last night? It was like a big fucking deal. The, uh, Jake, did you collect the Alf trading cards? Oh yeah, and I had the Alf like things that you got from Hardy. You had like four different like Alf hand puppets. Do you remember those? I remember those. Yeah. Oh, totally. I remember those. I used to get the uh, the Alf trading cards had like the Melmac baseball cards, the Boulia baseball oh, okay, cards. Yeah, and uh, it had original art. Um. Uh, of different characters, uh, that were from Melmac that, uh, you know, it was Booyah baseball cards and you'd flip it over and you'd have like the statistics of like each one of these aliens from Melmac. And you remember his girlfriend's name? I do not. Rhonda. Oh, as soon as you say it, I do. Yeah, they, uh, that episode they play, he played that song, uh, Help Me Rhonda. Help, help me Rhonda. <laughs> In that one episode. I, I, I watch this all the time. Alf even had his own talk show on Nick at Night. Do you remember that years ago? I do remember the Alf talk show. That was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. His, so, uh, is, the, is the voice of Alf, Alf anyone famous in particular? I don't know. Like, yes. Not really, right? I have no clue. Like, I couldn't tell you, like, who the voice of Alf was. I remember the Alf cartoon, which was, like, all took place on Melmac. Yeah, I remember that, too. Oh, God. Oh, the the voice actor of Alf was Paul Fusco or Fusco. Uh, let me see if he's done anything else. Well, uh, hey, Jake. he's also the creator, writer, and producer and director of Alf. Wow. He was also in Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie as Alf. <laughs> 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 he said every time Alf's on anything, he's credited as it. Like Mr. Robot, he was the puppeteer and voice of Alf. But yeah, no, he's not really done anything else. What was that movie? What was that movie with Ben Stiller? Was it called Permanent Midnight? Where he, it was about the creator of Alf and like him doing drugs and shit. Do you remember that? Mm, no. It's a great movie. You've never seen this movie, Jake? It's about, it's, uh, it's, they, they Uh. never, they never reference Alf. They couldn't in the movie, but it's about the creator of Alf. I'm pretty sure it's called Permanent Midnight. And this guy did, um, Permanent mid 
Yeah, I'm here it is. At, uh, ben, Stiller, ben Stiller's filmography. Uh, a comedy writer struggles to overcome his addiction to heroin. This movie, um, it's based on a guy that was involved in the ALF series. It's a Ben Stiller movie called P- Permanent Midnight. It came out in 1998, so 20 years ago. And it's got like a really famous scene of like him doing like uh, heroin and he's like in a high story building with uh, glass windows and him and this other guy are just ramming these windows as hard as they can. And they get this really cool shot from the outside of the building of Ben Stiller and this other guy high as fuck charging into these windows and you're just like scared to death that like the windows are going to break and they're going to go flying out. But like it's based on Jerry Stahl's autobiographical book and he's the writer that um wrote alf yeah and moonlighting which is a great show as well oh bruce willis and sybil shepherd i mm-hmm. love that show growing up yeah but fucking alf reboot who needs it i don't no I do yeah not. no it's got to be a new family too right because like the the dad from the show had that big scandal earlier this year too if you remember all that crap hmm. no i don't i don't remember that uh, he was like they found all these pictures of like him smoking crack with all these porn stars and stuff and everything and he's all super washed up and looking really terrible in all these photos <laughs> hmm. yeah it was like a big tmz thing like, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, pretty yeah, sure I, it was this year i don't need the original family anyway they were you know i don't care oh yeah exactly i don't need this i, I don't i don't need a fucking alf reboot anyway to be quite honest no no you. no no one does I, this no is gonna, does. you know, if the Muppets can't do a reboot on NBC, Alf is not gonna make it. Um, Vice printed an article that really cracked me up that said, "Why not just combine the Alf reboot and Stranger Things season three? Yeah, I saw that. Oh <laughs> yeah, that character. I saw that too. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of clever, but yeah, I mean, Alf is pretty needless. It seems like it'll be terrible. Um, yeah, we're going to find out why we didn't need an ALF reboot as soon as we get an ALF reboot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. don't give a shit about ALF anymore. Like, it, when it came out in the 80s, it was it was new, it was inventive, it was fun. And uh, that's where it should have died anyway. Yeah, it was something different in a sea of, like, the same on primetime sitcom TV. Yeah, and yeah. You could all watch... kids loved it, and now it's a dime a dozen what sure. Alf does. You could watch The Facts of Life or Different Strokes, or you could watch a fucking alien, hang out with a family, you know? Remember, hey, do you, yeah. remember, uh, you remember Alf's real name? Uh, Gordon Shumway. Boom, nailed it. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one. That one I do remember. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I, man, I feel like I could have pulled out Rhonda after long enough. So, but yeah, oh man, I, yeah, it's crazy. And I guess they'd still do the puppet, right? It would just look exactly the same. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Jeez. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I toss this. <laughs> oh, I toss yeah. it too. I toss it hard. It's terrible. Um, news from Deadline. Uh, this is actually something that, uh, Kevin Smith was actually talking about on his latest Smodcast episode with Scott Mosier. And I wanted to talk about this. This is, uh, Fox, uh, this comes from Deadline. Fox is poised to win the hot lit property in the marketplace at the moment. A giant happy meal that everyone wanted. Ben Affleck is attached to direct. And Matt Damon to star in a true crime story written by Jeff Mache and published in the Daily Beast several days ago on an ex-cop who rigged the McDonald's Monopoly game. 
allegedly stealing over $24 million and sharing it with an unsavory group of co-conspirators who offered kickbacks to the mastermind. The Pearl Street Partners will produce, and the Deadpool scribes Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese will write the script. Did you guys hear about this? I yeah, heard, I didn't know Paul. It's a Wernick crazy story. Whoa, one at a time, gentlemen. My blunder, my blunder. <laughs> yeah, I've heard both about the um, the scandal and and now that they're going to be making the movie, the the Damon Affleck thing. I, I, I find it very exciting. Yeah, Aaron. Oh, I was just saying I'd heard of the project. I didn't know that Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese were doing it, though. I love them. So basically uh, what happened here is uh, the article from the Daily Beast opens in 2001 in Rhode Island as a million-dollar check is delivered to a man who said he'd won the $1 million grand prize after collecting Monopoly pieces attached to food products defying the 1 in 250 million odds and modeled after the venerable board game that the piece says that was invented as a warning about the destructive nature of greed. A camera crew was dispatched to hear how the man won, and they chronicled his series of lies. They were FBI agents closing in on a sting that began with a tip about an Uncle Jerry who'd sell stolen game pieces. Solid detective work unearthed Jerry Jacobson, a head of security for a Los Angeles company responsible for generating the game pieces. It led to a wide conspiracy that involved mobsters, psychics, strip club owners, drug traffickers, and a family of Mormons who falsely claimed to have won more than $24 million in cash and prizes. Apparently, like, the guy who was in charge of uh, security... Uh, for McDonald's was stealing these winning pieces from the game and was getting other people to cash in on these. And then they would give him, you know, part of that money in return. So like one of the people that, uh, that, 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 that he set up as a winner for this, he asked not to do a TV appearance. And then that guy did a TV appearance anyway. And, uh, he would also get uh, people to win in like different states so that it didn't look suspicious. And um, he he also he took one of his winnings. I think it was like a big it was a big hundred thousand dollar winning or even a million. I can't remember, but he donated it to St. Jude. It was like huh. a, um, he uh, sent that, that that winning through the mail to St. Jude, like a big presented them with a big check, anonymous check. And uh, he he actually used that in his defense when he was in court, like, hey, you know, oh, but hey, I did this yes, nice thing. Exactly. Yeah, it sounds like exactly why he did it. I stole twenty four million, but you know, I uh, I'm Robin Hood, and uh, I also gave a million to St. Jude. Uh, of course, McDonald's didn't ask for that back, but like, um, they asked the other people um, to basically pay back like what they stole. And so, like, this guy did 15 years in prison, and he's been released recently, and that's, like, why the story got uh, out now, like, people are talking about it. But uh, other people, they either spent time in jail or they were forced to pay their winnings back. And Kevin Smith was talking about it, and he was saying that they only have to pay back $50 a month. Oh, that's a, that's a gravy deal. Right. I mean, 50 bucks a month? That's, like, that's $600 a year. Like, yeah, that's not that's not bad at all. So, 
Tampa I, for life at this point, probably with as much as they owe, right? Right. I, it's I don't know. This this story's crazy. This guy rigged this monopoly deal, stole twenty four million dollars, and you know, I think it's great. I think Ben Affleck is great behind the camera. I think uh, you know Matt Damon. He was great in the Informant, which is kind of like a similar type of movie. Steven Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh directed. And uh, we got the the writers, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, um, the Deadpool writers. They did Zombieland. It'll be interesting to see, like, what they do here with this movie. I think there's going to be – I think it'll be humorous, but also – I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I'm looking I think it's going to be really good. I do, too. I think it'll be really good as well. Crazy that, like, within the past, like, two, three years, we're getting two McDonald's movies. Um <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, very, very different though, right? Like, sure. No, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. like, it is a McDonald's movie though, Jake. I mean, it, yeah. th- this contest was run by McDonald's and we had the founder with Michael Keaton and this is yet another McDonald's movie. Yeah, it is wild. <laughs> so I, and there's probably more yet to come, right? There's, I'm sure there's more fucking McDonald's scandals out there. Like, make a movie about the lady that sued about the hot coffee getting spilled on her. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she won, though. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why they started Sorry. putting, like, the warnings on the coffee. That's crazy. <laughs> I once Called the movie Caution Hot Coffee. I'm oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I once went dumpster diving trying to win the Monopoly at McDonald's, and um, I realized it's probably impossible to win that. I think they don't put them... Like, they don't put all the pieces in the same city, I would almost 100% guarantee. Well, it's not that. It's that there's common pieces, and then there's the one piece. Like, there's always, like, there's a million of the two pieces, but then there's only the winner pieces, a few of them, you know? It, they, they can't do it now, though, right? Because you could easily get on, like, Reddit and be like, I have this, this, and this. Uh, you know, what do you have? And then we'll just split the winning. Yeah, but they only make like if if it's a million yeah. dollar piece, they only make one. Oh, that yeah, that's what sense. that's what I'm trying to say is Brian's saying the same thing. Like you could still do it today. In fact, they do they do still do it today. Like they've done Monopoly like just last year. It's just that there's that one winning game piece. Like if you find the boardwalk, just go buy three fries until you get the park place because you've won. You know. Yeah, that's true. This guy happened to be like head of security for McDonald's or something like that, and he was actually just stealing the pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then giving them to the people, and like it's easy to complete a board when you, you know, all you have to do is fucking buy hash browns every goddamn morning, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You're gonna, you know, like I, uh, I used to work at fucking McDonald's, and it was one of those things where like. I know that there was employees stealing these things, you know, and uh, I knew people that had like one of like the the bicycles and shit just because they were stealing like hash brown um, wrappers, hash brown wrappers. Yeah, like I, I knew people that were winning the Schwinn bike or whatever the fuck because they were stealing hash brown wrappers. So <laughs> that's hilarious. And you, if you were getting enough of those, you very quickly realized the actual pieces that you needed to win each prize. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like I, I remember when the contest was first coming out, like we went, on, we, me and my family were on vacation, and like back then we were kind of like ignorant, and we were just like, oh, we're gonna go from state to state, it'll be, we'll have higher chances of winning, because we're gonna be all over, and so we'd stop at McDonald's like in every like you know city and town that we were in on our way driving to our vacation destination, and then on our way back we'd do the same thing, 
And it doesn't matter. It's just it's just they only make a certain limited amount of pieces. So for those exactly for those winning pieces. So yeah, because they had like the oh win five thousand dollars you know a month for the rest of your life kind of thing. You know, it's like shit. Uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna talk about this too much, but uh, Fargo season four, we got Chris Rock joining the cast. Yeah, I'm yeah, that's awesome. For that. Did you guys watch Fargo? You watch Fargo, Aaron? Yeah, I did a podcast with uh, Spoiler Steve. That's what I thought. I thought, I thought you were on that one, but uh, yeah, this... yeah, we did tied to Fargo. So we're we're all excited about that because I love Chris Rock and I love Fargo. So I mean, and this one's supposed to take place like way early, like the twenties or thirties or something, right? Mm, let's jump ahead twenty more years. Nineteen fifty. 1950, okay. My bad, my blunt. uh, No, the earliest one was the 70s. And so, like, now we're even going earlier before that in the continuity of uh, this show. It's in 1950, at the end of two great American migrations, that of Southern Europeans from countries like Italy who came to the U.S. at the turn of the last century and settled in northern cities like New York, Chicago, and African Americans who left the South in great numbers to escape Jim Crow and moved to those same cities. You saw a collision of outsiders all fighting for a piece of the American dream. In Kansas City, Missouri, two criminal syndicates have struck an uneasy peace per FX's description. One Italian one African-American. Together, they control an alternate economy, that of exploitation, graft, and drugs. This, too, is the history of America. To cement their peace, the heads of both families have traded their eldest sons. (laughs) Rock plays the head of one family, a man who, in order to prosper, has surrendered surrendered his oldest boy to his enemy and who must, in turn, raise his son's enemy as his own. The cable channel said, um, it's an uneasy piece, but profitable. And then the head of the Kansas City Mafia goes into the hospital for routine surgery and dies. And everything changes. It's a story of immigration and assimilation and the things we do for money. And as always, a story of basically decent people who are probably in over their heads. Um, this sounds fucking insane. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And Chris Rock is going to be the head of uh, the African American family that that uh, that mob or that you know that crime boss. That's crazy. This is going. I love it. I can't wait to see this. I love Fargo. Um, uh, second season's my favorite, followed by the first season, then the third. But this sounds like uh, I'm glad to see that it's coming out um, sooner than we thought. We thought this could be years before we get uh, Fargo season four, but it sounds yeah, like, cause yeah, because Noah Hawley had said he wasn't going to do it till he had a story like yeah. to tell, and I guess he found one, which is great. Yeah. So, and this sounds really good. This sounds really good. I think uh, the, I don't know. Uh, Fargo was on uh, Hulu. I know the first season was. I don't know if the second season made. It. Uh, yeah, the, both seasons are on Hulu now. Well, yeah. or, I don't know about the third, but the yeah. first two are. Yeah, third one was okay. It was okay with the. You yeah, know, it was all right. Was I just right. think it didn't end well. Like it didn't wrap up as good as yeah. the other seasons. Yeah, it had the girl from uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane in it. Uh, my celebrity crush of all crushes, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ramona Flowers. Wow, we are learning a lot about you, Aaron. She, I, I, uh, I had a huge crush on her ever since Final Destination Three of all things. I don't yeah. know. 
She was in one of the worst Final Destination movies, which are all not great. <laughs> oh, they're fun. They have a hook, though. You know, I mean, the first one. I remember going home after seeing it and being afraid to sleep in sure. my bunk bed. <laughs> those movies have like uh, those movies have those movies are made for three D. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Those movies are fun. I really like the second one the best. Yeah, the second one is like it's weird because I, I say I would say the first one is better, but the second is more fun in a lot of ways. Like they went and they played with the ideas there. I think a lot more. They're more playful. Yeah, that traffic like interstate stuff at the beginning is fucking crazy. Yeah. Wow, you guys. It was like wild ass. Yeah, they they always they always try to escalate that first you know. Um, the, the first premonition or whatever. Yes. And that, I think, is the best of them. You're, yeah, for sure. You, your guys' memory retention of uh, Final Destination movies is just blowing me away. <laughs> like, I haven't, <laughs> oh, seen man. These, I haven't seen these movies in over a decade. Yeah, I can't <laughs> drive behind the vehicle with the logs thanks to Final oh, Destination Oh, I always think about it, too, man. That's the one thing I think about. Like, whenever I see, like, I've run behind, like, uh, a, a, a truck that's got the logs or big steel beams or something like that. I'm like, fuck this Final Destination bullshit. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-uh. And two, two has the uh, laser eye surgery kill as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is the LASIK, which is wild. <laughs> is two the tanning booth one as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, that might be three. I think that's three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. You guys are you guys. Three, Yeah, three's the roller coaster one too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got the kid I mean, it has one of my favorite deaths and it has the, the jock kid, the football player, and he keeps screaming, All I do is win, baby and then the fucking weight smashes head and it explodes. <laughs> oh man, I always call those movies like the Roadrunner Wiley e. Coyote of horror movies. Like it's just whatever ingenious way they can think of to get someone yeah. killed. Yeah, it's the mousetrap of movies, uh, mousetrap yes. of horror. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Patrick Stewart is returning to the role of Captain Picard in a new series that's going to premiere on CBS All Access. This news came from THR, uh, as has been rumored for months. The actor has officially signed on to star in new Star Trek series for CBS All Access, in which he will reprise his role as Jean-Luc Picard. The new series will not be a reboot of The Next Generation, but what instead is being described as an exploration of the next chapter of Picard's life. Additional details about the new series, including its title, episode count, or premiere date, are being kept under wraps. The creative team for the newest Star Trek series includes Alex Kurtzman, who serves as showrunner on CBS All Access Discovery, and whose recent overall deal with CBS Television Studios, including marching orders to expand the beloved and global franchise. Uh, guys, so... Uh, Captain Picard, like, at this, I mean, seriously, think about this. Uh, he's older now. I don't think that we're gonna start this series with Captain Picard being the captain of any ship that he's on. I think that he's gonna be thrust into that role. I think, like, he's gonna be just, like, a passenger on whatever said ship. And, uh, you know, like, he's, he's in his retirement years. He's enjoying life or whatever. And then I think they're going to be on a voyage. Something's probably going to happen to the captain of the ship. Maybe death, whatever. I don't know. Maybe they're incapacitated or something. And then they're going to, you know, they're going to call upon Captain Jean-Luc Picard to take over whatever ship that he's on at that time. I, 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 I don't, I just don't see like him being like 80 fucking years old 
when this series yeah. starts and then him being still being the captain i think he's just going to be a passenger on the ship and it's going to it's going to come down to they're going to need his leadership something's going to happen on this voyage yeah. I, I would ho- I would hope they show up to get him too because there's such great stuff with that right like we want to see like the vineyard again and see what's going on with that stuff and everything and like th- that's in like in my fan fiction that's how we start like he's completely retired and making mm-hmm. his wine and we have to go get him for whatever reason yeah 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 I I'm like just wondering too. if we're gonna get Jordy LaForge you know what I'm saying no I don't think it's gonna be right away like a like a, at least I hope not. You think like, there's going to be like a I'm too old for this shit rigs type of situation going on where he's like, I really don't want to do this. But then he has to because, like, say we get something where he gets dragged back into being a captain. Yeah, like I don't saying, even know but, if he'll be a captain again, but I don't think we're going to get all the smattering of guest stars at least right away. Yeah, that's true. So, I'm excited. I, I would hope not. I'm super excited. I, I, I Tupperware this news. This is finally something for Star Trek fans to be excited about with these announcements of future projects, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him like return to the role. You know, I can't wait. This is this is great. So, I mean, I think this is what kind of like CBS All Access needs is they need this. I think this is kind of big for them. I think this is going to get people to subscribe to the service. I think it's big enough I, to get people to subscribe. I really do. I agree. I agree. And it's finally like, I mean, I'm as a fan of like the TV show side of things from the early days, you know, the, the classic, the next gen, the deep space nine, the Voyager, like ever since Voyager, we've really had no continuation of those storylines. And this is finally the first thing that's going to be, you know, post Voyager, post nemesis. Mm-hmm. I'm really not just excited to see Picard, but excited to see the landscape of a Star Trek universe post those shows. Yeah. I think I think it'll come down. I, I, it'll be cool to see like a new crew and everything. But then like all of a sudden, like they need kind of they need some old school. They need you know what I mean. Like they need the help of uh, of Picard. I, I oh man, I, I I'm looking forward to this because like I can't see he's not he's not going to be the captain. I don't think he's going to be the captain starting off. That's ridiculous to think that he would be. Yeah, I agree. But it definitely does seem with the way the thing is being announced that he's definitely the star of the show. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's they definitely want to put him in the, at the excuse me, the helm of the Enterprise for this show. That's what's going to get people to subscribe. He's this is not just like a he's going to be like a um supporting character. This I think he's going to be the focal point of the whole show. I just think it's going to take us some time uh, when the show starts off before he's actually taken over the, over a leadership role, um, in this series. No, I agree with that. And you want character growth like that. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if they just called this thing Star Trek Picard, right? Uh, it'd be great if it was just called Picard. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route because it does very much seem like he is the, uh, the focal point. Yeah, you got to call it Star Trek. I, I get that, but if you call it, just call it Star Trek Picard, Jake, I'm right there with you. I get it. You gotta you gotta throw Star Trek into the into the title. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is great news, and hopefully they don't fumble this ball. Hopefully they get yeah. good people involved. I don't know, you know, if they, if Ron Moore is still helping Star Trek out, but man, this feels like a good time to get him back in the it seems, in the business. Yeah, it just seems like Alex Kurtzman's kind of like taking over this whole universe. Like, I mean, and it, it doesn't, it's not going to stop here either. Like, this is like only the second series. There's still, there's still 
workshopping other Star Trek shows to to bring onto this CBS All Access streaming service. Like this is just the second installment of what they're planning on doing. I think that they've actually got some more things that they're working on. Like that's cool. So we'll see. Um, I I think we're gonna I, I Tupperware the news as well. Aaron, are you looking forward to this? Um, I was never really a Star Trek fan, so I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a, a win for fans of you know the show because mm-hmm. I think they've you know they've been waiting for something like this for a while, so that's awesome. Um, I really liked Voyager. That's really the only one I ever watched because I watched it in my science class in eighth grade. So um, you know, I, I I really enjoyed that one, but I think I'll um, I'll definitely check it out. I think it should cross over with the new Alfrey boot. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they can they can find it. Picard and Alf can be making wine together. They can go to Planet McMahon. Oh my god, we can we can get our sideways sequel with uh, Picard and fucking Alf, right? <laughs> Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti shows up with uh, what's his name? What's what's the other guy's name? He was Sandman. Um, uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. I always get him. Thomas Hayden Church, and then uh, the uh, Christian, the fucking what's his name from Star Wars. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen and Thomas Hayden Church. I always get those two names confused. Oh, that's right. I could see why that would be. It happens. Yeah. Like, uh, was it Dermot, Dermot Mulroney and, uh, what's the other one? What Dylan McDermott. <laughs> Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same problem. That's funny. <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head that I get mixed up like that names wise. Okay. <laughs> I love that you let that one sit. I let, I let it marinate there for a little bit, didn't I? Yeah, you really did. You let that one just sit in, uh, just, in the silence. Just going to let it stew there for a moment, and now I'm going to chime in. All right. Um, we are going to take a quick break and come back with uh, Marvel News. Awesome. Hey, we are back. It is time now for Marvel News. Marvel News. All right, we got our uh, Venom trailer number three. And uh, did you guys see that someone made a uh, We Are Venom commercial like it was Farmer's Insurance? <laughs> no, but that's awesome. No. Yeah, it uh, it ends with We Are Venom. Bump it up, 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 up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I'll have to Google that as soon as we get done. It's on Twitter, so check it out. Uh, this is not the exact trailer that was shown at SDCC, San Diego Comic Con 2018, but it had a lot of what was shown in that. Um, the tagline boasts that, quote, the world has. Uh, the world has enough superheroes. Uh, first, I'm just going to get your initial thoughts on the trailer. Uh, Aaron. Um, I, God, I am unsure of how to feel about it. I hate, uh, the voice of Eddie Brock and I really dislike the effects of Venom's mouth when he starts talking. But overall, I kind of like the way Venom looks. 
And while at first I was kind of weirded out by the fact that there's no spider, it makes sense, obviously, because the symbiote did not uh, initially take over Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man. So it makes sense there wouldn't be a uh, a spider. But I'm definitely going to see the movie. I'm like kind of in the middle of the road here. I have some issues, but it's obviously not final effects. Um, but yeah. I'll, I'll get more into it when you guys start talking about it. So you're going to say taste it, middle of the road, taste it? Yeah, right now probably more of a low taste it, but there's a potential, I think, for the movie to be a, a taste it, like a nice middle of the road. Jake? Yeah, um, I'm in the middle of the road, taste it too. Um, I do not have a problem with the effects so much yet. Um, I, what has me worried is just kind of, it just doesn't look very interesting, like story-wise. It just looks like a generic Venom action movie to me so far, from what we've seen, like from the car chasey stuff to the convenience store stuff. Like, I just haven't seen anything story-wise that has really like piqued my interest. Um, but yeah, I'm. I, I've heard a lot of people making fun of the voice and the stuff like that. And none of that's really like been glaringly bad to me so far. Like, it just doesn't look like the most exciting movie yet. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to taste it. This was a better trailer than the first one for me though. I mean, I guess that was a teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the teaser trailer really didn't give us a whole lot. We didn't even see Venom in that first teaser trailer. We just saw like the symbiote veins kind of taking over Eddie Brock's neck there at the end of the trailer. Uh, I'm also going to give this one a taste it. I didn't hate it. It, it. I don't know. It it made me a lot more excited than the first two trailers, I'll be quite honest with you. Um I did not hate it. Um, it's still no Batwoman announcement, you fucking Instagram fuck. Uh, <laughs> hope you're still and, listening. And Brian, yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, you, you agreeable yes man, you. You, you. you are just, you are the Ed McMahon to my Johnny Carson, you fuck. Um, I, oh, I, every time we get that, that drives yeah, me crazy. I hate like, that man, too. You've obviously just listened for like one fucking Thank week. you. Or Thank you've you. Never had friends. Like oftentimes your friends have similar opinions to yours. Like you guys do disagree and oh, we it do. used to be very often, but you know what I mean? Like you you genuinely talk to people often who are of the same mind as you. You're not constantly well, sometimes, fighting everyone so, you know. Sometimes our disagreements are like Jake will give it a high taste it and I'll give it a Tupperware. Or, you yeah. know, like it, it, they, they don't have to be so goddamn drastic all the time that like, I don't know, whatever. I mean, we're not yeah. bullshitting people. Me and Jake, me and Jake, we typically, I would say 90% of the fucking time, I don't know your opinions about anything going into these episodes. Yeah, that, that's a hundred percent true. Like, very rarely do we like throw out opinions about what we think about not like, movies. A news definitely, or a subject matter. definitely not movies. Like, if a movie comes out, we have said nothing to each other about that movie. Like, even yeah, when we when we saw the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens together, we didn't talk about our thoughts about those movies at all. Well, Jake obviously doesn't even bring his own thoughts. He waits till you say your part, and then he agrees, obviously, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think the only time I was ever, I ever failed at that was when we saw Justice League together. I was pretty oh, transparent. Yeah. yeah, I think I, 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 <laughs> that was fun, though. That was the the, the the live commentary during that during during that viewing was pretty fantastic. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like I was like, all right, fuck it, I I, I can't hide it. <laughs> that was good. Um, in this latest trailer, we get a few answers here. We do know that Riz Ahmed, the villain, will be playing Riot. Uh, we see that in the trailer. He thinks that. Uh, uh, he's playing Carlton Drake, and we see in the trailer he thinks that humans are too weak to survive future eco-threats and that we need to be bonded with symbiotes as the next step in human evolution. Uh, we find out that there is a spaceship crash that contains the symbiotes. Uh, we saw the crash in the first trailer. Apparently the crash that we see happens in China because um, of... In this trailer, we see writing that's on the side of this ambulance. Uh, is uh, it's in Chinese in this latest trailer. So in inside of this uh, trailer, we see at least two symbiotes in canisters. So there's definitely more, but we know that we're going to get uh, venom and riot in the movie, as well as I'll talk about some others that we're going to get that 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 we know that we're going to get. Um, I don't know how many we're going to get, but I think as, as of right now, I think we, I know that we get a total of four, I think possibly five. Um, we see bonded uh, with people too. Yes. We're going to get the scream, the scream symbiote. And I'll talk about that here in a moment. I know that we're going to get scream and I think it, we are also going to get toxin, which actually doesn't even, I don't even think that happens in the lethal protector storyline with this, which this is based off of. I think toxin. No, that happens way later. That happens way later. And toxin is the, uh, one of the seeds from carnage. Like, so. Is toxin one of the, um, like he's more of an anti-hero, right? He, yes. He's like a venom type. He's a cop, I e- think. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, we see in this trailer Eddie's nighttime break-in at the Life Foundation. Where, as a reporter, he's trying to get the story of what's really going on at the Life Foundation. So there's definitely a connection with this trailer and the first trailer, um, the second trailer that we see where he meets Jenny Slate's character who works at the Life Foundation. So basically, Mm -hmm. she's going to lead him there to the Life Foundation where he's looking for answers. And this is where he's going to bond with the Venom symbiote. Uh, in the trailer, we also see Carlton Drake experimenting and a symbiote bonding with a human subject. And uh, this looks really creepy, this scene that we see. Uh, we get to see it really bond with, 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 with this guy. And uh, IMB, IMDb, uh, the Internet Movie Database, listed this symbiote as toxin, which is actually... Really? Car- car- yeah. Uh, Carnage's- I thought it was going to be Carnage. No, this yeah, is... Yeah, me too, actually. It's actually Carnage's offspring, and uh, Carnage's offspring has been an ally of Spider-Man's in the past. Basically, uh, like you said, Aaron, a police officer named Patrick Mulligan showed up where a symbiote was and then got infected by uh, with uh, toxin, and then basically uh, this guy was a very moral uh, police officer, and he fought off the influence of the symbiote and learned to control it. And then was an ally of Spider-Man. I don't know if that's going to play into the movie or not. I have no clue. But, but uh, how will, well, I guess they're not really doing the same origins. I was going to say, if we don't have a Carnage, how? We are getting a Carnage. Woody Harrelson will be playing Carnage. Oh. That, he is getting a cameo appearance in this movie. So it's uh-huh. setting up. They're trying to set up for the second film. So 
And are they ever going to cross this over with Spider-Man? Like, I if we're going to believe, yes. if we're going to believe what John Schnepp said, yes. And if we're going to also going to, there was actually uh, some talk about this at San Diego Comic Con where they said that Spider-Man could show up and that this could cross over. I right now they're testing the waters. They don't want to say one hundred percent for sure. I think they just want to kind of see like how this movie performs. They want to see how this movie performs first before they kind of like get into that. So um, we get yeah, it. It, Hardy's not going to stick around if like the whole world shits all over this and it's at fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No. And, you know, right? No, Which absolutely have, not. I think is a good chance. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I want to stay positive, but it's it's tough, man. That fucking I, I couldn't understand a word Venom said. And I just think Eddie Brock's voice is so dumb. Well, I mean, this is not the first time that we've had a problem with understanding what Tom Hardy said in the trailer. I know. They totally changed the way Bane sounded in The Dark Knight Rises. So I wish, uh, <laughs> I wish it was Bane's voice that came out of Adam's uh, <laughs> mouth. That would be amazing. I'm surprised no one's made that yet. New York City. Uh, <laughs> we get a... I, we get a... We get a scene of Eddie looking into a car window and then seeing Venom's reflection. He says, what do you want from me? Venom replies, you'll find out. So it feels like Eddie is resistant to Venom. But I think as the movie goes on, Venom is going to show him some things. And they're going to start to work together. I would like, like, honestly, like, like, I would like to see it at the end of the film, maybe. And I don't know if this is going to happen. But, like, if Venom sees some footage of Spider-Man and doesn't like what he's doing or sees, like, Spider-Man as a problem and Eddie agrees with that, that maybe, like, that'll set up for a future film. I don't know if we're going to see that. I don't know if we'll get that here. But it seems like they're going to be fighting each other early on in this movie. And I think the more that the symbiote kind of, like, reveals to Eddie the more we're going to see, like, Eddie kind of, like, work with Venom as this movie goes on. And they're going to, they're basically going to become partners by the end of this movie. Yeah, that's, you guys, you guys love talking. We're just, yes. No, it's almost, it's almost like Aaron has bonded with Jake as a symbiote. It's, (laughs) it's, it's insane. Like, you guys love talking at the same time. It definitely feels like that'll be the deal, right? They'll like, "What is this thing inside me? I got to get it out." Yeah. And then eventually, like he'll he'll come to terms with it. And I think you're right; it, it has some knowledge that'll make him kind of submit to uh, well, yeah. working with the symbiote. But he says here in the trailer, "What do you want from me?" And Venom says, "You'll find out." It feels like that Venom has some answers here, and he's going to reveal those answers to Eddie. And I think that there there will be some trust established by the end of the movie between these two. These two very different, you know, this alien symbiote and Eddie Brock, this, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a journalist. He wants the truth, right? And I think like. You don't say, he doesn't just say, I'm a journalist and I, I, uh, I show the world things that people don't want him to see. <laughs> it's not a bad impersonation. I'm not very good at it, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to learn it. <laughs> oh, you're getting there. I just hate that he has to say, I'm a journalist. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, there's, that's how all the superhero movies are, right? There, it's. I don't think that's a big deal. Like, it's just a trailer, too. Like, the light, it might not even be in the movie, right? It could just be it's, trailers. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like you don't want Lois Lane to, like, throw out that she's a Pulitzer Prize, you know. <laughs> you know, she always does. She's always been like that. She, she loves the fact that she's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, so. I, I, I mean, I'll shit on this movie with the next guy, but it seems a little nitpicky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, if you're into choking yourself while you masturbate and you have an alien symbiotic suit, oh god, that's got to be that's got to be a pretty good setup. That's right? a, you, you you've taken it to the next level, sir. <laughs> even jack off if you have a symbiote, right? Because then it's like you're never alone. Oh, dude, it's a, it's the perfect stranger. <laughs> <laughs> we are horny. <laughs> it like knows it tells you, buddy. You gotta rub one out. <laughs> yeah, get into this fucking corner. <laughs> we get uh, we get scenes of uh, of uh, these guys attacking Eddie in his apartment. We've seen some of these scenes before. These are actually thugs that uh, Carlton Drake sends to Eddie's apartment to get his, to get the symbiote back he feels like it's his property and he sends these guys and then venom basically just destroys these idiots um also in the trailer we get eddie trying to make a deal with venom and it's basically the like it's it, it reminds it's very reminiscent of like young john connor and his deal with the terminator and terminator 2 like you can hurt the bad guys just don't kill them and like we get Venom, who doesn't really give a shit about compromising with Eddie, and says, the way we see it, we can do whatever we want. And so, yeah. um, you know, I I don't know. I, 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 I didn't have a problem with that at all. Um, we, we have Eddie in the trailers talking to Venom, but in this trailer in particular, the symbiote actually forms... You know, you know we've seen him talk to the to the Venom symbiote in previous trailers, but like in this trailer, we actually see the symbiote actually form a head on his arm and talk to him directly. <laughs> so, which was pretty wild seeing that for the first time in a trailer. I don't know if they've ever even done that in a comic book. I've never seen that in a comic, a Venom comic where the symbiote forms like a, a limb where his face is like on his arm and talking directly to eddie i haven't seen it if it's been done yeah. it's cool but that was pretty bizarre it was a cool effect though yeah yeah um we get some awesome shots of eddie all bloody and mangled and then the symbiote actually heals him you, we see that in this trailer we see his legs all fucking like mangled and bloody we see his hands all fucked up and then the symbiote heals him i think this is also going to build upon that trust between eddie and the symbiote it's gonna i mean that's huge. Like basically, yeah, how could like, it not? Exactly. That's like you're playing like a fucking uh, MMO, and all of a sudden your healer shows up, and you're good to go, right? Yeah. So this he gets healed by the Venom symbiote. We get a shot of Venom here pushing himself off of the ground using the symbiote. It's kind of like uh, extra limbs on its back, pushing itself off uh, off the ground. And I thought that that was a really cool shot. Um, 
and then he picks up one of Drake's thugs by the neck and he's literally just lifting this guy off of the ground and he says eyes lungs pancreas so many snacks for one little time and then he takes his tongue and just starts licking this guy's face with his tongue like he's a fucking snack like you know like uh venom you're not yourself when you don't eat your snickers you know like he's he's ready to dig into this guy and uh he's hangry <laughs> he's very hangry man um i thought the effects on venom here looked really great and uh, i i i barely even cared that he didn't have the spider symbol on his chest and I do think that that's coming. I think that he is going to get that spider symbol on his chest. I just think that that's going to be safe for a future film. Um, we also get a shot of uh, Venom kind of just like gliding up the side of a building, kind of like running like a beast, not like Spider-Man, the way Spider-Man kind of like oh, yeah. slinks up and like moves up a building. He's basically just charging up a building like a, uh, like a beast, like an animal. And then we get, uh, we get, we see a little bit of Michelle Williams. She's going to be playing, um, Eddie's ex-wife, Ann Wang, in the film. And, uh, in the comics, Ann Wang is a lawyer. But in the trailers, it feels like she's actually working for the, for the, for Drake's Life Foundation. Well, I think she represents them because he says your boss and she says my client, I believe. Well, I think she might be the business lawyer for them. For all yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. So she's but technically still, I guess she does work for them. Yes. Yes. So she seems worried about Eddie and this change that he's going through in these trailers. Um in this one he lets her know about his new powers. He actually reveals to her about the symbiote, and in one scene he uses the symbiote to protect her from gunfire. We see like uh him uh, covering her and like taking gunshots to his back to protect her. We see a woman in China here uh, where the symbiote first crashes, and uh, she's been infected by the Scream symbiote, and she can now shoot blades out of her back, and she uses one blade to slash somebody's throat in the trailer. She's uh, this character, we don't know her name, but she's an emergency services first respondent that shows up to the alien crash. She's ta- she's overtaken by the Scream symbiote. They rush her. They actually, once she's taken over by the symbiote, they rush her off in an ambulance. And then somewhere along the way, the symbiote takes over her and then kills the ambulance driver. She gets out. She goes on a killing spree, going around killing people until finally the Life Foundation captures her somehow because we see her again in the trailer, and we also saw her, I believe, in the second trailer? Or is it the first trailer? I can't remember. But we see her in this trailer again when Eddie breaks into the Life Foundation, and he's looking for answers. He actually sees her in a room, kind of like knelt down. And so with her being the first person that was bonded with the symbiote and the Life Foundation capturing her, it's safe to say that after seeing what happened in in China... Carlton Drake sees kind of like the benefits of the symbiote and what it can do for humans and how this can be like the next step in human evolution. And this was like, this was like sets him off and thinking like, this is the way that humans are going to be able to sub survive eco threats of the future. Um, is that, um, the scream character, is that who we see with the giant arm blades? What looks like to be a church or is that venom? 
that That's is Venom. No, that is really. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not Venom. I think it's Riot. Because Venom doesn't make weapons. Isn't that normally a Carnage thing? Like he makes they, like, blades. Hold on, I'm going to get to the power sets of all of them okay, from okay. the comics. I'm going to get to all that because it is confusing. Um, let me get through this trailer description first, and then we'll jump into that. But uh, yeah, those are great questions. We get our first look at the villain villain of the film, which is Riot. And Riot can actually jump from host to host. And that was actually confirmed at San, at San Diego Comic-Con. So basically, Riot is not going to bond necessarily with one host at first. It can kind of just jump around before he shows like his final form, which is final form, I believe, will be the first time we actually see Riot in his final form will be when he bonds with Riz Ahmed's character, Carlton Drake. Uh, that's speculation, but I know that... It was confirmed at San Diego Comic-Con that Riot's going to bounce around from host to host. So we Oh, see- and I bet that's who we see doing the giant yes. blades. Yes. I'm looking him up, and he looks just like Venom, but with like more like uh, tentacles off him. The di- okay, we're going to be able to tell the difference between the different symbiotes by the color of their veins. Yeah. Okay. okay. Riot, as opposed to the comics, is going to be red in this one. Okay? In the hmm. comics, he was, Riot was blue. Um, and it is Riot in the trailer that turns his arm into like the battle axes and then clears off the office desks at the Life mm-hmm. Foundation. And then um, in the comics, though, it, it was not Riot that turned his arm into axes. It was actually the symbiote Phage. So they're doing some power swapping here in the movie. They're taking some liberties from the comics. But, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a moment. Which um, one was the hair? Oh, that's Scream. Okay, that's Scream. 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 Yeah. Uh, we get the uh, battle scene of Riot versus Venom, and Riot is literally ripping the symbiote off of Eddie in this scene when we first see it. And as they fight, you can see they both um, have their faces exposed at one moment. So you can see Riz Ahmed and uh, Tom Hardy. And um, the thing we don't know is if Riot actually takes over Drake willingly by this point in the film or if Drake is forced to take on Riot. I find it more interesting if Drake wants to bond with symbiotes and humans to bond with symbiotes, but like he has like a change of heart at the end of the movie, like this is fucked up. And then Riot's just like, fuck you and takes over him. I think that that would be kind of cool. Or maybe, yeah, I like that. It makes it really scary. Yes. It does it that way. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe like, uh, He's like one of those things where it's like he'll do he'll do experiments on other people, but he will never let himself be the one in the experiment. And then the experiment gets him. You know, he ends up being the final one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just want to see him being taken over unwillingly, and then have to deal with the consequences of uh, everything that he's fucking you know put forth in motion here at the Life Foundation. We get there's five symbiotes from the Lethal Protector storyline. Uh, that this movie was inspired by. They all had their own power sets. Agony absorbs chemicals into herself and even absorbs Spider-Man's webbing, basically making his webbing ineffective. She can also spit acid. I don't know if Agony's showing up in the movie. All five of them could. We don't fucking know. Lasher was a male in the co- in the comics, and in the film, Lasher looks to be Scream. And is a female that creates the blade tendrils 
on her back mm. and sends them off flying into enemies. So they've kind of basically they've switched okay. genders. They've switched genders. La- Lasher is not a male, and also Lasher is not Lasher. Lasher is Scream. Okay, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it too. I have no problems with that. Uh, Scream in the comics can create a sonic knife, and she uses her hair like uh, uh, tendrils to kill people. Um, Phage is the symbiote we talked about earlier that can turn a symbiote into blades and axes, and it looks like right and, and right in the comics turns his uh, uh, symbiote into maces and hammers. So they're just they're changing things here. Uh, powers are getting switched up, and in some cases, like Lasher, uh, even getting a new gender, like I said. And also, we don't know if we're getting all the symbiotes in the film. They've changed some things here. I have no problem with that. This is. The, the, this is what movies are for, to change things up a little bit, to take elements from the comics and then put them into the movie and change them up a little bit. I have no problem with that. Yeah, um, this shit's hardly, hardly the Bible. Like exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we also – I found out that we're also going to be able to tell the difference between the different symbiotes by the color of the veins on the symbiotes. Well, well it kn- seems like Venom's veins are white, which is a nice homage to yes. the, the spider that comes later, obviously. Uh, riots are going to be red, and that's really all I know at this time. I don't know about Scream I, I, because we've only seen Scream in her human form and using, like, the blade tendrils on her back to, like, shoot out, like, fucking, like, you know, hedgehog spikes and shit. So riots, uh, let's see here. Riot's veins being red and not blue have some people speculating that Riot could actually turn into carnage. Mm, maybe it'll jump off of uh, Reza Med when he loses or whatever, and then you'll see it hit uh, Woody Harrelson in like a post-credits or an end, yeah. like final scene stinger. Part of me was thinking it would be kind of cool if we found out, like you know, like like in the comics, you've got the symbiote seeds that like each symbiote has like a certain amount of seeds where they can have offspring and shit like that. I think it would be cool if we found out like Riz Ahmed's character Carlton Drake was doing experiments with these seeds and had extracted seeds from all of them, all the seeds combined, and that's what creates fucking carnage. Mm. Oh man, that's that's some classy classic movie lo- logic. That's good stuff there. I like that's it. A, exactly. And I'm thinking like you know, by the end of the movie, we get our fucking you know uh, Woody Harrelson cameo, and he's the one. I don't know, like he 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 shows up somehow, and he's he's the one that's infected by all the symbiotes that have formed together. And so Venom's got his work cut out for him in the next film where he has to take on a symbiote that has, like, all the abilities of the previous symbiotes. I don't know. It just seems like movie logic to me. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it better than Riot becoming Carnage, which I'm I'm actually not very much a fan of, that idea. I find that to be a yeah. little silly. I don't, know, I don't like it either. I don't like it either. I really don't. I think, like, you got to find something else creative. Well, I would – the way I would do it, you know, if, if I were directing this, I would have a scene where Reza Med is just walking through all of the cages or, you know, the prison cells of people and we just see Cletus Cassidy there. I think that's his name, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he just mentions like, ooh, we ain't ready to use him yet or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would be dope as fuck as if like we've seen the symbiote heal Eddie Brock if by the end of that battle with Venom, the symbiote just fucking, he's thrashed. Fucking Riz Ahmed's character, Carlton Drake, is just fucked up. 
And the symbiote just says, fuck you. I am not healing you, you son of a bitch. And just bonds with Cletus Cassidy at that point and lets Riz Ahmed die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that's really dark, but I like it. Yeah. And, like, you know, it just... It's it's the host choosing the the better it's it's the symbiote choosing the better host that that it feels like is going to carry him that that much farther. It, it feels that Carlton Drake is weak, and so I'm just going to let the weak host die, and I'm going to bond with a stronger host, which is going to be the Cletus Cassidy, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson character, which would you know lead us into the sequel if it ever does get made. So. Or to go with what you were saying before, maybe all of the other symbiotes find, you know, they get beat by Venom and then they, they, you know, jump off and all land on Cletus to make the, the, the carnage like the way you were saying it. Yeah. It's all of them together. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, multiplicity symbiote or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how they're going to work the science in here. But yeah, that was the Venom trailer. I'm going to give it a taste. That I, I really, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. So um, yeah, I'm right there with you. And I was kind of, I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't very wowed by any of the previous stuff. So I yeah. kind of thought this was going to be a giant turd when they yeah. showed us a longer trailer. Yeah. So yeah, it was nice to see that it. It looks like there's some potential here for. A decent watchable movie. Yeah. Yeah, even though I gave it a low taste, I was definitely pleasantly surprised. I just, the effects when he opens his face and you see Tom Hardy, I'm hoping they clean that up and I'm hoping they just fix the uh, mouth when he's talking because it doesn't make any sense. Like it, it's tough though. I mean, his mouth is just like a thousand teeth. So it's like, how do you make that look like someone speaking language? I guess you could have him talking like, we have venom. You know, I guess you could have him like with a, I guess you could have it sound like somebody's using like a tongue depressor on his mouth or some shit, but I don't know. Just purse, purse your lips a little bit more, guy. <laughs> anyway, we're, uh, we guys, we know we're getting, that's, that's Venom. Uh, let's move on. We're getting a Morbius film with Jared Leto as the character, and now we're hearing that they're making a Craven film. We've heard about this in the past. Um, I'm hoping that they cast Raven Simone and they call the movie That's So Craven. <laughs> That's so craven, yeah. Wouldn't you like uh, that? That's too? the only way to make it interesting. So uh, this has been an idea that's actually been kicked around for about uh, three years or more. Uh, we've got more details about the project, but I first wanted to talk about the history leading up to this film. Three years ago, Heroic Hollywood heard a rumor about Craven becoming its own film leading up to a Sinister Six film. Apparently, their sources within Sony alerted them that Karen Moy, the vice president of creative affairs over at Sony. Um, Ms. Moy has the, uh, has, uh, has run the story department at Sony for almost 20 years. Uh, purchased, she purchased a copy of Craven's Last Hunt trade paperback on Amazon. And, uh, this, basically this is all stuff that like, we found out about this through like the Sony leak that happened a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So people were thinking that Craven could be the villain for the first Spider-Man film the spider-man homecoming so like that wasn't the case anyway you know we found out that karen moore uh karen moy had uh bought many paperback trades for amy pascal through this sony lake and of course uh that was all rumor from heroic hollywood but it looks like something is finally happening with this we learned this week from collider that they have found a writer 
for a Craven film, and um, this is uh, uh, we found out that uh, Richard Wank, the screenwriter for The Equalizer Two, is being brought uh, being brought on to write a Craven the Hunter movie for Sony Pictures. Multiple sources told Collider. So he's written many other films. He wrote The Mechanic, 16 Blocks, The Expendables 2, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, and uh, Antoine Fuqua's remake of The Magnificent Seven. So um, originally I heard that there was going to be a standalone Craven and Mysterio film, but now that we know Mysterio is going to be the villain for Spider-Man Far From Home, we know that's not true. But Jake, it looks like... I don't know. It looks like they're just doing individual movies leading up to a Sinister Six Spider-Man film or something. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. You know, when you say that, I do like that idea. Like, that sounds nice on paper. But, man, I Craven more than most of these villains for me, just seems really hard to do without Spider-Man at first, without Spider-Man being that legendary hunt character that Craven has to, you know... Put on his mantle. Like it just, this one just seems really hard to do. Okay. Minus Spider-Man with me. It's, I love the character. I've, I've always wanted to see them like try to adapt this character in a Spider-Man movie. This one feels really weird to me to do without. And I I just can't see how, how it would be good. Like what, where's the drama? Like what is he after? Okay. Here's okay. All right. I asked the same question. I had to do some digging possible villains for him to hunt. In the first movie, Screen Rant was actually saying Puma or Manwolf. Okay, Manwolf is the alter ego of astronaut John Jameson, the son of J. Joman Jameson. Jameson was turned into a werewolf after coming into contact with an other dimensional gem. However, Craven also created his own version of Manwolf using a similar gem to create a new enemy to hunt. That would be a more practical way of introducing Manwolf that wouldn't involve sending a character into outer space. Manwolf also has deep ties to Morbius, the living vampire, allowing for potential universe crossover within the Morbius movie. Uh, Puma, meanwhile, is a Native American martial artist and mercenary who can transform into a werecat. The character has been at odds with Spider-Man on numerous occasions, but is an also an occasional ally. As a mercenary, Puma has offered his services to Silver Sable and has some romantic history with Black Cat. These connections could open the door for Puma to appear in Silver and Black as a love interest for Black Cat, a member of Silver Sable's Wild Pack, or both. So... That's what Screen Rant was talking about as far as, like, who would be Craven's first hunt in this movie as opposed to, you know, Spider-Man in a Spider-Man film. Um, and I, I'm hunting for a reason to watch either of these movies, honestly. I wow. Both of them. Yeah, and Puma, that doesn't excite me much at all. I mean, maybe the movies could make more of them than the comics, but, like, Puma was the character that never got to be in Amazing Spider-Man. Like, it was always in Web of Spider-Man or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, not the main flagship title. Yeah, and not that that's bad. There's a lot of, you know, hidden gems in that area, but, jeez, that doesn't... Yeah, if you're not going to do Spider-Man, you got to do something huge, right? you got to make up for the lack of Spider-Man. Like, I don't know, I just... 
Craven doesn't seem all that interesting to me without the Spider-Man element either. Like, this is just so weird to me. Like, I I, dude, I, I don't, don't know how this is going to work at all. I, I, I'm with Aaron. I, I toss this too. I don't, I, I'm, let me join in. I don't know how this is going to work. And I'm not, I'm not, dude, I'm not fucking, uh, happy that they got Richard Wank involved in this. Like, he was not good in, like, The Equalizer 2 was not, like, the Equalizer movie to watch. I gave it a taste it. It was okay. And, um, I don't know. I, it's, it's weird. It, okay. We knew that fucking Sony wanted to do a Sinister Six film. We knew that. They're not letting go. We knew that when Andrew Garfield was involved. Yeah, they, they definitely teased it in, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, I think, one? No, it was two, right? It was Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hold on, let me explain the story here. At the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, when the song starts playing at the end credits, I forget what female artist it was, if you turned on your Shazam app, it had this, uh, what it would happen was Shazam would give you, uh, a tease for what they had in store for the future. And there was six different images that they gave you. One looked like a glass bubble, one looked like, uh, I think like a scorpion tail. Like, I had the screenshot on my phone, cause like when I went and saw it the second time, I, uh, I played, I, I, I did my Shazam app, and then all of a sudden, like, it showed like these black and white pictures, six different pictures, and it was pictures that were basically kind of like teasing you and depicting the Sinister Six, and that's what they were leading up to. Like, you know, we had the lizard in the first one, uh, second one we had Goblin. I mean, that's they were leading up to a Sinister Six film. And um th- they haven't been able to let that go. They haven't been able to fucking let that go. That's what they're doing here. They're getting uh we're getting a Venom movie. We're get, they're wanting to get a Jared Leto fucking uh Morbius movie, Craven movie. They're wanting to put all these individual movies. They're wanting to do their what what the MCU did, but they're wanting to do it with villains. The MCU gave us individual Captain America movie, an individual Captain uh, Thor movie, uh Iron Man movie, a Hulk movie, and then everything led up to an Avengers film. That's what they're trying to do here. They think that they can do it with villains. And then have it all lead up to a fucking Spider-Man movie. They're trying to copy what the MCU did. The problem is, is that I don't know how these characters work without them first interacting Peter with with Peter Parker. Yeah, especially yeah. Craven. Especially Craven. I think a Morbius movie could actually work. I really do. I think more out, out of all these, the Morbius could actually work the best. To be quite honest with you, if I had to pick the lesser of you know, three evils here. Well, it's like what they're doing with the Joker and kind of like uh, the Suicide Squad movie where it's like all these different, you know, Batman villains or whatever without Batman. I mean, they had their little tease of obviously a flashback, but it's like you don't care about them. Morbius is one thing because you can make it into something else. It could be sort of a horror movie or whatever. But yeah, Craven the Hunter, you you definitely need Spider-Man for that. I mean, I would even contest you need Spider-Man for Venom because it's, you know, he's sort of a big part I of it. I think but. you need a little bit of exposition for Craven the Hunter to show why he's hunting Spider-Man. You need a little bit, but you don't need a whole fucking movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, you that stuff could easily be covered in a Spider-Man movie. 
with yes. Craven as a villain. Well, they, yeah. well, they did it for Spider-Man Homecoming. We got fucking like eight years. We got, uh, how, uh, we got the, the Vulture's origin story right there where it was like eight years before the, it was like, um, uh, the Battle of New York. You know, like the, they were dealing with, uh, the cleanup of the Battle of New York and the technology and all that shit. Right? Yeah, you're right about yeah. that. How quickly they gave us that origin story right there at the beginning of Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming. They could do the same thing for Craven the Hunter. I just think that Amy Pascal and the people at Sony just see like, oh, we've got Kevin Feige doing our Spider-Man stuff. We've got all these Spider-Man characters. They just see dollar signs because they have, they have access to all these comic book characters. And I know, like, and if people are talking about silver and black, like, oh, that movie's not happening. No, they just pushed it. They just pushed it back, guys. Like, it's not like that movie's not happening. They're still, they're definitely, definitely still talking about that movie and still working on it. So, I don't know. Who plays Craven? Who plays Craven? Who would you cast? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's my guy. I've always said Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's hard to argue anything other than that, hearing that. I mean, based on looks alone, I would go Adrian Brody as well if he built up. Oh, fuck Adrian Brody. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're gonna have the penis. I'm a big playing. Adrian Brody fan. I wanted him for my Joker. Oh, come on. yeah, as a Joker, but you don't want him as Craven. Jesus yeah. Christ, fucking stick man. <laughs> hey, come on, man. He was in Predators. He got to do the. Come on, do it. Kill me. Yeah, he was a pusshole in that. I mean, it I don't. Was, it was so bad when they made him do that. I was like, why? Oh my god. Yeah, him of all people doing that he's part. Like, he's like, come on, do it. See, you, we, basically, what you did was you just cast Kate Moss as Wonder Woman. Jesus Christ, Aaron. Ridiculous. Also a viable option. <laughs> That's terrible. Some fucking anorexic as Wonder Woman. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I was just thinking of his face. Like, if he, because he's got, like, you know, that full head of hair that you need. I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's obviously the winner. Um, but just thinking off the top of my head, and the other. Hollywood is just, Hollywood is just, uh, and have, we're having a hard time finding people in Hollywood that don't have receding hairlines. So, <laughs> yeah. Let's cast Josh Brolin again. Oh, or Nick God. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> and fill his hair in. Oh, man. I would like that. Yeah, Nick Cage is Craven. I would do it all day. <laughs> when you say Nick Cage is Craven, now I'm all in. On I love it. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of love Nick Cage's Craven. <laughs> you want to get crazy? <laughs> you want to get Craven? Oh, you want to get Craven? <laughs> oh man, I don't oh, know. Shit. Jason Momoa, if he could act, looks like Craven. Actually, yes. Yeah. Because he even has, like, the, the scarred eyebrows, like, naturally, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, sure. if only he could act. Yeah, exactly. Ah, oh. man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <My> Spider-Man. <laughs> my hunt. I'm right. craving a beer right now. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip some stories here. I'm going to skip that one. Jake, we, we reviewed Avengers Infinity War. Uh, and this next story was something that you were concerned about. So this is going to be spoilers for Avengers Infinity War. Uh, we got Red Skull in, uh, the film as basically like the, the gatekeeper, the caretaker of the soul stone. So when we talked about this, you were not wanting that to just be like a, like a cameo appearance, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I felt like if this was, 
the last time we ever saw the Red Skull, that the whole thing kind of felt just a little bit cheap and kind of just fixing continuity. So a fan asked uh, the Russos during a voodoo live viewing party of Infinity War, which they held sometime last week. Uh, they said, now that the Soul Stone has been taken, is Red Skull free to leave Vormir? And Jake, we actually talked about this on our episode, and I, 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 I didn't know, but I speculated that, like, I said, like, he should be free now, that Gamora would be the sole stone caretaker going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, that they had kind of, like, swapped positions at that point. Yes. Anyway, the Russos answered the question with, quote, Red Skull is free to leave Vormir, and he is also free to pursue his desire for an infinity stone. Okay, first off, hold on. Let me say this. This does not confirm that he's going to appear again in any film. But it could. So it also raises a shit fuck ton of questions. So does this mean that the Red Skull could join up and help the Avengers in their plan to stop Thanos? Uh, uh, will he play a part in sending a message from the heroes that are trapped in the Soul Stone to the other Avengers a decade later, or will he get his hands on a Soul st- on the Soul Stone or any stone by the end of the film? So wait, there they confirmed it's a full ten year time jump. Hold, I will get to that. Okay, let me get to that. Gwyneth Paltrow in an interview. Uh, with a, uh, uh, it was kind of like a, an Avengers, it's not an official magazine, but they called it like the Avengers Infinity War magazine. It's not really official from Marvel. But she said, um, she was quoted as saying that, uh, 10 years, um, in 10, basically that, uh, 10 years have passed by the time we get to Avengers 4 and Tony and Pepper have a child. And um, we also know that they've cast a older actor, an older actress to play Scott Lang's daughter, a teenager to play Scott yeah. Lang's daughter in Avengers Four. So that shows. I mean, basically, but you take those two, you take that quote, and then you take the the fact that they've cast an older actor to play Scott Lang's daughter in Avengers Four. There's a time jump. There's definitely a time jump happening here. Yeah, I've always been a little bit slightly confused by the Gwyneth Paltrow quote from the um, unofficial Infinity War magazine, though. Like, I've always thought she meant, like, in context of the whole thing. Like, yes, there's a time jump, but the 10 years also is from Iron Man 1. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No, she's saying, basically, she's saying, like... uh I think she's saying time has passed since the last. God damn it! I wish I had the quote in front of me. It's, well, how old is Lang's daughter in Ant Man and Ant Man and Lost? Six or seven. Six or seven. She's six. Okay. Yeah. They. 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 What they did is they cast like a sixteen or seventeen year old to play her daughter in Avengers Four. So I mean, it all kind of lines up that ten years have passed. If you look at the pictures of. Robert Downey Jr. with the leaked photos that came out, he's got gray hair on the sides. He he looks older. Like he's not grayed in the Avengers films that we've seen. Like they've got a really good dye job on his fucking hair. But like in this, like he's grayed. 
he looks older in the scenes that have been leaked, like the the photos that have been leaked, which show like the Battle of New York scenes all done again. So mm. it's it's just so wonky too, because you know there's going to be time travel involved in the movie oh, yeah. in, in general as is. So then it's like. It almost makes it a moot point, like where the actual like current continuity picks up, because you kind of imagine by the end of it all, we're going to get placed back into a you know a line that picks up where Avengers three was. We're not going to like end at the ten year jump ahead if we have a ten year jump ahead, you know. We're at least that's what I would assume. What we yeah, I think we go back, right? We have to. Yeah, exactly. Say say that again. I missed that. I was trying to. Like was, we're not going to stay. We're after. not going to. Like I agree that if we have the ten year jump, that's not where we're going to be at the end of the movie. No, we talked about this before. Yeah. I one hundred percent believe that we're going to go back in time. Like things are going to get reset. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, I think that's a kind of a done deal. I'm saying like. I think when we start this movie, we're going to be starting this movie. Avengers four will start with a, with a world that is 10 years removed from the snap, 10 years removed from the snap, Thanos snap. And it's been 10 years. And these people have like dealt with like 50% of humanity gone, 50% of animals gone, 50% of like vegetation gone. Like that was confirmed by the Russos, like vegetation and animals and humankind, 50% of it's gone now. So, you know what's yeah. stupid about that, though? Like, way to go, Thanos. You literally made it exactly the same. Because <laughs> the same amount of resources is missing as people, then it's still overpopulated. I think it's. I, uh, I think that's dumb on the Russo's part, not Thanos. Yeah. I think it's dumb no, on no, the No, no, I know. I'm just part. saying, like, in general, like, if you did that, then you're like, oh, cool, so everything's exactly the same, only now there's just some dead people. A lot of the stuff that's come out with the Russos saying stuff about Infinity War, like them elaborating on a lot of stuff, like, I don't agree with. I don't, I like, when yeah, they, he didn't save anything. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. um, I also wanted to point this out that, uh, uh, the Russos talked about, uh, Tony's dream in Infinity War. At the beginning of the movie, Tony talks about, like, how, how he had a dream that him and Pepper had a daughter and her name was Morgan. And the Russo said it was a dream, but dreams are mysterious. Um, and there's a scene, the scene in Infinity War where Tony is flying in the Q ship and he's talking to Pepper and the signal is lost. The speculation here is that when she's talking to Tony, the thing that she's trying to reveal to him is that she's pregnant. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, that's I was saying that on our our podcast. Oh, no, I thought she was leaving him. Yeah, you thought she yeah, was leaving him. Yeah, it felt like him. there was something weird going on there with that like hang-up call. Yeah. So basically, that's another thing that leads me to believe that like 10 years have passed and like by the time we get to the next movie, we're going to be dealing with Tony Stark who's going to be he he has a 10-year-old daughter at this time, 9 or 10-year-old daughter. Yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to um, disagree with you about the quote. I just always thought it was a weird quote. But I like I believe the 10 year thing, too, because like what's the point in not exploring the world with 50 percent of everything gone? Like you're only getting one movie to do this. in. so let's yeah. and, and when you jump 10 years ahead, you get the leniency of not having to deal with any continuity well, that's that, been established there, in previous movies. There's casting. Uh, there's casting that supports this, too, with the actress that's older that plays Scott Lang's daughter. That supports it. I mean, uh, the fact that uh, you can look at the pictures of Robert Downey Jr. on the set of Avengers 4. The hair is clearly more gray 
than it has. Well, that's where I was talking about where it gets wonky, where you also know time travel is going to be involved. So that could, it could also be that too, right? Like those, the casting also supports maybe people just bouncing around in time in general. Yeah, but either way, we're going to go, we're going to do a 10 year jump. I think we're looking at characters that are 10 years down the road, whether it's Ant-Man doing a time travel thing and going 10 years into the future or whatever. But I think, honestly, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to us starting the movie and it's fucking a decade later. And by the end of the movie, yeah, everything's going to get reset. Do you think we get um, the recastings for any, you know, like another cap or anybody like that? No, not when in this they, movie. When they reset? No, they're not going to. I mean, that's not in this movie. I think they're going to set up, uh, you know, Captain Marvel being our, if Cap dies, Brie, uh, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel is going to be our new kind of like leader going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no argument there. They're like, it's easy, Captain and Captain. We just replace one with the other. Mm-hmm. I do, and you know, like we only heard, follow captains. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Captain Crunch. And then they recruit Aquaman, and he goes, "My man, no, my captain." Yeah, <laughs> it'll be Cap- <laughs> Captain Marvel will die, and we'll get Captain Crunch. It'll be a <laughs> serious Captain Planet. That's what I'm waiting. For. Oh God, Captain Ahab. Speaking of Captain Planet, the Don Chadle fucking Captain Planet videos are amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. Oh, those are the best. If you've never seen oh, the speaking di- of yeah. ten year time jump, doesn't it look like there was a ten year time jump between the last time we saw Rhodey and fucking Infinity War? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Oh my what the fuck was uh, was he was he was he president over the last few years? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you know yeah, how like they yeah. Instantly- yeah, you ever look at a president before they start their fucking first term by the time they have their last term and they just look like they've aged like 50 years? Like that's exactly what happened to Don Chadle. Jesus. Oh, yeah. He looks so he looks so young and healthy and like by the last movie that we saw him in. Oh my gosh. That's a pretty bad fall he took in Civil War. <laughs> he fell into a fucking time machine and <laughs> time traveled forward but also aged while he was time traveling. Yeah, exactly. I had to make that work. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to skip that story. All right. We're going to do this one. Uh, <laughs> well, I always love this last hour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm skipping shit. Um, yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Okay. The, the story that I skipped might be uh, Deadpool. Or it was X-Force, the X-Force movie. The villain might be Strife. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah, that is cool. Strife yeah. needs some movie time for sure. And Josh Brolin might be playing Strife. That's what they're speculating. <laughs> I, I, I believe it. Well, Strife is a clone of Cable, so that's, oh, okay. what that's what they're speculating. So Rob Liefeld basically kind of spilled the beans a little bit, but we'll see. Uh, uh, follow up here. We got a follow up on this. Donald Glover, the animated Deadpool series that was axed. We finally got our answer if it was uh, Marvel or FX that axed it. Uh, FX CEO John Landgraf was interviewed by Variety and talked about a ton of shit. He talked about like the Ryan Murphy deal with Netflix. You know, that's a big deal because American Horror Story and Pose are still on FX. But all of the, like the new Ryan Murphy shit that comes out is going to be headed to Netflix. Um, so they, they also talked about, you know, Fargo season four. Um, but then Variety asked him about the Deadpool animated show. Um, Earlier this year, it was announced that Donald and Stephen Glover, uh, their pending animated Deadpool TV series for FX had been axed and that FX, Marvel, and Donald and Stephen Glover had parted ways. 
Then Donald Glover leaked 15 pages of a fake script from the show, and he said, for the record, I wasn't too busy to work on Deadpool. So Variety asked John Landgraf, they said, is there any chance of reviving Deadpool with Donald Glover and Marvel? And he replied, no, I think that Marvel will revive it because they have the rights. They own the IP, and they have the rights to do an animated adult series based on any of the X-Men characters and based on Deadpool specifically. They didn't want to do the show that Donald and Steven Glover wrote. We would have done the show that Donald and Steven wrote, but it wasn't our decision. When Marvel decided not to do that show, we parted company with them, as did Donald and Steven. Now it's totally up to them, Marvel, whether they hire someone else to do a different show. It was uh, it was 100% Marvel that said no to this. And uh, it makes me think, like, what's Marvel doing? Are they going to go? They, if they do a Deadpool animated show, which I don't know if they're going to do it or not. They may or may not do it. But if they did it, are they just going to go after Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick, the guys that, that wrote the fucking Deadpool movies, to do that? I personally don't like that. If they want if they want their style of writing for like Deadpool, just keep that in the fucking movies. I wanted something different here, and I feel like that's what Donald and Stephen Glover were going to give us with their Deadpool animated series. So I'm kind of bummed yeah. about this. I'm really bummed. That's about one thing this. I respect about the DC like animation division. They don't. They have free leniency to not really give a fuck about what's going on in like the movie side of the things, right? It, it does seem like Marvel, like it was a, probably 50-50, like the subject matter probably was off-putting to them. Yeah. And they probably wanted the fucking shit to conform more with what they were planning for their movie character. Yeah. I mean, cause I, you see how they do with their cartoons. Like they could all, they had that sweet ass fucking Avengers cartoon. It's like insta fucking canceled. So they can have a shittier one that more conforms with what's going on in the movie world. Jake, we don't even know what the fuck they're going to do with Ryan Reynolds. We have no yeah. clue. Like, like we can get the quotes from Iger saying like, oh, yeah, it's possible that we could do something in, you know, R-rated. But we don't know. We have no clue what they're going to do with Ryan Reynolds. I would not be surprised within the next year we find out that Ryan Reynolds walks away. I would not be surprised at all. It's like it, we got a new sheriff in town after, like, once this deal closes – you know, and I'm not saying I am not saying, guys, that like I don't love like what like uh, you know Marvel Studios has done so far. I do. I love these movies, but I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Ryan Reynolds happy when they move in there. Ryan Reynolds with Fox now, there is trust built up. There is a respect that's been built up. Fox did not want to do Deadpool. The script got leaked by Tim Miller or Ryan Reynolds. One of those guys leaked that script that, that uh, excuse me, the, the footage, the yeah. footage. One of those guys leaked it. That first movie, they gave that Fox said, okay, fine. You want to do your fucking movie and see if it worked? Mr. Green Lantern, we'll give you your fucking movie. You're going to get this fucking budget. Now deal with it. Next thing you know, it blows the fuck up. It's huge. One of the, the biggest R rated opening for fucking February ever at the time. It blows up. Fox has 100% trust and respect for Ryan Reynolds. They even made a 
him a writer on the second fucking film. Now it feels like Disney comes in there. We don't know. I'm not saying Disney's going to fucking say, we're not going to give you the same respect that Fox did. But I feel like Ryan Reynolds earned that respect from Fox. And now we got Disney coming in. We don't know how they're going to treat this, Jake. We have no clue. Yeah, it's hard to imagine it's going to be treated well anymore, right? Like in an era where like guns getting fired for like the kind of stuff he did, you know, eight years ago, like really is Marvel going to like make another Deadpool movie with fucking baby dick jokes? Exactly. Hey, and what? Yeah, exactly. And what jokes are they going to cut out? And they're going to piss off Ryan Reynolds and they're going to piss off one of the best fucking castings ever. We've got Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We got Patrick Stewart as fucking Professor X. And you got Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Now you're going to fuck. And what? Adrian Brody as Craven. Fuck you. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Um, no, but man. I, Jake, I don't know. I'm scared. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I'm scared to fucking death that, that, that they're gonna scare off Ryan Reynolds from Deadpool. Yeah, it's a valid concern, man. Uh, it's just, it's so hard to imagine that Marvel's gonna make anything close to what Fox has done with the Deadpool movie anymore, mm-hmm. with what is seemingly their attitude of that kind of like joking sensibility. Yeah. Like, oh my god, can you imagine, like, okay, in the last movie, they actually they cut out a scene where Deadpool goes in the past and kills fucking baby Hitler. <laughs> That's a real fucking thing. Yeah, it wasn't going to be like an end credits thing. It or was going to be an end credit scene where Deadpool goes back in the past and kills baby Hitler. And like they cut that out. Like, dude, that wouldn't even have been like they wouldn't even have been able to talk about that with uh, Marvel. And I can see I can see Ryan Reynolds. Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, like if Marvel starts to kind of like, uh, yeah, the, why even play ball? Just be done. I think, I think, well, if Marvel starts to put the squeeze on them a little bit, I can see them pushing back even harder. Don't, don't Jake, when somebody tells you like not to do something and you don't feel like that that person's in a position to tell you what you can and cannot say, don't you feel like coming back at them a little bit harder? Oh yeah. And we've seen that time and time and like, comedy situations right. like that right when yeah. comedy writers get put to that kind of test exactly like that's, yeah. it's like, <laughs> like uh, the like, dana carvey documentary was yeah. all about that well shit even fucking like uh music artists like uh you know jim morrison and the doors showing up on ed sullivan and shit and being told like you know baby we couldn't get much higher and he's saying yeah you can't say that you gotta you gotta change those lyrics and jim jim morrison's like fuck you this is this is my song. You're not going to write my song. Yeah, the, the bite my wire lyric. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's I I you know honestly it honestly it goes back to this. I want Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick and Ryan Reynolds to be able to do their things in the movies. Um, uh, if we're looking at this at, at Donald Glover not being able to take over the Deadpool series as kind of like our. Uh, litmus test as as to how Marvel's going to handle Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, and Ryan Reynolds going forward, I'm a little worried, man. I'm a little yeah. fucking worried here. Yeah, me too. I mean, if I'm trying to, like, per, like if I'm trying to argue the other side, I mean, I guess the only thing we, we don't legit know is the why of it all. Like, maybe it did have nothing to do with the humor and the subject matter. I, highly doubtful, I agree. But mm-hmm. maybe it was just an issue of 
continuity with their movie characters. Fuck that. I'm if not I'm a fan of that. I'm not saying I'm I a know, fan of that either. I know. I know. But that's the – if I have to pick which of those I hope it was since it's what happened, that's what I hope it was, Fuck right? Fuck that though. It's like the, if I want to fucking watch the Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, Ryan Reynolds shit, I'll watch the fucking Deadpool movies. If I want to watch something completely different, which is what I wanted, I wanted to watch the Donald Glover, Stephen Glover Deadpool series. I wanted something different from Deadpool. If I want to watch Deadpool from the movies, I'll watch the fucking Deadpool movies. I wanted something different here. This is bullshit. Yeah, hopefully Marvel maybe just made a miscalculation. It was, you know, they had just gotten these properties back or were just seemingly getting ready to get them back. So maybe that also was cause for a rash bad decision, too. Ah, man, I just I I, I think this is just lead. I feel like this is just leading into some man. Once this all kind of happens, once this, they better get started on this fucking X-Force movie. They better make this fucking goddamn X-Force movie and they better they better make it fucking great. The more money these movies make, the, the, the more money will talk, uh, by the time we get to, to, to Marvel, uh, Disney actually taking over these properties. Cause I, god damn it, I, I don't want to see the last of R-rated Logan. I don't want to see the last of R-rated Wolverine. I don't want to see the last of R-rated Deadpool. I, I don't want, I don't want the, the House of Mouse to silence, you know, some of these R-rated Marvel properties. These have been, these have been great. These have been great. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying the fucking, the PG-13 fucking, uh, I'm not saying what Disney has done with Captain America, the Winter Soldier and, uh, Civil War and Avengers has been bad. It's been great. This has been a great ride. Ten years, they've given us some great movies. But I think like, audiences have come to expect a certain thing out of Deadpool now, a certain, yeah, I don't want that to change, man. And it's like it, you just got it too. Like it's it's very fresh that the whole like idea of the you know Fox R rated superhero movie yeah. even kind of manifested. Too. God damn it's it! It's like I, getting yeah. yanked away from you so quickly, right? I will tip my hat to fucking uh, Disney and the House of Mouse. I will, I will fucking, I will say, you know what? You think you didn't change a goddamn thing? You guys were compliant. You did a great goddamn job with Deadpool. And you gave us a, you gave us an R rated, you gave us another R rated Wolverine movie. Oh my God, you guys are too good to us. Like I will, I will be happy if that happens. I want to see another R rated Wolverine movie. I really do. I don't care what Wolverine does in an Avengers film. I don't. If he conforms to the the Avengers, I'm totally fine with that. But if I get another Wolverine solo movie, I don't want to take a trip back into the Singer years. Give me that fuck. Give me that fucking shit that would, give me the James Mangold R-rated Wolverine. That shit was fun. Fucking, uh. Yeah. Just blood and, you know, that's amazing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm really yeah. scared, Jake. It's interesting times. Like, it's definitely very fascinating to see what's gonna happen with everything. Aaron, what are your thoughts on all this shit? Are you still awake, man? I am awake. Uh. I did not like the script that I read of uh, Donald Glover's. It was pool. fake. It was fake. It was fake. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, okay. that whole that whole script was in response to them not green lighting him and Stevens' uh, project. Oh, okay. If you because okay. re- oh, I did not like that. No, no, no. I love Donald Glover, so I mean, I'm sure he'd be great. No, I'm that, sure he would have done something. Awesome. He, basically, there was the rumor that he did not have time to write a script. So basically, what he did was he wrote a script in basically in, in just moments, in days, 
and then, mm-hmm. and release that. Because if you look at some of the, he actually referenced like a, a, a Beyonce thing that was like just in the news at that time. And it showed, uh, okay. it showed how quickly he could come up with something. It was basically his way of saying like, Hey, uh, I have time to write a fake script. So I have plenty of time to write a real script when somebody's fucking paying me. Don't tell me that I don't have time to write a script for a Deadpool animated series. Okay, well then I, I am with you then because the only thing that was holding me back is I didn't like that, but it makes way more sense that he just fucking threw something together just to show them like, yeah, bitch, I can write. You know, if I could do this overnight, imagine what I could have done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't want them to, you know, just use the same team because that's that's lame. Like, let them make the movies, let them make the Deadpool yeah. movies, and then give us something new. Like we get. The horrible DC cinematic universe and then the awesome animated universe. Let us have awesome both. You can do another Deadpool series on Disney XD or the Disney streaming service, your family friendly bullshit. And you can do like your uh, Spider-Man show where you had like the snarky uh, Deadpool show up in that animated show. And you can do that. But you can give us something for the adults, too, for crying out loud. DC Streaming Service seems like they want to do that with the Harley Quinn animated show. They want to make it a little bit more adult. I hope that show fucking blows up. I hope it's fucking great. And I hope it shows that, I hope it shows Marvel that like what Donald and Stephen Glover were doing could have worked. Fucking, it's, it's almost like, can you imagine if Disney was in charge of uh, Rick and Morty? Sure. Oh God. Can you no? I'm think about it. Like I guys, you gotta understand. Like I'm not saying I hate Disney. I'm just saying I hate censorship. Okay. I'm. I, I. I think you should be able to. Like if I say something on this show that's offensive, I hope that people would know that I don't mean it. Like I never would go out of my way to offend anybody. I'm just not a fan of censorship. I'm really not a fan of censorship. I think you should be able to say whatever you say and people should be able to realize like, oh my God. Yeah, of course he doesn't mean that. You know what I mean? Well, if Disney had <clears throat> the, the DC universe, at least we wouldn't get a fuck Batman. I'm okay with never having a fuck Batman. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that fuck Batman. The memes have been pretty great though. Yeah, the memes are the only good thing that came out of that. Oh, I love that fuck Batman moment. That was just like, yeah, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, if it was Jason Todd, I'd understand it, but uh, like, why are they making an angsty Dick Grayson? What is he mad about? Oh, man. Fuck that guy who took me in after my parents died and gave me billions of dollars and let me become Robin, and it was awesome, and I was a superhero. We fuck don't that know guy. if that's a real scene, though. That could be another fucking dream, all right? It was like, we saw, <laughs> no, we saw, we saw a lot of uh, dreams and images that were basically raving was showing him and stuff like that. We don't know if that's true or not. Ugh. I mean, we All saw of the costumes look terrible, but whatever. Oh, I think uh, the 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 Robin costume looks phenomenal, in my opinion. And we know that the Starfire costume, uh, that seventies costume, is not. I don't think that's her final costume. And Beast Boy is at least green, and we, he wasn't even green originally. He just had green hair. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. give it a shot. I'm gonna give it a shot. I think people. Yeah, that, I mean, I'll de- I love Teen Titans, yeah. like the cartoons. So I'll definitely give it a shot. But yeah. yeah, you're gonna get a free week. I read for the uh, the old DC streaming service. Nice. Hopefully, I can finish the whole thing in a week because I don't want to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's um, let's move on. It. Fuck it. What the fuck? This show. This show sucks. Um, DC. 
<laughs> that fuck this show. DC, uh, let's move into DC news. Uh, wrap this shit up real quick. What the fuck is this bitch doing? <laughs> this is happening again. Oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is this is a thing that's happening. What? <laughs> What, would oh you my, like me to play the bumper? Oh my god! And it won't, I can't click it off. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Let's pause. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. Yeah! Oh, oh, yeah! 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 Woo! <laughs> Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> oh my god. It's still going. It's still going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll be right back. Alright, hey, we're back. Fucking, I, I hope everybody enjoyed the uh, electronic dance music portion of the episode there. <laughs> Yeah, that's becoming a regular segment. It needs its own bumper pretty soon. No shit. Oh, yeah. I, well, I think we've created said bumpers when I tried to <laughs> go into those segments. <laughs> bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dope. Ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I'm coughing. Whatever. Fuck you. It's so rude, Brian. <laughs> coughing, into, <laughs> coughing into the mic. Um, Let's see here. What do we got? DC News. Uh, two stories in DC Quick News. Killing Eve's Jody Comer and uh, Mission Impossible Fallout's Vanessa Kirby are rumored for Birds of Prey. So Vanessa Kirby uh, was the uh, White Widow in Mission Impossible Fallout. She was awesome. And I haven't watched Killing Eve yet. I need to. I've heard nothing but great things. But uh, Jody Comer plays uh, Villanelle on that show. Or I think that's how it's pronounced. I have no fucking clue since I haven't seen it. But uh, those are the casting rumors for Birds of Prey. Uh, if we get Vanessa Kirby in that movie, that would be awesome. She was really good in Fallout. Um, according to Production Weekly, the Flash movie should start filming in February of 2019. So okay. The answer is why. Oh, come the on. The question is why. Oh, stop it. It's Flash. It's the Flash. we got to get a Flash movie. Knock it off. So I love the Flash. I, I didn't. Do we need an Ezra Miller Flash movie? I, I have no, so. I have no problem with Ezra Miller, uh, the actor, and I, I and I, honestly, it's like that Justice League movie was not great, but I think Ezra Miller could still give us a good performance as the Flash. It depends. We got the Game Night directors here: John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein doing this movie. I, I think there could be some redemption here. I really do. I, I loved Game Night. I thought Game Night was the best comedy that I've seen all year. Um, right behind that, I'd say Blockers was, was, was the other one, but I, I still have some hope that this movie could be, could be decent. I have no hope for anything DC, but that's just me. And I'm a, you know. Ah, there, there comes some one star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's already revising his review for my podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're down. You're down to a three star review right now, man. 
And you're going to misspell some shit on purpose this we, time, right? The, we got Ezra Miller in this. We don't – okay. They've said that it's probably not going to be Flashpoint anymore, which is good. It, it was too soon to do Flashpoint. Oh, yeah. And so we don't know if those initial rumors of Wonder Woman showing up in the film are going to be happening now with it not being Flashpoint. The only confirmed castings that we know is Ezra Miller as the Flash and then Kiersey Clemens as Iris West. So, and then, we didn't get, they did, they cut her out of Justice League, right? They did. They cut her out yeah. of Justice League. So, uh, Billy Crudup, though, he was, uh, he was Henry Allen, so he probably will show up in the movie. But, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's going to be great, but Jonathan Goldstein and, um, you know, Fra- John Francis Daly, they were the writers for Spider-Man Homecoming. A lot of people loved that movie. I tasted it. Um, but I loved Game Night, and I thought that they had great vision for that movie. I thought it was really good. And uh, so I do have a little bit of hope here for the Flash movie. I'm hoping it'll be good. And I, I think Ezra Miller is a pretty good actor when he's given some good material. I hated him in Fantastic Beasts. absolutely hated him in Fantastic Beasts. And then Justice League, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Flash in that movie, but I hope that these yeah. guys can turn it around. I'm excited what the, to see what they can do with his, you know, superpower set on a cinematic level, yeah. um, pretending that Justice League didn't exist. <laughs> I hope so, too, man. I hope so, too. And I hope that's the way they treat all, all these movies coming out now, especially like Aquaman and then, you know, Flash going forward. You know, that's what Patty Jenkins did. Patty Jenkins did her own fucking thing, you know? So, and Wonder Woman was great. In my opinion, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it worked. Wonder Woman was awesome. Uh, according to Variety Glows, Mark Marin is being eyed for the, uh, for a role in Joaquin Phoenix Joker film. Uh, sources <laughs> say, uh, Marin will be portraying an agent on Robert De Niro's talk show who plays a part in booking Phoenix's character and eventually causes him to go mad uh, with him becoming the Clown Prince of Crime. This was actually confirmed this week by Mark Marin himself on his podcast. Uh, he said, uh, It is true, ladies and gentlemen, I have been added to the cast of the new Joker movie, being directed by Todd Phillips, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro. He also talked about the script, and he said... Uh, Honestly, it's a pretty great script. And uh, he said he's really thrilled about playing a role alongside Robert De Niro, who's playing the talk show host and the employer for Mark Maron's character. So we shall see. I love Mark Maron. And he would be a great Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> well, we already got oh, uh, yeah. we already got uh, J.K. Simmons. Well, this is no. This is the. This is a different universe. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. Exactly. Is, it's a different universe. But I mean, that's. I, I don't think that's what's happening at all. But I couldn't no. help but instantly think it. It's such a weird idea to me to like all these weird standalone movies. Like uh, the Joker without Batman is like it doesn't make sense to me. No, no. This this movie is like I I I, I don't want this to be made. Yeah, I agree. Like, even though it's Scorsese and Joaquin Phoenix is awesome, I just can't understand how the Joker would function 
like as a character without Batman. A lot of people are saying that at the end of this movie, we're going to get this origin story and it's going to end with the Joker in a room, kind of like all like uh, in a uh, like one of those straight jackets. And like it'll be like his retelling of his origin story, and so we'll never know if it's real or not. But like, I don't know. I hate it. I just hate. That's the whole silly. Thing. Yeah, I hate it too. I, I think this whole I think this whole movie is just ridiculous. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing like this movie in this cast if it wasn't a Joker movie. Yeah, yeah. Everything about this, but the fact of what movie it is. Yeah, is is good. It's terrible. Uh, Matt Reeves was on a uh, television critics association panel this week, and he was uh, promoting his mid-season Fox drama, The Passage, which is uh, based on a novel by Justin Cronin. And after which the- I've read. <laughs> well, how was it? Fucking boring. God almighty. It's vampires, and it's still boring. And it's really hard to follow. It's like 1,500 pages, and it jumps forward and backwards in time there's just all this weird shit i think it could make a good tv show because they can trim and they can you know you're seeing things so you can be more interested but god that book was boring i couldn't finish the series there's a third one i've read the first two and i just after that i was like i am good <laughs> <laughs> this sounds awesome things are not coming up dc for Aaron this episode i'll tell you that much <laughs> looks like everything's coming up millhouse <laughs> uh after the panel uh matt reeves was asked questions about the uh dc film the batman um got some interesting quotes here from him first off he wouldn't confirm or deny that ben affleck was involved in the (laughs) film uh he did say he's a couple weeks away from turning in the uh script the first draft of the script he said that the movie could start filming early next spring or summer and then he really got into how bat how his batman movie would feel um he said uh we're not doing any particular year uh, he goes we're not doing any particular year one is my favorite year one is one of my year one is one of many comic books that i love we are definitely not doing year one it's just exciting to be to be focused very god damn it my notes are all fucked up to be focused very specifically on a tale that is defining for him and very personal to him obviously we're not doing an origin tale or anything like that we're doing a story that is def- definitively batman though and trying to tell a story that's emotional and yet is really about him being the world's greatest detective and all the things that for me since i was a kid made me love batman uh, he then did go on to say, I've talked about making it a very point of view, noir driven, definitive Batman story in which he is investigating a particular case. And that takes us out into the world of Gotham. I went on a deep dive again, revisiting all of my favorite comics. Those all inform my osmosis. There's no continuation of the Nolan films. It's very much trying to find a way to do this as something that for me is going to be definitively Batman and new and cool. I mean, he's selling me, but yeah, yeah. Right. They just need to let the universe reboot completely. Like 
start with Wonder Woman, ignore Justice League. Like, let's just fucking... Well, I guess you can't start with Wonder Woman because fucking Batman's in it. God damn it. Well, Bruce Wayne's in it. It's like it's so they're so far down into a shitty shitty hole right now. See that okay, hold on. Like that's the thing. It's like uh fuck. Wonder Woman was fantastic. And yeah. if if we can build off of that and if James Wan can give us an Aquaman movie that'll make people happy, we can turn this they can turn this thing around. They can turn and if if Matt Reeves can do what he does here and he, I love what he says. It's a very point of view noir driven definitive Batman yeah. story. Like if and I, I love get, the idea of one case being the thing, you know? Yes, and if we can get mm-hmm. I, if I can get Batman's inner monologue <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine a movie where we're basically hearing Batman's inner monologue and like how he's figuring things out and and how the story unfolds and and oh my god, that just sounds incredible. Matt Reeves is, yeah, Aaron, you're right. He's selling me on this. But I mean, I, man, part of me does want them to recast. I, I don't, I don't care to see Ben Affleck oh, I come agree. back. Yeah, and, like get rid of Ben Affleck. I, at this point, how shitty Justice League was, how shitty Batman v Superman was, like, we can just recast and ignore Ben Affleck completely. Like, literally, don't even talk about it. Don't mention it. Just recast. Get us a good Batman and move forward, like well, that, you said. That's part of yeah, the That's reason. what they always did in the old days anyway. Yeah. When, Ke- when Keaton left, they didn't make a big to-do about it. Yeah. It just was, you know? Well, that's the thing. This is supposed to be a younger Batman. This is supposed yeah. to be a younger Batman. But one of the things that Reeves kind of points out here. Uh, because everybody, you know, since it's a younger Batman, a lot of people were saying like, oh, this is going to be based on year one. And he's saying like, we're not doing that. Like, I love year one, but that's not necessarily what you're going to get here. Um, he says, we're not doing an origin tale or anything like that. We're doing a story that's just Batman. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a story about the greatest detective. And all the things I am all in Matt Reeves says, I'm going to give you a story about the world's greatest detective and what I love about Batman. I'm a Batman fan. I'm going to give you a story about what I love about Batman and what Batman means to me. And it's a he says it's a very uh, point of view, noir driven Batman. And so, like, part of me thinks that, uh, Aaron, I love what you're saying here. Blow up the whole goddamn universe. Let Matt Reeves do his own fucking Nolan trilogy here. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're saying. I wish they would have done this from the beginning. Snyder came out this fucking week. This originally, originally, guys, and Jake, you'll remember this. Snyder had said that Man of Steel was not meant to be a buildup, a, a, a cornerstone to start the DCEU. Yeah. And then what happened? Warner Brothers Brass comes down on him and says, yes, it was supposed to be the start of a whole DCEU extended universe. We didn't tell you till all the money came in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now this week, Snyder, he's pretty much done. With Warner Brothers, they might keep him on as executive producer for things like Wonder Woman 2 because he was the first one to introduce her into, uh, you know, Batman v Superman. So he might, they might keep his name on there as executive producer, which is what I'm hearing. 
But he came out this week and he said, no, what, Man of Steel was supposed to be a standalone movie. It was not supposed to be the cornerstone of a DCEU, an extended universe. That's going to be the launch pad for this whole, you know, combined universe that brings us to the Justice League. And so Ugh. that's what they should have been doing this whole time. They yeah, don't yeah. have a Kevin Feige that can pull this shit all together. They have studio executives that see fucking dollar signs and say, okay, we're going to give you uh, a solo. We're going to give you a Batman movie. Uh, excuse me. We're going to give you a uh, Superman movie. We're going to give you a Batman and Superman movie with Wonder Woman. Then we're going to give you a Suicide Squad. Squad movie that has none of the characters that you've been introduced before in this universe, and then uh, we're gonna get we're gonna go straight to Justice League after that. Like they didn't even it's it's all dollar signs. It's all about like oh, we got to get that Avengers money, which was like one point whatever billion dollars at the time, one point five, one point seven, whatever it was, and they just want they just want to fucking jump right ahead, and they want to they want to and, and they don't care. They didn't care. Like, they had two fucking directors on that thing. Two completely separate visions. And it's, Jake, it's clear. It's fucking so clear. It's so transparent now. What? Yeah. That, that, they're, that, that, that it's two directors' visions. Um, now that Zack Snyder doesn't give a shit. Now that he's like, come and clean on Vero. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I- and Zack Snyder, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm on record of not being his biggest fan, but I mean, I'll give him credit. Like he obviously could have done a better job of creating a shared universe had he have known that was the task at hand. I mean, you know, it's anytime you get a part one where it's not meant to be this big, like overarching thing after that, it always suffers after that. Oh, right? people, you know, yeah, people will argue and say, oh, Man of Steel, Brian had Easter eggs in it. We had the the Lex Luthor Corporation. We had the Wayne uh, Wayne Industries satellite in space. Those are just fucking Easter eggs. Yeah, what comic book movie doesn't have that kind of thing going Thank on? You. It never means anything. It's just a, a nod and a wink to the the fans. You can watch I Am Legend, and there's a fucking Batman v Superman fucking poster in that movie, and that's a zombie film with Will Smith. Yeah, and so I think, you know, <laughs> Snyder didn't have the task at hand. Really, Batman versus Superman was the first time, like, he was kind of in charge of setting yeah. those gears in motion. And then he had to do it based off of a movie that wasn't meant to be that in the first place. Well, so, and then like, Warner uh, Brothers. whole vision for Superman suffers because he has to cram it all into this giant universe. And then Warner Brothers is wanting to get in bed with uh, Ben Affleck. Because he's a you know up and coming director as well, and so they give him. Yeah. Of course, Ben Affleck wants to play Batman. That's kind of like his yeah. dream. He's a big fan of like the Dark Knight Returns. You know, you can hear Kevin Smith talk about it. How much Ben Affleck loves Batman. It's it's hard to turn down Batman, but I think like now that Ben Affleck's had a taste of it, and he's had a taste of like the critics, and he's had a taste of like what the fans can say, the backlash and everything, that he kind of wants out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where his head's at. But, um, but, um, man, it's, uh, oh, I just, I, I, Aaron, you're right, man. It's just, it, it all comes back to, I wish that, I wish that, uh, Wonder Woman would have just came out and been its own separate entity. I wish that, uh, you know, Man of Steel would have came out, been its own separate thing. And, uh, we would have just got these individual movies. I, maybe then I wouldn't be so, so depressed about this Joker movie coming out. I would, 
I still think it's fucking stupid. I don't need an yeah. origin story for the Joker. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, whatever. It's hard to turn that down when you're Warner Brothers and you've got Scorsese saying he wants to do it. You, you've actually landed Joaquin Phoenix. you got Todd Phillips who, you know, did the Hangover movies. So you've got uh, a guy that can uh, present a little bit of dark humor here. Um, I don't know. I just... It's Ugh, it's all a mess, honestly. I know, I, I, dude. It's all wishful thinking for me with with the Flash movie too. Like I I really love, uh, you know, I love those directors. I thought that they were great in uh, Game Night, you know, and it's it's all it's all wishful thinking. I love Ezra Miller. I think he's a great actor. I think when you give him the right shit, he's a great actor. It's all wishful thinking. I don't know. I want these DC movies to do great. I don't well, they're want, just in such a rush, man. I know. DC needs to slow the fuck down. I, like, it, let they, it build. They kind of have now. I mean, we're only getting one DC movie this year. We haven't got anything since Justice League, last summer's Justice League. So, like, yeah. we're, we're only going to get one DC movie this year. We're getting three next year. Okay? So we'll see how it goes next year. We'll see how it goes. We're getting the Joker movie. We're getting Shazam. And we're getting um, the Wonder Woman 2. Uh, with uh, Patty Jenkins uh, coming back and Gal Gadot coming back, I don't know, man. I, God damn it, like I, I'm worried. I'm worried about Wonder Woman too. I hope it's great. Yeah, you know. Yeah. God damn it, it kills me. It's it, yeah, it's sad because like they're they're hamstrung by the 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 fact that it's in universe. I mean, Wonder Woman two could technically be on its own you know what i mean like there's ways to get this out of the hole it's in but they gotta stop holding on to wanting to be marvel like they gotta stop looking at what marvel's doing and being like we want all that money though and let's do the same thing but you but not do it in 10 years we do it in one movie that's the thing that's that's the beauty of what marvel's doing and i think that the warner brothers sees that now like when you see posters that show like marvel studios and they've incorporated the 10 years into the poster and it stands out like that's an accomplishment it's an accomplishment they 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 put in the time they put in the work they've you know they've they've done a lot of things that have kind of like really paid off and what's crazy about this is that Marvel has done this with characters that weren't like top tier characters, in my opinion. Like they didn't mm-hmm. have they didn't have access to fucking um, Spider Man originally when it started. Yeah. Like that that happened in late pfft, late 2015, I believe, is like when that kind of like went down with the the Spider Man Sony deal. They they had access to Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. And the Hulk. The Hulk being their biggest name. And honestly, the Hulk is probably one of the least profitable movies they've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like the Iron Man movie, which was, which is like a B-list character, uh, in the comics. I, they did the right casting. They did the, they did a great story. They had a great post-credit scene with Nick Fury showing up and teasing the Avengers. And uh, it just led to other films. And, uh, I mean, that Marvel kind of nailed it. They didn't have access to the X-Men. They, you know, like, they did this with characters like Guardians of the Galaxy, these fringe characters that, like, casual fans didn't fucking know about. 
like casual fans might know might have known about Iron Man, you know, twelve years ago. But like everybody knew Captain America. But like nobody's like nobody thinks that a Captain America movie's gonna work. You tell me fifteen years ago that, that a Captain America movie works when after we got that nineteen ninety film that was terrible, after you got like Captain America showing up <laughs> in like TV shows and he's terrible. Like especially Captain America that character to work internationally like what other country gives a fuck about a character that's based on america and yet it works <laughs> right yeah yeah it sure did and it works and they're doing these with fringe fucking characters they without access to the fantastic four without access to the x-men meaning you don't have access to wolverine you don't have access to storm you don't have access to colossus nightcrawler professor x magneto and you don't have access to spider-man who in my opinion is the biggest name that marvel has definitely yeah for sure and most you, recognizable character in the you, whole universe. Yes, and you build a whole universe without that. It's like basically like we're called the we're called pop culture leftovers. Jake, they're working with the leftovers, man. Yeah, yeah, it's for sure. It's I've I've been amazed by it from the beginning that they've been able to create all of this without but, the Spider Man, without the X Men, yes, without the Wolverine, but Warner the Brothers. Four. Warner Brothers has every piece available to them, Jake. Warner Brothers, when they did the deal for the film rights for DC, bought every goddamn character. And that's that starts with Superman, the grandpappy. And then it went to Batman, which Batman has now surpassed Superman, in my opinion. But at the time... Oh, yeah, for sure. But at the time when the deal was made, the grandpappy was fucking Superman. He was the, he was the guy. And now, and, and they had access to every character. Literally every character in the catalog of DC. Every fucking character, Jake. And now they can't make it work because I think that they're too caught up. And you guys gotta understand, uh, I want people to understand, DC fans, I want you to understand, I'm not critiquing the characters. The characters are fantastic. If you're reading the DC comics from DC Rebirth, they're amazing. I'm talking about the way the studio has been handling these characters. That's the fucking crim. That's the crime. That's what's. Oh yeah. That's what's criminal here, is the rushing, and the way that they've handled these characters. Because you have characters that you have Superman, you have Batman. These should be billion dollar movies. Justice League. Our first Justice League movie doesn't make a billion dollars. There's something fucking wrong. I'm sorry. I agree. God damn no, it. I agree. It pisses me off. And I'm not saying, you know what? I, I honestly, I have a lot of respect for the Justice League fans that watch that movie and actually love it and don't attack people that love Marvel for it. The people that watch, the DC fans that watch the, D, the Justice League movies and that, 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 that Justice League movie and they legit like that movie. But they don't use that movie to attack Marvel fans. I have respect for you. If you love that movie, more power to you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad. I'm glad anybody could watch that movie and have any enjoyment from it, um, other than me just riffing on it with Jake in the theater. If you watched that movie and had enjoyment for it, fantastic. That's fucking great. It's the DC fans that fucking like when they watch that Justice League movie, and then they use that movie and attack Marvel fans. Like that's, yeah, that's just like a that's defense a, mechanism because exactly. they know it's bad. Right. Can't you be happy that we enjoy the Marvel movies? 
You know? Yeah, you it, can enjoy both. Like, if there were good DC movies coming out, people would be enjoying both, and it would be a great world. <laughs> I am just as big of I am just as big a fan of Flash as I am Spider Man. I want a great Flash movie, Aaron. Like that's yeah. that's like that's what I'm holding on to. Like Flash in the comic books for DC is my favorite fucking character. I love Flash. Like I Mark Wade's run on the Flash was just like that's I love it. It's amazing. You know, like some people love Green Lantern, some people love Superman, some I love Flash. Um and so I want I want Flash to be great. It's just uh well, we did see some hints like the Justice League film had a couple of like moments that you could see flashes where it could have been good like yeah or there's there's like but, seeds there and i will say flash was one of the better characters i just but the problem is I, well, the problem is if that movie if, if flash comes out and it's terrible i'm gonna be the first to let you know because i oh, love yeah. I, I love the character i'm not gonna sit here and fucking fool myself and say well i love the flash so i've got to give this a taste it because i love the flash no you fucking took a Haley shatwell on flash fuck you <laughs> fuck you fuck you and what you did to the fucking flash that's why i love mark wade even though i love the man of steel movie mark wade didn't and mark wade wrote superman yeah, and Mark Wade walked out of the theater when he watched The Man of Steel. I, you know what? I've met Mark Wade, and and Jake, you've met Mark Wade. He's a nice guy. He's a stand up guy. And if he walks out of The Man of Steel because he didn't like that movie and how they portrayed the character, I have no problem with that. He wrote Superman. He loves Superman, and that's why. If he was, if that movie fucking pissed him off and offended him so much that he had to walk out of the goddamn theater. More power to him. I'm not going to be pissed off at Mark Wade for feeling that way. That's that, 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 he has every right to feel that way if he feels that way watching the movie. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, you can't just because you love the character doesn't mean like you can forgive just what is obviously just shoddy fucking filmmaking. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I I I, I love The Man of Steel. I thought it was a great movie. But everybody has a right to their own goddamn opinion. Jake, you didn't love, the, you didn't like the movie at all, and I and I get that. I, I mean, I gave you shit when we first started this podcast. We barely knew each other, but since then, like, I respect your opinion. I respect. Well, your I opinion. mean, he's since changed it after he heard your review. Obviously, he went. It's a Tupperware as well. Fucking bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> You're my oh, yes yeah, man. man. I'm gonna watch that shit as soon as we get done. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just. It's I just, hated that movie. By no, way. I just I. I I, I hope that we can get. I just hope. I honestly, what it comes down to is, I, I hope we. Do, I hope Aquaman turns things around. I hope Flash turns things around, and I hope you know. I have no hope for this Joker movie, but I hope everything within the DCEU co- going forward, they take a little bit more care in, and and they give us something that 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 fans can be proud of. I hope Shazam is fantastic because I. I'm I'm excited for Shazam actually. Me I think too. it looks really good. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And like and I, I don't want again, to Again, I think the biggest thing is like the people like you said that are like, "Oh, you just hate every DC movie because you love Marvel." It's like, "No, no, no. The perfect world is where there's great DC movies and yes. great Marvel movies because who doesn't want better and awesome superhero movies all the time?" That pushes that pushes Marvel Studios to make their movies that much better. I am a huge Transformers fan. I love Transformers. Like when I was a child, like 
I bled fucking Transformers. I loved Optimus Prime. When Optimus Prime died in the theater, I fucking cried in the theater. Does that mean I love the Michael Bay movies? No. No. I am, I am not a fan of like the approach that they've taken with those films. And I am very vocal when it comes to that. I mean, I've waved the white flag of surrender and said, yeah, Michael Bay is going to do what Michael Bay does. You know, I mean, whatever. If he wants to make these movies the way that he wants to make them, that's fine. But, like, that's not my Transformers. That's not my G1 Transformers. Just because I love the Transformers doesn't mean that I have to fucking say, oh, I love the Michael Bay movies. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, that's, that's it's, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's why I don't understand. Like, I understand that there are legit people that actually love those DC movies. What, Whatever, you know, like, whatever they give us. Like, they love them. They, they, they think they're fantastic. But I do think that there are some DCEU fans out there that just love the characters and will not concede, will not admit that those movies are just not that good. They just love them because they're just, I love DC and I am not going to admit to anybody that these movies are not good. And, and I'm not saying that that, that's the same thing with every fan. And then, and then when it, then when it turns into like, then when it turns into that, then when it turns into DC versus Marvel and things get ugly and things say ugly, people start saying ugly things online. That's where, that's where it makes me sick. That's where I just, I gotta back off. Like, I'm just, I'm out. I gotta step out of this. Like, I, I see that all the time. I'm in a ton of, like, chat groups, like, on Facebook, because I, I wanna, I wanna see these posts, like, stories posted. I, I wanna know what people are thinking. I don't typically contribute to those conversations because they're vile and disgusting. Some of the things that people say about like Marvel and DC, it's just ridiculous. Like there's no reason to be mean and attack people because of what you like and what you don't like. I can get on here and attack the movies. I can give you my opinion and say, oh, this movie's a pile of shit. Suicide's a pile of shit. Suicide Squad's a pile of shit. It's terrible. It's terrible. But if you like the movie, I'm not going to fucking attack you for it. That's fine. That's your, it's your opinion. It's ridiculous. People just, I don't know, people make me sick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if that ain't the truth. You know, uh, a lot of the times, in fact. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 who has ever, like, forced somebody online to, like, see things their way? When is that, what does somebody it ever... It has. What has ever... really never happened. Never. <laughs> like, what has anybody conceded online? Like, yes, you are correct, sir. And I'm not talking about two people that know each other online. I'm talking about two complete strangers. One has a point of view. I like this. One has a point of view. I don't like this. Like, when are you ever going to convince that other person not to like that? When are they going to back down? Never. So fuck off. Don't even get, don't even include yourself in those conversations. Just sit back and look at them and don't get involved. It doesn't even matter, people. Yeah. That is bad. Especially about a movie. It's not like you're going to see it a different way in your mind after hearing someone talk about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Like, oh, actually, this time when I remember Batman v Superman, he gives um, Wonder Woman that spear of kryptonite since she's a fucking Amazon and knows how to fight with spears and has zero weakness to kryptonite. That fucking thing kills me it's, every time. It, it's I'm like, you got a literal Amazon yeah. right there. She fights with staffs every day. Zack Snyder did confirm that that is not the original Doomsday, though. Oh, oh that's God. Good. He also confirmed that the Robin suit in uh, that movie is Dick, Dick Grayson. Grayson. Yeah, it's Dick Grayson. How dumb is that? Nope. But I guess... I guess it's to make it so you don't have to explain where Robin is, you know, or where Dick Grayson is. It's 
you know, he quit having Robins after the first one died or whatever. Ah, uh, they don't have to listen to that anymore, do they? I mean, he's accidentally gone. Not. They don't. Yeah, have, it's not canon. They don't have to follow that now. Just because, just because, like that's what it meant at the time, doesn't mean that Warner Brothers can't say, "Ah, fuck you, Zach, you're gone." Yeah, you know. So. Yeah. I agree. I had to, you know what? Uh, that we're done. I'm done. Star Wars news. <laughs> Fuck Star Wars news. There was, uh, yeah, J.J. Uh, Abrams released a picture this week. It was blurry as fuck. Who knows what the fuck's going on in that picture, right? Yeah, it's the smoke Star monster. Wars. They're yeah. still making more movies every fucking year. Yeah, we're going to get a ninth installment. It's going to be the final Skywalker saga. Aaron, thanks you, uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Hey, everybody thanks needs, for having me. Everybody needs to check out your podcast, Nerds. Just subscribe. Sometimes I'm funnier there. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. mystery. It's a... Uh, it's it's up in the air. It's a grab bag. You never know what you're going to get with Aaron, you know? <laughs> hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. No. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't talk too, too much at the end here. I didn't want to shit on everything. That's my fear all the time is like at some point people are going to be like, does this fucking guy like anything? <laughs> Aaron Haley Shatwell Miller is what they call you. Yeah. This guy just- I like it when Aaron's on. It makes, it makes it seem like I like things. <laughs> Oh, Very that's true. true. Jake is so Jake. Jake is so negative. Well, he's my spirit animal. He's, he's uh, he's my. You're my sensei, my senpai. Oh, I that's just, very nice of you. I want to be like you. <laughs> you don't know me well enough. <laughs> Everybody, uh, yeah, check out Keith and Aaron on the Nerds Podcast. Uh, subscribe uh, on iTunes. They're fun. They're fun. You're funny. And, uh, Keith is hilarious. I love Keith. Keith is a great guy. I've met both of you guys. You guys are fantastic. Um, and, um, yeah, definitely. By the way, we're thinking about making another trip, uh, next year, but not, you know, up to Chicago, but like not going to C2E2. <laughs> or at all the right. same time, so everyone's in town, obviously, cause you guys are all, you know, in different places, but just not spending the money cause I don't care about. Like, I don't have comics to sign or anything like that, so. Or doing one day. What, you're not Probably gonna... a better off podcast combo, though. <laughs> oh, well, I was just saying, like, we could, we could record some stuff. My bad. Jake just wants to eat a steak and shake and go to bed. It's like at 1230. Get out of my brain. <laughs> Jake, I know you. Every week it's steak and shake. You gotta get your goddamn steak burger and go to bed. I get it. <laughs> I didn't think, it, I didn't think it was a weird end of the episode combo where Aaron was giving us his itinerary for CTV no, next like, year, though. It's like my my hold on, like when it comes to routine, <laughs> when it comes to routines, my ex girlfriend she liked it missionary and then doggy with Jake. It's like, can we do Star Wars news? I can eat my steak burger and go to bed. It's the same thing every fucking week. <laughs> well, and now to close the show out, I'm going to read a, a page from my journal that I wrote while I was in Chicago. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, yeah, check out Nerds Podcast with Aaron and Keith. And uh, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. And thanks for listening. We will see you next week with episode 245. Holy shit. Later, y'all. Later. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Ready like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and live a shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.